Talk Brunch. Served hot. Tonight we're going to get into a bunch of stuff including The Rock game as well as uh, rumors of the next Fast movie, stuff with HBO and Peacemaker, reviews of current WWE storylines, the status of Ring of Honor, uh, basic issues with AEW as usual and with Impact, roster removals as well as of course the famous infamous story of the week the wwe releases and some people that are going away in order to get some much needed or desired help rick darry aka captain brunch episode 490 talk brunch live november 8 2021 that i bring to you destin frazier and breaking news you just been released <laughs> i mean it happens that random fucking right it's that often it's that often and that out of left field. Yeah, it's become a nightmare. It really has. Thank you to everybody listening on demand to the Spotify, Heart Radio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, live feeds, and Twitch and Facebook. We get shoutouts at the end of the night. But oh boy. I realized I had my work cut out for me midweek when I started to see the stuff that was coming across my desk and I didn't like it at all. Once I heard the rumor of more, because I think even the rumors almost named like double digits, and I was like, oh, fuck, here we go again. Yeah. Like, at, at what point do I stop believing the whole, oh, it's budget cuts? Stop lying to me. Well, <laughs> we're definitely going to analyze that tonight and find out exactly what the hell it was. But before we do that, I always like to start out with something fun. Because it's going to get tense later on. This one's real tense. So this first program that I have, this is The Rock apparently putting up a collaboration video to celebrate Xbox's 20-year anniversary. And that is true. It has been 20 years of Xbox. Good God, I feel older. And The Rock has always been a big supporter of that platform and that partnership. Let's see what we got here. You know, I'm so excited to be celebrating 20 years of Xbox. The relationship that I have with Xbox goes way back and I have never lost a game on Xbox in my life. Now, make sure you guys tune in on November 15th for Xbox's 20th anniversary as I need your help like never before. Now that you've been tagged with red notices, you've become the world's most wanted criminals. Gotta get that cross promotion in there, huh, Rock? 
I see you on Peggle, Dwayne. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Motherfucker said I lost a single game by Xbox. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, we'll see. Come play with me. <laughs> right? You ain't about that life, Dwayne. <laughs> see about that. I'll share that link to you guys on social media, of course. But uh, I have to say, not just because I'm on the platform but just as an acknowledger of it it is just to segue a little bit here since it came up as the anniversary it is the best platform by far um in my opinion that i've ever been on i know that's not the popular opinion and i'm not just saying that for this platform i know there's a lot of converters you know that because of game pass they're saying this i don't really fall into that category since uh the og xbox we've pretty much been big supporters but i do think that uh, the way that the games are laid out now, like I have a larger library than I've ever had in my entire life. And a lot of that is thanks to the amount of sales and giveaways and Xbox Gold. I'm not counting just the ultimate where you have Game Pass. I'm saying aside from all of those titles, like I was able to get tons of titles. And uh, I think it's really cool where they give you the option to play games and not have to commit to these crazy AAA prices because then it makes it easier when you want something like that to justify the cost. So give a lot of credit for that it's it's incredible to all which speaking of there'll be a forza stream who knows maybe later on after this if i'm crazy enough you know how nocturnal i mean yeah it's it's live as of midnight so at the very uh latest tomorrow we will be on forza and anyone who has the game whether you're on pc game pass whatever you are welcome to join in to the server however i think we can have up to eight people i think it might even be more i don't know but whatever it is that we can do we're going to open it up and whoever wants to just play that that's going to be cool so but yeah game pass makes that possible it makes it possible for you to play with people where they don't have to say oh shit fours is 90 dollars i'm gonna have to decide you know you can bring people and play something casually which is really cool and i mean then the game pass app on the phone has just made it ridiculous at this point yeah the app on the phone for anyone who hasn't used it is seamless to just sit there and run a mobile app so i am a witness to it you don't know holy shit until you fucking press play and you're playing gears of war 5 on your phone yeah so if you're if you're not an adapter if you're into games give it a shot what is it it's like you pay pay for a month and try it and if you want to go back then by all means go back i have yet to see a story of anyone who comes back you can be that person who says you know what i tried it and uh, all these deals weren't for me i'm <laughs> i missed the old 90 dollar premium editions i missed the 60 dollars of buying a game and then on launch day i have a day one patch that's larger than the game and i missed feeling ripped off and i'm not saying that this negates all of those things but I'm just saying the amount of times that that's happened, and it's by no means Microsoft's fault. They're just running the servers. But I've been able to say, thank God this was on Game Pass. You know, there's times that it's good. It's there's times it's, man, I'm having a blast. Thank God this was on Game Pass. Then there's times like, oh, this sucks. Thank God this thank was God on Game Pass. You know, this is glitchy, buggy. Thank God this was on Game Pass. I've always said Game Pass is the wall. If you ever watch Game of Thrones, Game Pass is the wall for video games. If you ever watch Game of Thrones, the wall is where they go to protect people. Uh, from things on the other side the the the, the practical people will say they protect you from the uh, the wild people the savages across the other side the uncivilized as they call them the free folk on the other side of the wall uh the superstitious people would say no no there's demons and monsters and things just paraphrasing game of thrones thing so the two types of people who wind up on the wall are either noblemen who are second sons or third sons so they're not they're not going to inherit their father's lands or kingdoms or whatever but since they're noble and badasses they go there because it's honorable to protect the to serve at the night's watch it's almost like the army uh the other kind are rapists and thieves and people who it's like hey we're going to cut your dick off because of what you did to this girl or b 
you can go live on the wall or hey, we're going to cut your hand off for stealing that food or B, you could go live on the wall. So it's a mix because kind of like you come across people in the night watch was like, yeah, that dude is a real badass. And it's like, yeah, he's he's like, you know, the prince of this person and that person, the brother of this prince. And it's like, yeah, that guy's really tough, too. Yeah, he used to rape people. Oh, so it's like a mixed bag. You know, it's like this. <laughs> That, that's the reason why the Night's Watch is a, is a sort of a controversial thing in Game of Thrones. I, I look at the Game Pass the same way. It's like the Night's Watch because there's so many honorable and, and reputable titles that show up here that you're like, man, these are, these are really, this came from who made this again? Hideo Kojima? Yeah, he's great. He's the guy who invented Metal Gear and, and Solid Snake and Riot, and that's some brilliant writing and stuff. You know, <laughs> and then you also get the other ones who, who, who fucked you, you know? <laughs> And it's like, what's that? This is Metal Gear Rising. This is about zombies. Did Hideo Kojima do that? No. Oh, or survive. Yeah, Rising was the one riding, right? Yeah, Rising was the one with like cyber riding. That was fucking yeah. Yeah, that was that was good. That was fun. But yeah, so that's what I mean. It's like Game Pass is the Night's Watch. The good things go there, and then the bad things go there. Because I've had experiences where it's like, what is this? But I've always said, and I know this is going to be my age showing here, but having Game Pass and having stuff like that. And even having the Google Play store, just all these stores where it's like there's almost no filter. It reminds me of back in the day, like having a Commodore 64. Because if you ever had a Commodore 64, you have such a big library, but there was no Internet. There were no reviews. You would just put in a disc and who knows what the fuck's going to happen. Like, oh, what's this going to be? That's somehow how I feel with game. I haven't felt that way since Game Pass where I'm like, I have no idea where this is going, <laughs> but but it looks like it's going somewhere. So fuck it. I'm going to go. What do I have to lose my time? Like, I've never felt that way since back with the Commodore. I think that was the intrigue with the Commodore was that you had piles of like whoever had a Commodore back back then it was bootleg city. You always had one with like piles of a floppy disk with games that the, that the name of the game was written with a marker just <laughs> somebody wrote that shit. for me <laughs> you know somebody just wrote it with a black magic marker and you're looking at it and like well all right you know not even a screenshot that's a black magic where you would load the, get the disc in it's like what the fuck is this and sometimes it will be in an intriguing way and sometimes it will be like an oh what the fuck is this way and the reason for that is because it didn't have the filter you had developers sometimes the game was made by one guy and then there was nobody else that happens now with xbox i never thought i'd see today we've come full circle you can come across the game and go what the fuck is this and then you go oh i see it was made by one guy you know Wasn't like that, that shitty zombie game we played he was just made by one guy oh i don't even know if one guy made that that was really bad but then <laughs> look at stardew like, valley stardew valley's great if you want to just hang out with your friends and have a nice farm and chill and go exploring and that was also one guy you know and it's like everybody plays Star of the Valley. We bought it. I think it's on Game Pass now. Plugged there. I wasn't even trying to connect those things. But before it was on Game Pass. We bought Star of the Valley. And you it can play it on your phone and everything. Oh, yeah, it takes two. Another game I bought. But I'm happy it's on Game Pass. I bought it because I wanted to support those developers. But, you know, at the end of the day, Game Pass, I think it's great. Having Xbox is great and being part of the family. And I like that they don't try to strong arm you into having, like, the best hardware or the latest hardware. You could play whatever. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's, like, we don't have to do All right, whip them out, boys. Like, I know people are like, I got my PS5. You're a butts. <laughs> I hate to say it, but you are. It's like, I, like what are you doing? Like I've been I've been in the hardware game for decades. I know how these things work. I think anybody who adapted that quickly without any thought, they're fools. And they're gonna regret it down the road when the real next gen consoles come out that are smaller, more compact, uh, and run better. <laughs> Which is what always happens. And then they actually oh, say, Now we're sad. ready to come Making out with games. Choices and shit. You know, they they made a bunch of beta testers into people. That's not cool. But the thing about Xbox, which I find different from other next-gen platforms, is that they're not encouraging movement anywhere. They're like, do what you want. Play that shit on your phone. Play it on your PC. Play it on your whatever Xbox you want. Have fun. It's just funny when you're somebody like me where I didn't have stuff like the Commodore 64, 
fucking first time I got Game Pass for like three weeks, and anybody who's done this can know I'm fucking installing and uninstalling games because I don't know what the fuck I want to play. Like that's just intimidating for the first little bit. Yeah, Kavi comes right. And then God help us when they add uh, EA Play to it as well. Uh, Stasis is like right, actually. They would they would have they would have three names on one floppy sometimes, the and they'd be like that. Sometimes they would double down. Wait, was it three games on the same one? Sometimes. I had a what few. I mean, I mean, I had a I had a bootleg Genesis back in the day that had three games on one floppy. Hell no! <laughs> I mean, come on, this is so hard to believe. You could put the entire Genesis in this whole you library, and like, in the, like you could put every Genesis floppy, game in the world. One floppy, one thing. I didn't know that was a thing until just now. <laughs> you could put the whole Genesis library in the corner of your phone. You couldn't install Genshin Impact without a great phone. Like Genshin Impact is half my phone. Literally, like Genshin Impact, which is worth oh, yeah, it. But Genshin, Genshin Impact is half my fault. You could uh, install everything of Genesis, and it wouldn't be like even a fraction of your phone. I think I have most stuff because sometimes I'll just throw some Genesis and some Neo Geo things so that when I'm hanging out, I'll play like some Metal Slug and shit. I have like a like I scroll through like a giant library where it's like you could take your thumb and you can thrust it like if you're trying to like shoot a cap across the room, and you won't get to the bottom of the list. And it doesn't even take like a like like a fingernail of the phone those games were so small so three on one floppy isn't hard to believe but i digress looking looking now at uh the game pass in that library it brings me back to days where you would have those you would have these systems and you would just look through games and just fuck around and so and and it gave room for creativity because the market wasn't the way it is now where everybody's trying to make the next thing that sells the last thing that sells really you did have those games back then which i think would made me more of a gamer back then than i am now where like now i think i'm more of an entertainer slash streamer back then i was doing it more for myself because to me that's what what gaming was about which we don't really have anymore like nowadays you kind of know what you're going to get with a game even if it's the first time you've played the game you can take elements from other games that you've played and go yeah i I know what this is this is the town i gotta go here to heal i gotta go here to sleep and eat this is my mount. After all, I have the same formula, you know. Back when I was gaming, you, you didn't know. Like, it was like, what, what is this? What the fuck's going on, you know? So it's like those days of indie games, which are now pretty much becoming a lot more prominent. It, it was cool to have, like, just an experience that didn't have a template. There was no rule, like, I got to make my guy stand this way. Or, oh, he didn't use the right cover. Or left trigger didn't aim down like with the other. It's just randomness. Or sometimes you would, you would, it would be like, well, that's, that's going to stay with me, you know? And that, that happens to me now with Game Pass again, which is why I like it. I'll come across something. And, like, unfortunately, I think people under my age demographic, they have a different value system when it comes to that. Where, like, with them, it's like, oh, I came across something random. With me, I'm like, ah, oh, I came across something random. What the what the hell is this? You know, just because I'm used to it, you know? It's like, remember Cinematech back on G4? That was my shit. Yeah, like I used to love that because I'm watching that reminded me of the old days. I was like, yeah, man, this is what games used to do. Like when I used to play computer games, even after that, like DOS games and shit and Windows games, I was like, this is what it was like where sometimes you would you would smile and laugh and look at the game. And then after you move on to the next thing, you'd still be smiling and laughing. I don't even know what the fuck I'm laughing at. <laughs> you know like, how many games sure. I discovered from just that fucking show? Because I didn't know what I was seeing. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Ooh, this looks fun. Yeah, that's what it was. To, and, and and they get it because that's what gaming originally was like before media and the Internet. That's what it was. Sometimes even with Contra, it's like, man, I don't even know what's happening. But, you know, it, w- it would leave like so much abstract room for thought and stuff. 
where it's like game most Pass of my like the greatest game of minesweeper ever like yeah like most of my fun times gaming was always finding random things and just discovering things and thinking not really nowadays where it's like you put in a game and that's the game you're gonna play for two hours or three hours and you know you have this dedicated mission in this one which there's still that immersion i like that where i live in this world and i'm this character and we're doing these things these people but it, i my my best times was really with just a whole bunch of random discs on the floor and just seeing what the hell everything's gonna be you know, so I, I, I see if you're that kind of gamer, variety streamer, variety gamer, then Game Pass is for you. I think the reason why it doesn't do that good, and I've had this discussion with someone before, not even that it doesn't do that good because it does great, but I think the reason it's not at this point 100% dominant, and this is the only logical reason, is because the average person nowadays, they have their one main game, their one secondary game. And some other shit they're messing with. And that's generally the formula. You got your sports guy who he bought his system and he's buying Madden every year and he's playing that. Maybe he also plays Forza or Call of Duty. You got your Call of Duty guy who buys his system and his Call of Duty every year. Maybe he's going to play It Takes Two with his girlfriend. You got your RPG guy who plays his Final Fantasy XIV, his Fantasy Star, his, his what else do they have nowadays that's a good MMO, his, his Elder Scrolls Online. And then maybe on the side... He's going to play like some NBA or a shooter or something. You got your FIFA people. So it's always the formula, the main game, the side game and an extra game. It's not as popular as you would think people who just want to try different shit all the time. That's actually the minority still, which is what puts them in the minority as far as our Xbox and Game Pass. Yeah, Game Pass is more for those people where it's like you have like eight or nine, maybe ten different games you're playing at the same time. And you're just rotating through them unfortunately gaming as i've become older has become a lot like television was when i was younger where if you've ever had like an abuela grandmother they they have their stories it doesn't matter there's no channel oh, surfing yeah. for these women they know and if you're in new york you know they know channel 41 and 47 they are not channel surfing anywhere when you go to their house they got the spanish channel on and that's it it's never going to be on anything but the other channels the other channels will be like another dimension to them if you put the other channels on it will be like the equivocal to when rick and morty put on the dimensional television for the family <laughs> it's another fucking planet from what where the they are they never go over there they never even peruse them. They're like, hmm, let me just see. They don't. They are oblivious to this world. They're in their Spanish channels, and that is all that there is. They they couldn't tell you any of the shit that's happening in the other ones. It's not like, and I guess when you could say the same about us. Like, when's the last time I said, hmm, let me see what's happening on the stories. Let me see, <laughs> you know. Like, I don't. I couldn't tell you shit, you know. But they they don't. It's like another world. That's how gaming is becoming. Like, I know people who they have their games and they play every day, but they play Forza. And they couldn't tell you who Master Chief is, even though it's the same damn platform. You know what I mean? They don't know anything about an RPG or how it runs. You know, they stick with their game and that's the thing that they do. And MMOs to me were the most popular for that. And I'm used to that with MMOs because MMO players are are an ancient breed that go back further than any of these consoles. Like before these consoles caught up to PCs when 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 they were still Marioing and fucking duck hunting it. And or I'm exaggerating because, you know, when, I guess when they were uh, twisted meddling it. You know, and techening it. PCs had already reached where councils were now. And I, and I guess I come from that stock. So it's like MMOs have been around a li- really long time. So when the piece, when the councils first started to ca- catch up, a lot of people that were MMO people felt the same way. Like if you were an EverQuest player, something where you're anything where you're a grindy character going into somewhere where you're in an arena, fucking each other up with guns and gun butting each other and hitting grenades. That was like a completely different planet to them. The crossover started, which is the reason why I like Xbox. To me, Xbox became like the Middle East. If you ever seen the Middle East of our, I don't mean that in a bad way, 
I don't know everybody's right thing. The Middle East of our world, the reason why it's so important is because it's everyone has to pass through there to get everywhere in the world. It's it should be if it was peaceful, it, it should be the most popular. It's the most important part of the planet because it's essentially a meeting ground. The Xbox became the Middle East where everyone from all likes of gaming migrated there, whether you're a classic Uno player, whether you're doing silly games or whatever. Yeah, this this is actually def- God, that might be the realest thing I think I've heard you say this year. But yeah, like I think MMOs really the only time you ever saw it. Because first of all, there was so much shit to do in MMOs, and that's kind of how it is now with the stuff like the Elder Scroll Online, the Final Fantasy XIVs, the Warframes, all kinds of shit like that. There's so much stuff to do, you almost don't even need anything else. Yeah, and if you were to tell console gamers, it, it was like speaking a different language that was close, but not the same language. The way sometimes parts of Portuguese might sound Spanish, but it's not. Like there was, it was a just different in the language. Ball field. There's a big separation for a long time that people don't think about. Where if you were playing a game with a controller, stuff like grinding and having an inventory and a storage and going to, to fight a mob and an event did not exist when you even up to the point where you were with Cortana fighting the Covenant. You know what I mean? That simply didn't make it there yet. And it's because that's really hard to do on console. We've just reached in the past couple of years where gamers on console are getting that experience of that kind of thing. And the same by the same token, even though it was accessible in PC, PC really wasn't doing things to that extent, the way gaming, like console gaming, there was a big difference compared to nowadays. So... That's something definitely that we never looked at. Like, if you were to really think about it, besides this generation, it's not like you can say, hey, back in the 360, I was farming mobs with my friends and we were making guilds and staying in town. Name a 360 game or a PS3 game where you could do that. There was none. If you were doing a game where you were actually farming and in a town and making upgrading weapons and crafting, you had a fucking PC, period. The 360 doesn't have a title capable of making an MMO. So we're just now hitting the generation where people who use controllers can say, hey, without a keyboard or mouse, I can be in this big world with all these people and do all this. There was nothing like that, even when Halo 4 was out. <laughs> you know, the closest you get is maybe like a MMORPG, like a Borderlands or a Diablo, something where four of you can embark on a little mini adventure, but like a world, like an MMO, Xbox kind of sort of migrated that over, man, in a lot of ways. And then the accessibility of that being cross-platform, they were the ones that opened up cross-platform and Game Pass. So kudos to them, you know? Happy 20th, because uh, I kind of feel like everything that they did is what sort of created the the, the role that we're on as far as the way gaming is dealt with, the way that uh, matchmaking is done, you know, the way that uh, all of it started there. And it sort of brought all likes of gamers together. It makes it easier for people like me who really at the time it was like trying to translate to the Chinese guy what the Japanese guy was saying and trying to translate to the Japanese guy what the regular guy was saying and then trying to translate to the two of them what the French guy was saying and then bringing all the feedback back to my American friends and trying to sort the shit that's what it felt like to be a gamer for anyone who's been here from the beginning because it's like you have all kinds of gamers but none of them really connect you think that just because I know somebody who likes Mario or Zelda that I could explain EverQuest or Halo it was all different platforms different worlds you know, it took effort for you to be able to, you can just switch that shit up on somebody like now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, yeah, you know, part of that, I, th- I think the versatile nature of gamers um, is starting to manifest thanks to the way games are. Oh, and that's good because I'm very versatile and I don't really care. I'll do whatever. Like, I, I li- I'll play literally anything. There's never been a bias. I hate when I hear people be like, well, I don't like card games or I don't like basketball games or I don't like racing or flying or I don't like RPGs. But they never actually like, tried it. 
Or even if they did try, it's kind of like each one of these is a different developer, different experience. Never take a category and be like, well, I don't like that whole category. You might find something. I found something in everything, in every genre that I enjoy. That's just the way that I am. So it's like, I don't, I'm not really picky about genre. You know, I've never really thought that way. Like my favorite game tomorrow could be a helicopter game if it's good enough. In the past, it has been. I love Thunderblade back when Genesis had that. It could be whatever. I don't really care. It could be a, about a car. I don't, I've never really thought of it like limiting myself to one kind of thing. You got you got to earn whatever the good thing is. So I think with Game Pass, you're also given that opportunity. You can try shit and not be like $60 down the toilet. You were stuck with a game back in the day. Stuck with a game. Now you can be like hour to download, down the toilet. And that's a first world problem because I've seen people on message boards that have complained. And not about the hour, but they've been like, do these companies consider the bandwidth that it took? I don't have unlimited bandwidth, you know, and I downloaded this and it sucked. You grow the fuck up. I saw someone, I know the new Call of Duty came. I saw someone complaining about that. They were like, did anyone notice that when you play a session of Call of Duty, it takes 11.6 gigabytes of bandwidth? The old ones used to take 4.6. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, I guess that's a really good observation. That's like three times the bandwidth. But who the fuck's clocking this stuff? Right. Back then, it was like, I want my money back. <laughs> you know, not my <laughs> bandwidth. I want my bandwidth back. Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> that's probably the one. Just because it even works for everything. Everything streaming. I want my bandwidth back. I demand my bandwidth. Reimburse me my bandwidth. Imagine if in the future that's what it's like. Because all these new laws are coming in with the internet and shit. Like, can you legit imagine, like, if you're on, like, a limited data plan? Because we're, we're in New York and we're in America. We're lucky enough that there aren't such things like that. But I know there's even parts, like, I've heard people say in Florida you have that kind of shit. Could you imagine if you could have a company that they have to reimburse you the credit of your internet data that you wasted on their shit? If you could prove it. <laughs> Like, if you could be like, hey, oh, look, buddy. I was told that this game has multiplayer. I was told that, let's just take Star Fox, which would never have multiplayer. Nintendo hates multi, but I don't know why I chose Star Fox. Terrible example. Fuck it. Let's choose I Ace Combat. I would have said Ace Combat. Man's Sky when it first let's, came out. They go Ace Combat. I got Ace Combat. They said this is multiplayer. I can't connect to any of my friends. I want my bandwidth back. And you could prove that your bill only allows you, like, three terabytes a month or something, and now you used... Eight gigs or eighty gigs on this, and then they have to re recredit you through the company. That would be dope. I don't know if I would like that. Actually, I don't want to say that's good because I mean there's a limit on bandwidth. Imagine if you start paying people in bandwidth, right? Like instead of uh, instead of having money like in the future, like money doesn't exist anymore, and the way that they credit you is they uh, there's like a thing like an arm thing, or you're in it, and like they take away and they add bandwidth. It's gonna be like in time, right? Your whole existence and your functioning is based on bandwidth. Motherfucker, did you just funny? remix in time, but instead of time, it's bandwidth? Yeah, you buy bandwidth off of people, and that's the way that it works. Like, motherfucker, run your bandwidth. That shit they injected everyone with to keep you from getting sick recently had nothing to do with that. It was just to keep an, an, an eye on how many kilobytes per second you use to live. <laughs> that way they could start quantifying this shit in the future. You're going to be like, yeah, that's what it was. You know, Pfizer is just another form of data. Hell no. <laughs> It doesn't sync up quite that well with the Wi-Fi on the moon, but still, it works. Yeah, you know, you're going to find out that this is all a bandwidth-driven world. They can start quantifying everything. We're going to monetize bandwidth. The Earth's not flat, but it runs on bandwidth. Mm-hmm. It can be flat if we run out of enough bandwidth. So you guys better start saving. Fuck around and AJ and Truth will be right now. Oh, man. Anyway. But The Rock. Uh, he's an Xbox guy, and that makes me happy because I'm an Xbox guy. And not just, yeah, not, cool. I'm not saying don't adapt, but not just one of those adapters who came over now that is cheap. 
been here the whole time. I'm like the Undertaker was in WWE. I never defected. I was always here. See that? Yeah, I think I got. I think I got the original. I got the original Xbox and a PS2 for Christmas. And I remember I loved the fucking Xbox. I was like, this thing is beautiful. Yeah, it was such a great system. Fucking first game on that thing was Jet Set Radio Future, and I lost my mind. There's a game that's free for gold right now that's similar to Jet Set Radio. Or I think it was free. It might have just ended in the last... Uh, what the hell was it called? Somebody who knows the games are gold. Is it me. Hover? Was it Hover, where it looks just like Jet Set Radio and you're skating all over the place? I mean, it's not going to be many I other I, games. I, I, I know I grabbed Hover, but I can't. I didn't get like a. I didn't look at it and see what exactly it was. So I was like, "Ooh, free game!" Well, Google Hover or take a look. If I'm, I'm pretty sure. Like, if you look at this game, it's definitely. I don't know if it's the same developers, but it's inspired at the least by Jet Set Radio. Because if I didn't tell you what it was and I was playing it, <laughs> you'd be like, "Oh, Jet Set Radio! I haven't seen this in a long time." It's not even like it's trying to hide it. Is it Hover? I'm wondering. It might be. Oh, yeah, it's Hover, because I'm looking at a picture of it now. Yeah, it looks like Jet Set Radio. If you watch the trailer, to listen to the music and the way that it's moving and everything. It's completely, it's like 100%. But this one, apparently, it's like a, it's like an 8 to 16 player co-op. Like, you can all go throughout the city together and do the co-op things with as many people as you want and make a crew and do all this other stuff. When I was reading, it was like, wow, I don't know how I ever heard of this before, but that's good. Because I used to love Jet Set Radio and Jet Grind Radio, the original one for Dreamcast. I heard about that one. That one, you could bust your ass. That's the main difference. Oh, it's my like, God. I'm looking at it. It looks like Jet Set Radio. Yeah. So I grabbed that. It I was sounds like, like it, too. Yes. That's what I mean. The games are gold every every month, man. They give you good stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I grabbed that one. Oh, shit. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, it was like, yeah, good job, guys. Yeah. I'm going to try that one if I get a chance. I haven't had a chance to do too much of anything. Yeah, this, yeah, but there's so many good ones that have uh, come out and are still coming out. Because I know you saw as well on Game Pass, uh, GTA San Andreas, the Definitive Edition, is coming out as well, too. Yeah, when is that? Because I keep seeing different things. It's like, they're supposed to be the um, Trilogy Definitive Edition. It's supposed to be Vice City 3 and San Andreas. I don't know if they're old Game Pass, but I know at the very least, I think uh, San Andreas is. Which they gave us San Andreas yeah, for free. Yeah, so. yeah, so yeah, San Andreas is the Game Pass one. I can look and see, though. I think the one I really want to try again is uh, Vice City. I really that that one was the one to me that really sucked. I know three is the one that got them off the map, but three was the was back when your main character didn't really have a personality. He's just the yeah three. Yeah, the three was the first three E ones, and everyone's just kind of talking at him. Vice City was the first one where you're a person who interacts back in the cutscenes and talks with everybody and shit. You're not just a guy in a black jacket. You know, you see the back of them, people just saying, hey, go do this and go do that. It was kind of like, which I get it. It was a limitation of the hardware. But once they started with Vice City, that's when they were able to do storytelling and world building and stuff. Oh, my God. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm going to enter San Andreas with a more open mind this time around. Um, but when it first launched, it was too much of a departure for me from what I liked about GTA, which GTA, what I liked about it was that it reminded me of the Godfather and Scarface, like if I was that guy and I'm building up my empire and slowly becoming like a bigger mobster and shit. Yeah. And it was like San Andreas, it was like, no, this is more like life. Like, I've been to the hood before and all these things have happened. <laughs> like, this is a lot less of a fantasy and more like just a flashback. So, <laughs> Okay, so it looks like uh, the... It's looking like it's November 11th. So a couple more days. So so tonight and tomorrow, like I'll I'll get the Forza going, and uh, yeah, that'll be fun. 
like at some point tomorrow night. And then I'll, yeah, the fours I'll do the one fours of those. are the big bangers. Yeah, that, that's gonna be great. Like like, like Forza Horizon, not Forza Motorsport. Forza Motorsport is just like regular racing game, but like Horizon was fucking crazy. I played three and I lost my mind, and I was like, "What is this madness?" <laughs> I haven't seen any reviews yet. There's no question in my mind that Forza Horizon Five is going to be rated like the greatest racing game of our time as of now. You know. Oh yeah, N- nothing, t- nothing touches Forzas when they come out. So tell the Rock to meet us on Forza. You hear that, Dwayne? Don't let me fuck around and find another Wagali in that bitch. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> to you, Dwayne. Take the Forza challenge, Dwayne. We ain't you're gonna actually... rap at you, but we gonna race the shit out your. <laughs> yeah, you're actually a Fast and the Furious guy, right? Dude, that means he should be able to do fast and furious shit like shoot his car over ours you know come on it's a it's a definitely uh civilized uh challenge. right Stasis? no we out here it's not All like right? we're, it's a civilized challenge it's not like we're challenging you to play the fast and furious game that would be mean don't do that see see we're, see doing we like you don't do that don't do that that thing you didn't even jump the shark it ran fucking into it there's a forza horizon fast and furious did you ever play that <laughs> really no i didn't i don't know if you can get it anymore you it used to be free and i don't know if there was a time limit to it but there was a forza horizon fast and furious it was mainly just like a a standalone expansion to forza horizon either three or four but just type forza horizon fast and furious in your xbox search and it'll come up i'm frightened that was good because it was essentially just forza using the fast and furious brand yeah, see, that sounds like a good idea, but actual Fast and Furious game, uh-uh. So while we're talking about The Rock, he has, uh, he recently spoke uh, in regards to, uh, he spoke to Andrew Freund from Dish Nation, where he spoke about uh, facing Roman Reigns at uh, WrestleMania. Let me bring this up, because guys, you're in for a surprise. In a couple of short months... DJ! In a couple of short months from now, that shit is not happening. Oh, because <laughs> I'm watching the film. Everybody thinks that I- this guy is going to take go away from being the top rated actor in all of Hollywood, not just wrestling. Wrestling, the small thing to uh to wrestle again. I don't see why. Right. I'm amazed that he's done it the few times he has. But anyway. everybody's so fixated with just family versus family thing. Like it, it's the Taker and Sting thing all over again. Stop it. So this is what he had to say. It up. There is a rumor that you're going to wrestle your cousin in WrestleMania. Is there truth to that, Dwayne Johnson? Andrew, you've known me for a very long time. I can tell you that there is no truth to that right now. Possibly down the road, we will see. Uh, but you know, we stay very close, myself and Roman Reigns, and um, I'm very happy and very proud for the work that he's doing, as well as uh, the Usos, uh, my other family members. So those guys. Uh, we'll continue to do what they're doing, and, and, and we'll see down the road. DJ, I appreciate you. Always good seeing you, man. Take care. Notice he didn't say whether you're an employee or not. I love how he was like my cousin Roman, the Usos, and uh, my other relatives. <laughs> one of them I forgot, and the other one I know is fired. <laughs> yeah. Nah, he Just didn't say that. He's not safe he, either. He bought Tamina a car. You know he remembers her. Of course, he better remember her today. She, this is, just, this is completely... She was this, so this is completely i don't even want to jump into that as a matter of fact because we're going to wind up jumping around here so you know what i'm going to mark this down for later just so that i remember when we get to the releases because i don't want to jump the the gun here 
Yeah, because I know us will segue around and we'll never get to shit properly. But yeah, I just reminded myself of something. <laughs> the Rock made me think of something when you when you brought up that just now about my other relatives. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! No, just the fact. No, I'm sure you already know where I'm going. But just the, right there, like I kind of it, that reminded me. Just the fact that he was like, "Oh, you know, um, my cousin Roman, Jimmy, and Jay Uso, and my other relatives." <laughs> that fucking awkward ass pause. We're gonna we're gonna come back to that when we get to the releases. <laughs> I just have to remember to mark that. Oh, it's going to be good. <laughs> Not really. It's just an observation. I'll just take it. I, I don't want to spoil the that part yet. Because not everybody we'll knows who we'll not there. everybody knows who was released. If you did, you you already understand that, why that was interesting the way that the way that whole shit that unrolled was right for there. you. Like that made me just realize, hmm. All right. Uh what do we got here with Vin Diesel? Family. Right? What else could it be? <laughs> I still go back and look at those memes. It's still fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's the family image, right? There we go. The, 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 the Alabama one's still the best one. Family and Olive Garden. <laughs> that's that's Olive Garden. No, I'm done. <laughs> those are good things, though, you know? Yeah. Those family and un- Great family? Thanksgiving and unlimited breadsticks. Let's bring this up large. Oh, God. So this is the post that Vin Diesel put out. I have it up on the screen here now. It says, my little brother Dwayne, the time has come. The world awaits the finale of Fast 10. As you know, my children refer to you as Uncle Dwayne in my house. There is not a holiday that goes by that they that they and you don't send well wishes. But the time has come. Legacy awaits. I told you years ago that I was going to fulfill my promise to Pablo. I swore that we would reach the manifest and manifest the best fast in the finale that is 10. I say this out of love, but you must show up. Do not leave the franchise idle. You have a very important role to play. Hobbs can't be played by no other. I hope that you rise to the occasion and fulfill your destiny. Damn, he brought the children into this. He's like, my children call you uncle. That's a wrestling thing, right? Think about how many times you see right. the wrestling angle where when someone turns heel, they'll, do, they'll, they'll pull the my children call you uncle. <laughs> <laughs> do it for the God. children, Rock. It's kind of like, damn, man, you put him on the spot. That pisses me off a little bit for The Rock. And I'm sure he must be thinking, well, fuck. Because look at that. Like, you, <laughs> right. You put like, him like, come on, I'm man. That's, that's fucking underhanded. You said, and my, this my close children to Christmas, call man? you. Really? Will, will you come back to the fast, Uncle Dwayne? You know? So you can't have my, you can't have my ass doing that because I'm be like, nah, daddy was starting shit. I would have been like, see me, I'm the kind of person where it would have been like, LOL, nice try. Tell um, tell the kids, Uncle Uncle Dwayne says hi. <laughs> like I'd, I'd be some. Like, if, I, if, if, it, if it ain't my kids, I use them against it. I don't give a shit. Though. And you guys know Vin Diesel and, and and The Rock have issues. There is drama between the two of them. And this is why The Rock said he wasn't going to come back for the last movie. And uh, yeah, Quest Thompson says Hobbs going to become Black Adam on Fast Ten. Yeah, that's going to be his clause in the contract. He gets to turn to Black Adam mid fucking movie. Yeah, that sucks, right? Why not, right? It's the only thing that they don't have. We talked about that. We talked about that last week. It's the only thing they don't have left magic. You know, that way I could come on here a year from now and be like, yo, can you believe that this started as guys racing and then it was about them going and joining the the special forces and going to space and then using black magic to transform into other characters from other franchises? That motherfucker jumped out of his car and then became a superhero. What the fuck? Unbelievable. <laughs> That's exactly what's gonna happen. He's gonna fall out the car. Black Adam! Boom! Like, <laughs> what? They could just kill everybody, right? <laughs> Fuck it, right? Kill all the kill all the good characters. Just, the Rock will play all of the characters. That's what we need. A, a movie that has his character from here, his Black Adam character, his character he from He could nutty professor it. 
Yeah, you know, exactly. He could, Murphy was the first to do it. Doesn't have to be the best, though. This time's Eddie Murphy so good at it that I forget that he's Eddie Murphy. I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. That one's Eddie Murphy, too. It's still days where I'll fuck around and forget. I'll see Medea and Tyler Perry in the same fucking movie and be like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but see, with Medea, the difference is, like, that guy makes it, like, I think the humor is so fucking obvious that it's him. He's like completely like there's no mistaken. That's what it is. I forget about it too. That's the best part. Like it's so fucking odd. Like he's completely him. He's gimmicked up to the point. You know what I mean? Like and the way he sounds, like it's obviously Tyler Perry, which is what adds to the humor. Like remember, he's like, "Stop clicking that gum," and he jumped behind the fucking back seat. Like it's clearly a man, which is what makes it fun. But Eddie Murphy somehow goes out of his way where like he disappears into the fucking character. You can almost believe I've seen him play white guys. Where I'm like, "Are you serious?" It's like how the fuck terrifying. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like, really why, like why can you do this? Oh, you fucking chameleon! Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like the new PG Eddie Murphy for, that we've had for the last couple of decades. He's okay, but I mean Eddie Murphy. I grew up with one of the funniest guys I've ever seen in my life. Like, is one I by far one of the funniest people on earth, besides like Richard oh Pryor. Like Eddie Murphy was just like wow. Like this is like the funniest stand-up comedian by far. And like I can't. Life came out and they put him and Martin Lawrence in the same place. I was like, oh hell no. <laughs> Yeah, like that was one of the all-time greats. So yeah, doing those kind of roles not easy. Rock, Rock could probably pull it off though. He is a good oh, Rock personality. Is. He, he, you imagine he, Rock. You imagine Rock being sitting at a table with his swole ass grandmother and shit. Rock's one of those people that if he did like an evening with the Rock, the way you have like the evening with Kevin Smith, like one of those things where it's like the sitting on stage talking, like if he did one of those, man, it would be good. Like just hearing Rock stories, fucking wonderful, because he's so well spoken. All right, Cabigan, thank you for your help earlier, sir. He helped me put together the poll because we have a poll tonight. By the way, AEW full gear. Later on tonight, be going over the matches Thank and stuff. You, yeah, so I don't know if he's going to return. He definitely doesn't need to. Yeah, there's no like I get people want the match just because it's always The Rock versus this cut. This match doesn't have any actual need. Like no. we'll be part. Nothing will have changed if this match doesn't happen. And don't call him my little brother, Dwayne. Call him my younger brother. He's not little. And although he may just be a wrestler, that is more than an actor physically you know what i mean i'm not saying vin diesel by any means not a badass but he isn't he's an actor fucking diesel fucking diesel pop back he can be as young as he wants to he still doesn't have family he he doesn't bump for real (laughs) you know like he doesn't bump for here stunt doubles there was no stunt double where the rock came from and the rock's like a legit like the rock being the rock sure he's an actor and sure he's um sure he's a wrestler but you know what's not a gimmick like the Samoan part of him that's a that's a shoot not a work he is actually half part of the Samoan dynasty which are really tough motherfuckers and like the other half of him is part of Rocky Johnson so it's like even if we're gonna be like well he's just a wrestler I'm putting a lot of my money if not all of my money on the rock kicking Vin Diesel's ass if there was like a real fight I say the Samoan and him will fucking destroy that dude it it, it just hit me what's that the Samoan and the Rocky Johnson. He is a tough motherfucker fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my money my money is on is on the rock in a shoot fight. Like I said, the right, Samoan like, blood <laughs> by far. You know, there's just no question to me about that. So when you Be watch good Stone him, Cold Steve Austin beat a man half to death, you kinda take a you gotta take a bet on that man to fight. Yeah. The charisma comes from his father's side because his father was like if you go back and watch his father find any I don't even know if it's on Peacock, find any of his father's old matches, that dude had charisma like you wouldn't man. believe in his matches like soul man there's a reason johnson. they call rocky johnson soul man <laughs> he really was charisma that was no know? fucking gimmick <laughs> so you look at that 
that's where he gets that part from. I think that's the part that brought him into Hollywood. But the part that made him like a big, muscular, attractive dude that'll punch holes through fucking walls, I think that's the, the Samoan part. That's the, exactly, that's the chief Peter Maivia part of him, you know? Yeah, you're definitely the little brother. He might be the younger one. But yeah, maybe he'll come back. I don't know. I, I, I wish I would have watched the franchise so that I'd have enough of an opinion of if he needs to come back, but I, I really don't. As somebody who hasn't even watched the whole franchise, but I watched enough of it, doesn't really need to. Yeah, that's good to know. Like he's been with Fast, and, and even if it wasn't just Fast and Furious, just his impact on Hollywood is enough to where it's like he doesn't need to come back. Now, if he were to come back, it'd be fucking craziness, but he doesn't need to. Yeah. Well, like some people are talking as if he needs to come back and have this match. You need to realize there is a difference between he needs to come back from this match and I really want him to come back for this match. Yeah, exactly. But uh, well, I don't mean just the match. I'm talking about the franchise. Like I, he definitely needs to come oh, back yeah. for the match. I'm talking about like, the fast stuff. You know. Oh yes, yeah, they're completely backwards. And the fast stuff. Um, like if the character was missing, like I don't want to spoil the last franchise, but if the character was missing from the from the most recent one, would it uh affect it? Where did people be like, man, that guy just wasn't there for that? If they just like didn't write him out in any kind of way, maybe. But if they kind of spun it in some kind of way, you could still pull it off. But they probably don't want to do that, you know? Yeah, that would take a lot of work to spin off that key of a player just not being there. Yeah, well they shouldn't have let that stay that way you know yeah you gotta fix that shit quick so there's not an issue later like i'm surprised there wasn't some sort of human resources yeah i'm surprised that some human resources didn't step in and go hey you know we still have one more to do with this franchise right can y'all just like make nice for like one more movie <laughs> after that i don't give a shit but just one more movie i mean the money must talk he must get a lot of money to be in that one they'll probably have to sweeten the deal now he should give some, vin diesel should give a cut since this is all because of him Give a cut of your money since we have to we have to freaking pad the rock's pockets now. You gotta buy him a Series X. He's an Xbox guy. Oops, sorry. Wasn't doing that. Didn't mean to do that. Full accident there. That startled the shit out of me because it was time so well. I thought you had something ready. <laughs> <laughs> like, I generally jumped. I was like, oh fuck. Like what, what I triggered. Unbelievable. Oh well. That's what happens. Okay. Anyway, while we're in the talk of movies uh apparently a timetable has been released in regard to uh hbo max's peacemaker and despite what people were hoping this is going to be an eight episode series that's going to start uh in january 13th of next year with the first three episodes coming out but then after that there's going to be a new episode every single week they're not going to be doing the netflix thing where you can binge it and launch it And there's a reason for that, and that's because HBO has watched and been observing their business and the way people people's subscription tendencies tend to be. And I don't know if it's like this with other places, but with HBO, a lot of people tend to just subscribe during the season that their show is out. And then as soon as they hit that season finale, they cancel the subscription. Again, I talked about this on here before, but this is why originally WWE made it where you it would be nine ninety nine with a one year contract. And then people weren't going for that. And to get more subscribers, they eventually had to cut that out because the one year contract was scaring people away. But then they wound up with their inevitability that they were trying to avoid. Where now if something like WrestleMania comes along, the casual people will spend their nine ninety nine that once and then they will just cancel it. 
So this is the reason why they started to sandwich the pay-per-views within a, a, a three, sometimes three and a half week interval so that they could say stuff like, you'll be getting WrestleMania and you'll be getting Backlash if you order now. So that's why sometimes you get more frequency. But that being said, I digress. Looking back at this, uh, the reason HBO comes up with these episodically is because otherwise a lot of people with HBO, it's not like Netflix or these other services where they have such a big library that it justifies keeping it. People would binge these shows. And then they would just cancel the service one month. They would get their nine ninety nine for a season worth of stuff. It not makes the sense best to move. do it that way. Yeah, you know, it's not the best move for them. It's the best move for us. You know, but they're trying to make some money back on this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, this movie looks interesting though. It really you know. does. Like, like I'm when it comes to like my HBO Max, I'm usually more of a movie person for it. But yeah, I can see myself watching this. Yeah, definitely looks cool. Yeah, if you're going to be watching that, you're going to be watching it quite regularly, folks. You're going to be watching it on a regular uh, on a regular weekly basis like everything else. You're going to come on here and be like, did you see Peacemaker? No, you better watch it. The new one's out. Oh, God, yeah. that's going to be me. Damn, fucking Peacemaker comes out in January. That's going to be two things I'm watching in January because the second half of season four of Attack on Titan comes out. Oh, January's going to be busy. Yeah, like, well, January's going to be busy just because of the games by themselves, oh, God, you know? so much, like. Yeah, January is just all around. It's going to be a busy month. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, in other entertainment and television news, uh, the series, whoops, didn't mean to do that. didn't mean to launch it with audio. But yeah, in other entertainment news, the series Heels has already been renewed for its second season, according to Deadline. Hey, yeah. Trey Tucker and Robbie Ramos are going to be upgraded from recurring cast members to regulars of their roles as Bobby Pin and Diego Cottonmouth. Mac O'Malley will be returning as the series showrunner and he'll continue his role as Charlie Gully on screen. And uh, yeah, it's uh, they're really liking the series and uh, they're, they're going to go forward with it. The, the star's president and CEO, Jeffrey Hurst, said it's clear from the critical and fan acclaim that the stories and characters from the Duffy Wrestling League have made a connection with audiences bringing a community that is not often found to premium TV. I'm excited for our amazing cast and executive producers to get back into the ring together for a second season. So, yeah, not surprised. It's not a shock at all. It's bringing broad back. Yeah, it was no. fantastic. Yeah, really cool show. Highly recommended for anybody who hasn't seen it already. It goes into wrestling in the wrestling federation and just uh, trying to keep the federation going and babyface and heel turns, how they affect people in and out of the kayfabe, different promotions, and uh, just the backstage politics of even what happens in the indies. Uh, just the treatment of valets versus uh, the treatment of the stars. How much the valet is responsible for keeping the star maintained versus how much she's trying to put herself over. Shit that you actually that that used to be big talks and now is being obscured by nonsense um, is actually covered in here. So I think that that's really good. You know, but yeah, take some time and uh, just watch it. Especially if you're somebody who doesn't fully get wrestling, it it gives a perspective that's um, palatable for anyone that's casual or, or not into the. Um, entertainment genre at all so, yeah i'm definitely glad that uh we're getting that again hey man it is. in other news uh i thought this was an interesting story uh mandy rose was on fightful pro wrestling she spoke to sean ross sap on there i want to bring this up real quick i'm going to link you guys to the whole thing it's a long interview there was one thing on there that I think you would take interest in. I think this is the reason Mandy Rose has her power right now in, in WWE. She talks about going to see Vince McMahon, which is something that from what we hear, a lot of people 
aren't getting to do. <laughs> so don't ask me how she did. Maybe because she's hot. My door is always open. I'm kidding. But anyway. Let the hair down, Alpha. Yeah. Um, you know, when you had a, you know, creative idea and something you wanted to go right to Vince, I would wait by his door, obviously, just like everyone else, and hopefully get in there. Obviously, he's a very busy man and very hard to get to. Yeah. Sometimes you'd wait all day and literally like you just walk out and you'd be like, and you don't want to bother him. So, um, but there was like a few interactions I had with Vince for sure. Um, there was one right in the beginning when I first got to Monday night raw. Um, and then the one with the Otis storyline, I actually went in there and pitched that whole thing. And I think that's when like coming from the reaction I got from Vince is what I think that's when he kind of was like, finally, like, wow, like that's an amazing idea. And that like, I took the initiative to go in there and come up with this idea and have a plan for how it ends and the whole, you know, storyline and, and how it leads, leads up to it. And I think he, he really gained a lot more respect for me in that sense, because he, he agreed, he, lo- he loved the idea, but he also thought it was really cool that I took the initiative and to, to come in because he, he likes that. So um, that was a really cool moment that I had with him as well. So look at that. She came up with the Otis thing. He said it there. She him. waited outside his door and pitched that whole idea. Came from her herself. She's the one who said, hey, it would be cool if this. And she had an ending to it and everything. That's probably why he's trusting her to be champion. Yeah, it makes sense. Because Otis and Mandy worked out. Mm-hmm. Well, that end part, not quite. But it was fun while it lasted. He said, George said, I'd let her pitch ideas too. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> Free of charge, right? She She comes off like a badass though so far i'm really liking it i know we'll get into that yeah. later but she really does it took me a little bit to get used to it but yeah yeah she yeah she comes off like a badass so as you guys know there was some bad news with ring of honor recently and uh ring of honor is owned by sinclair broadcasting which tonight we're going to be talking about third quarter financial results for different companies because right now it's time for the third quarter financials i actually listened in on vince and stephanie's uh entire quarter financial meeting throughout raw that way i didn't have to hear commentary but also the second benefit is i get to talk about a little bit of it on here from what i learned (laughs) um so trying to consolidate all of this down as far as ring of honors money goes they're in some pretty bad shit you know ain't no pretty way to put it people it's pretty bad like i'm reading this here i mean yeah they owe millions of dollars it's like what 1.25 million is that the number like i want to see that's the number i saw but i'm not sure i know it's in the millions that's for sure net income is attributable to the to the company at 19 million versus a net loss of 3,256 million in the prior year so they had a net income of 39 million they decreased 39 percent versus the third quarter this is consolidated adjustments, which excludes, uh, let's see, it's $451 million decreased 39% versus the third quarter of 2020. Yeah, so basically oh. they're in the negatives. You know, we've, Dixie's always saying she, that cash flow, flow positive. This is uh, not cash flow positive to try to not break this all. down. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So this whole thing about them opening back up, like I said the first time, take it with a grain of salt. Like, really, take it Ooh. with a grain of salt. They owe money. Get the whole, like, like get the whole handful. Jesus Christ. Impact. They didn't. I don't really have any quarterly stuff from them. But there were people removed off their roster page, including No Way, formerly Jose, Taylor Wilde, 
TJP. Wait, wait, she just got there. <laughs> TJP, Tommy Dreamer, and Petey Williams. Uh, Petey Williams, as actually he's been producing matches for uh, WWE recently. I think we've even named on, on a couple of times we put him on the uh, the list when we were going over the producers. Tommy yeah. Dreamer got removed from uh, Busted Open Radio. Um as well as released from Impact because of what he said on Dark Side of the Ring about that woman who uh, was accusing Ric Flair of the whole dick thing. So that's why Tommy yeah, Dream is no longer on the roster. But uh, they're saying that there's been no talent releases, so we don't really know why it is that these people are no longer there. So uh, just something to keep in mind. Um, AEW, apparently Nelly Andreeva of Deadline, which is Warner Media's general manager... Well, no, ne- Neville Andrade of Deadline spoke to Warner Media's general manager, Brett Weitz, and uh, they basically spoke about AEW, uh, and he's quoted as saying, we have AEW, which continues to be such an overperformer. This challenge, this challenger brand of a wrestling asset has now become one of the biggest shows in cable, which is incredible for us. We obviously started a completely new night and new show on Friday nights with AEW Rampage. And we have Roads to the Top, which is a different asset. But when you think of it in totality, TNT really has something for everyone. And that's the thing we wanted to be able to deliver for those people with that still come to us each and every day. If someone comes to us to watch Shawshank Redemption, they stay for Snowpiercer. Animal Kingdom are sports. They come to us for some of the greatest content. First in class content based on basic cable. Interesting that you stay for for Snowpiercer if you watch Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> I guess, sure. I mean, but, but anyway, they're happy. You see, people are happy in this company. That's what happiness looks like. Joy. Where we're not so happy oh. is over at the E. What else is new? Yeah, we are not happy over at the E. So. uh WWE did another release of superstars. Now, give me a minute because I haven't been keeping track of how many times I've been here with this fucking story. I want to say this is our, of the really big ones, three or four. I might be wrong, but, you know, they like to space these shits out in between the talks of being family and a universe and all this other shit. Okay, so unless I'm reading wrong, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've done nine. Good God. We've done nine of these. Okay? Nine. Not eight, we not did, ten. Nine. We did one, and I'm just going by the files because I keep a file every time they do a release wave. We have a file from December of 2019. Okay, that, so that worries me because in my head I'm thinking, oh, they must have been doing this from before I even got here. Nope. Nope. That's the first one. It's December of 2019, a couple months after the start of the pandemic. Then we have one in April of 2020, which is normal, usually after WrestleMania. Then we have one in April of 2021, so it was decent. They kept people the pretty month. much employed. No, but that was no, there's the next year. Oh, it's a nickel. Okay. So they actually had a year where at least we don't have it reported. Then we had one May 2021. And then a follow-up on the following week of May 2021. So May 24th and May 31st. Then we had another wave June 28th, 2021. August 9th, 2021. June 7th, 2021. 
November 8th, 2021. Oh, wait, that's here. That's this program. Okay, we're back. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, we're, just, we made it. we're just flipping through all my files and wound up landing on the one we needed. So there you go. That's how I'm many of these. I could a family people. Nine in two years. I could open these up and I'm sure they all have the list of individual, but we don't even have the time. The list is probably everybody. But yeah, every single time. It's like I think I think the exact number was 18 for this time around. That's rough. They're always in double digits. That's the part that kills me. And then we'll get into it probably a little later on in it. The logic doesn't make sense to me. So we're going to get into the facts. Then after we get into the facts, we're going to go down the release list. So uh, from what we know about these releases, about it's being said that about half a dozen of them were people that didn't get vaxxed. And that's the reason that they were cut. But we're talking people who were openly unvaccinated, not people who were just like, oh, I didn't know that I had to. And I hadn't gotten around to people who openly at some point somewhere expressed I'm not going to put that shit in me because of X, Y, and Z reasons or like something or did something that indicated that they had no interest of getting this done. However, it's also being reported that they never told anyone outright to get vaccinated either or threatened anyone to leave or anything. It was understood that they wanted people to get vaccinated, but nobody was outright told, hey, you need to get vaccinated. This had never happened. So this is some of the stuff that's going around. The other thing is that they want young women i don't want to quote it i mean it's uncomfortable melsa's quote is saying they're very much into young women now that's not a way that i would quote it i would say uh they want to hire young women now uh (laughs) to the point where uh essentially it's always somewhat been a new directive where they want the males to be 27 years old um at minimum and they don't want them to be under six foot two well now with the women they want them 23 or younger 25 at most 25 is pushing it 23 23 is about based on the way this is being read 23 is about where they where they want to be able to decide where you're going whether you're going to raw or smackdown they do not want you to still be between the ages of 23 and 25 wrestling on nxt as far as they're concerned if you're 23 or 25 and you're wrestling on NXT, you've been there too long or you're too old. By that point, they expect you to already know, have an idea what it is that you're doing. A lot of people are saying this is speculation. Again, I listened to the third quarter earnings call. This was all but confirmed by WWE President and Chief Revenue Officer Nick Khan when he was asked about NXT and what he thought of the changes, and he had this to say. I wanted to focus on NXT a little um, because you definitely made some changes over, I think, the last month or so. Wanted to see how you felt about the um, the progress and whether you felt like you were achieving the goals of the revamp. We, we think it's all starting the way that we wanted it to start. So we wanted a younger, fresher uh, in-ring approach. We think we have it. You've already seen some talent from the new NXT elevated to the main roster. Uh, there's going to be more of that. Our recruiting efforts, which you know we can go through at a later date, which are spearheaded by Paul Levesque and Bruce Pritchard and, and a number of other folks here, uh, are focused on young athletes who may not at this moment in time be in the quote-unquote wrestling space. And we think all of those results will come to fruition in the right way. And that NXT will continue to build the way it's already building. So he said there about the younger initiative. So 
they want a certain type of person that's already working a certain way, talks a certain way. They want people that are trained from scratch, that learn fast, that get elevated fast, that didn't have any indie bad habits. And the word going around is that they're going to check this every six months. They're going to come there every six months, twice a year, and they're going to see who goes up and who goes out. And that's it. It's time to clean house. People go go up, people go out. And uh, then you start over again. Also, those that are being signed by WWE starting in this upcoming year, um, aside from the top prospects, anyone coming in after this year is going to be signed to first a 60-day trial contract to see if they improve at the rate that they want. And if they don't show improvement, then they're not going to be signed to the full-time deal, which really that one is still only going to be like six months to a year. Then they can you if you're not doing good. So this is part of the initiative of this current firing. That being said, people on the main roster, as you know, have a 90-day non-compete clause, meaning that they're going to be free February 2nd. Those without main roster deals that are part of NXT are on 30-day non-compete clause, meaning that they are free December 4th. With all of that out of the way, I'm going to go over to some of the information that we have, some of the names that we have in regards to talent released. I'm going to just give you the quick rundown, and then we're going to go through it a little bit faster. Talent released is Nia Jax, Keith Lee. Karrion Cross, Eva Marie, Mia Yim, B-Fab of Hit Row, Grand Metallic, Lindsay Dorado, Scarlet from NXT, Frankie Monet, Ember Moon, Oni Larkin, Katrina Cortez, Harry Smith, Jesse Camilla, Jeet Rama, Trey Baxter, and Zayda Ramirez. Office employees released are Laura Petroselli, John Stamatis, Laura Todd, and Mike Giacco. We'll get into who those guys are later on. People that were discussed being released, but did not get released, were Drake Maverick, Dana Brooke, Jackson Riker, Drew Gulak, Tegan Knox, Shane Thorne, Timothy Thatcher, Danny Birch, Caden Carter, Mae Yang, Boa, Guru Raj, and Surav. So keep a lookout because that's, that's possibly, probably the next wave. We're going to get back to that all later on as well but from the top first let's go through the list of people what it means what it is uh and what exactly is happening here starting with the main roster being nia Jax. nia Jax, uh is one of the people well let's start with her uh, i'm gonna bring her up on the screen real quick just bear with me i don't want to just run through these because anyone who's seen they may not be familiar with everyone obviously the first person you'll be familiar with is nia Jax. but uh let's see here we got uh there we go. Okay, beautiful. Nia Jax tweeted out. She said, I usually keep my personal life private, but yesterday's report reports leave me no option but to clarify matters. I recently took a short leave of absence from WWE for a mental health break. I've been working through so much, more than I, than I can share. And so I took some time off with the full support of the company to take care of myself. Earlier this week, after WWE sent me my schedule to return to the ring for the November 15th show, I asked for an extension to my mental health break, feeling that I needed more time and hoping I would have the ongoing support of the company I've given my all to for the past seven years. I did not receive a response. The next I heard, I was being released. My vaccination status was never mentioned. I was never given any choices or options. It breaks my heart to be so abruptly let go without consultation when dealing with so much privately. I loved my career at WWE. I love the men and women I worked with, and I'm going to need time to process this huge loss. I appreciate those people who have shown understanding and compassion during an incredibly difficult time. 
Um, so Naya, like I said, she's someone who take it with a grain of salt, but she's someone who has been speculated was an anti-vaxxer. We have seen Naya working stiff. We do know that Naya is not the most coordinated person in the ring. I can't even say coordinated. She's like the Vader of women. If anybody lived through the <laughs> Vader era. Every now and then your ass get checked. No, with Vader it wasn't every now and then. Most no, of the no, time. Yeah, Vader was all the fucking time. And with Naya, honestly, it's almost as just as frequent. It's just that nobody ever gives her a receipt, which with Vader some people did. One time he got his eye busted out of its socket and was dangling inside Kane did of his that, head. Didn't he? No, it wasn't Kane. No, no, that was a that was the fake wrench. One time he really did have that happen. I forget who it was. That's my memory. I might have been Stan Hansen. Could have been Stan Hansen. I think you might be right. That sounds like a Stan Hansen thing, yeah. I think it was. I think it was Vader worked stiff with him and Stan busted his face literally. You can go watch this. We're not putting it on here. But to the point where his eye was like dangling out of his head. And Vader kind of learned, you know, that there are that there are Stan Hansons in the world. You know? There's unfortunately not like a Stan Hansen for Naya. A female version. We I wouldn't want it to be her Stan no lady Hansen. Hansons. Yeah. No, we don't have any Lady Hansons for her. I'm not saying it's that. I'm just saying that she clearly had issues. I think that uh, because of the fact that Nia Jax is somebody who stands out appearance-wise and personality-wise, that wasn't the best move. Not just because she's part of the Samoan dynasty or the Rock cousin, but because really Nia, I think, is a big loss. As much as people give her criticism, um, there's nobody who looks like that in the world or acts like that you know there's that's only, like a, literally there's only one naya Jax. train her fix her do what you have to do i don't i'm not there when on the inside maybe it was to a point where they just felt, felt it was like just irreparable maybe they just had enough of her shit when on the inside maybe it was to a point where it was like you know what the cons outweigh the pros adieu i wouldn't rule that out possibility so when naya we don't know it was the new york post it was Ryan Glass Peagle of the New York Post that reported that one of the main reasons was because she was unvaccinated and that she was an open anti-vaxxer. What I was going to say before that I wanted to remember until later on is that, and this is just speculation, I don't know if it's true or not, but I was just imagine. Imagine if, because we've seen pictures of The Rock with all his relatives, we've seen pictures of Tamina where he pulls up in a new truck that he bought her in her garage and everything. Like, go back and watch an Instagram and she's like hugging him and like he buys her car, he buys mother car. I'm not saying, but imagine if, right? The Rock thinks Naya's a bitch. I'm just saying. Because everybody's automatically assuming that because they're relatives, that, oh, you know, that's The Rock's relative. You know, he's going to say, what did you do to my relative? The Rock's a regular person like me. Do you do you like all your relatives? You don't think any of your relatives are fucking bitches? <laughs> you, never no. thought, you never thought, man, that person's a fucking bitch. With your relatives? Some of motherfuckers out there, if I, if I saw traffic, I'd push him, I swear. Because he's The Rock, we're supposed to believe that he loves his relatives to the point where it's like he doesn't see faults or flaws? Really? Like, that's the way that... First of all, just as an outsider looking in, knowing the Samoan dynasty, The Rock's family doesn't strike me as the kind of people that gave him an upbringing not to call another relative on their bullshit. Like, they're not all about... You think that the Mayavias and the Johnsons were all about love and kumbaya and shit? You don't think that if somebody in the family fucked up, they would tell him to get their shit together? You don't think his mother was a hard-ass, The Rock's mom? I really don't think that you you got a family pass. And I'm again, I'm not saying that Naya is in this situation, but I'm just saying that we don't know. And just maybe, just maybe, since we never seen him buy her a car or anything, maybe he's going, yeah, I know that bitch. You know? 
Not Again, like most I'm not saying I have any, anything to go by here. But what I'm saying is that maybe he loves her too. Maybe he does love everybody. Maybe that's just the fucking rock. He loves everybody no matter what. Or maybe. But I'm just saying that Naya has been someone who's been publicly noted to strike people the wrong way. And all I'm saying is at the very minimum, we can maybe not stretch this as far as him saying that bitch. Maybe I could understand, which is what he would say, not what he would think. I could understand her being difficult. What do you guys think? It's a possibility for sure. Isn't it kind of weird how Naya looks like a young version of The Rock's mom in that picture? That's a little segue I was looking at. I looked yeah, to the side for a split second. I thought, oh shit, I accidentally put The Rock's mom. I was like, oh no, wait. Like, no, no, that's Naya. What if she's mean though? What if she's just mean and they all know? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, she is half Someone and half, some, half German. Stasis is right. So, you know what I mean? I didn't know she was half German. Yeah, she's half German. Look at how unique you look. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Look at how unique she looks, though. You can't do something like that without mixing mixing races. It's impossible. Yeah, that is true. I just didn't expect German. I think that's what it is. Like, I don't know what I expected, but German wasn't it. She, she, she's on the plus side, but if you look at her features, she has the characteristics without any freaking plastic surgery of a fucking supermodel. She has an Eva Marie face without having to have it built. Nothing against Eve Marie, but she literally had to have that shit CG rendered onto her actual skull. Naya came with that. You know? That's that. That was, that's the, that was no pre order bonuses. That is the mixture of those Samoan and German cells going to work, my friend. So, yeah. But maybe she's mean. Maybe he's just like, yep, and he's not going to hold it against WWE. He's like, yeah, she was a bitch to me in the last barbecue. Bitch ate all my ribs. I had a whole goddamn half rack. Bitch ate them all. I don't know why I instantly went to Fat Joe. He was the first thing I think of. Leave me alone. But because yeah. he was just like other relatives, he didn't say their names. I know he knows their names. I feel like The Rock is someone who, with a lot of deliberation, everything he says and does is somewhat deliberate. He's not stupid, Stasis. you know. I just found it interesting that uh, he didn't mention any names, you know. Stasis said she didn't dance. What do you mean she didn't dance? Amina danced. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> She's one of the biggest upsets, I would say. Yeah. Like, that's one of the biggest oh, yeah, surprises. Sure. And that sends a message to the locker room. Even though WWE doesn't discourage you from taking sick days, it definitely will make you think twice about doing it. If they fired Nia fucking Jax because she had took a mental health day, then uh, everybody else better show up to work. Keith Lee. Who's that man on the unemployment, uh. on the unemployment line? I see. I remember him. He's Becca. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. <laughs> nah, we no, won't, we won't. We won't know. We won't bask in that Bad. story. Bad. <laughs> Ooh, I got a bone to pick with these motherfuckers on this one. Ah. Bask in the story. So, for more we're hearing in the case of Keith Lee from someone in creative, his attitude was apparently always bad. He just had in general, and again, take it with a grain of salt, everything we report, take it with a grain of salt, he just had in general attitude issues. One wrestler anonymously said that it was considered perceived attitude issues others have outright said attitude problems that he was frustrated they've heard different things about him that were his mood being altered more than it should be in the modern era in regards to to being asked to do a job this is just speculation but this is what they're saying is the problem with Keith Lee again we don't have an internal picture of this we don't know for sure. Keith Lee released the following statement. He said, 
And I'll bring this up for you here because I thought this was kind of funny. Went from being home zero to one day a week for a plethora of months to stumbling upon some free time. So I took care of some important business. And for those of you on the podcast, as you can see here, that important business is he went to go see the My Hero Academia movie. That motherfucker said, then, now, all for one. So that's what he's doing with his spare time. I didn't even know that. That shit is in movie theaters out here? No, even. Anime's gotten that popular out here, huh? I know most of it's in movie theaters out there. Stuff that used to be in movie theaters in Japan was straight to DVD here. It's amazing to think that you could walk into a fucking right. movie theater in America and watch and watch an anime. I, I knew it with Dragon Ball and stuff like that. I just can't believe we finally reached a point where just like Japan. Because I always remember watching OVAs and, and movies and shit. And I was always like, man, I would love to be able to sit and watch a movie. Like an anime movie in a theater like they get to do. And here we are. We made it. We out here. We've progressed more as a society than WWE has as a company. Once again, you say that like it's a hard bar, like it's hard bar to reach. But good for him. I'm glad that this guy, you know what, man? Who wouldn't have attitudes if you felt like shit or you were treated like shit or if people did shitty things to you? That's that just means that Keith Lee was a hel- a healthy man. You know, I'd be worried about him. Like, imagine if you went up to him and you hit him with like a cattle prod and nothing happened. You'd be like, what the fuck? A human reaction, a human reaction. So if he was he mad or he had a bit of an attitude or a bit of a chip on his shoulders, so did the fucking people that were watching him on Raw. <laughs> so you mind if I take this one? Go ahead. So for those out there who said he had an attitude, when he came to NXT, he was limitless Keith Lee, a man 340 pounds who could do some shit that some of the cruiserweights couldn't even do. Then they made him North American champion and NXT champion. Still only dual champion in NXT history, by the way. Comes up to the main roster, instantly jobbing. Disappears for like, what, six months? Comes back, jobbing again. Disappears for another three months. Gets a shitty Bearcat bear gimmick. They don't show it for like a month. Just shitty dark matches. Wrestles two matches, fired. You think by he the way, fucking pissed off too? By the way, which he had to clarify, which I find ridiculous that he needs to clarify. That this. killed me. You saw it too? Yeah. He, he did not decide... To be fucking Bearcat Keith Lee. Bearcat- I'm gonna need some of you marks to not stop putting your bullshit in the people's head. Okay, this is this is it's, it was probably the same guy who was like, "Oh, Nakamura is happy. He gets to surf and everything." No, you fucking, dumb bitch. It's how like- old do you think Keith Lee is that he'd be like, "You know what? I want to go. I want to be named after my my hero, Bearcat from the '40s." I don't want to be limitless anymore. I want to be Bearcat. Like, oh my god, <laughs> could you imagine? Matt, Matt, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Could you imagine if you just took away my laptop and my internet and my Yeti and all everything else but set up my Xbox or PlayStation and you just left me back with my old 2014 setup and then somebody had the nerve to go, oh, he seemed to have a little bit of an attitude. Nope. Shit, I got a little attitude. <laughs> you, they took away everything that made Keith Lee Keith Lee. And people thought, it's the same thing with like, People were saying Bray Wyatt had an attitude. Yeah, when you constantly fuck his character over and drop his stock, he might be a little pissed off whenever you see him. It's only elementary. Like, what? You tell me one person who could have that much of what they worked for stripped away and not be a little on edge every once in a blue moon. Like, this holy is a guy, shit. This is a guy who... Uh got such a reaction at what well, I believe it was Survivor Series where he fought Brock Lesnar 
Yeah, it was the Rumble when he first uh, went up against Brock. Yeah, right, during and then that he Rumble almost match. stole the show. In fact, there was an interesting, I think, a picture I saw when he fist bumped Roman after Survivor Series. Yeah, so this and guy. And he went from that to Bearcat. Yeah, he had everything that he needed, and what they're doing is not explainable at all. Again, sometimes I feel like this company does things just to test people, which they need to stop doing. Like, it's almost like a hazing. Like, let me see how let, you let, take this bullshit. And then if you do, then front. you come out the other side okay. Let's just be upfront about it. They just like pissing people off because some of their fans, it's like the worst case of battered wife syndrome I've ever seen in my fucking life. No matter what they do, some of these fans just won't leave. So they just piss them off to see what they can do. Literally, the only way to explain it is is that they are, it's hazing to me, honestly, because of the fact that people who have come through the other side of it without complaining have gone on to be not just good, but great. If you look at Triple H who had to wrestle in pig slop because of the freaking the freaking curtain call in Madison Square Garden, the only person because Hall and Nash left the WCW after that and match. Michaels was champion, so they and Michaels was champion. So Everybody was bullet. bulletproof. You can't get rid of Hall and Nash because this was their their departure to go to the NWO. Shawn Michaels at that time not only was he the champion, but he's not somebody who was on the list of people you'd want to fuck with as far as anything with storylines go. Who had to absorb a Triple H And he did He fought in pig slop And everything And he became the game Eventually And that's the whole thing I feel like they yeah. haze you They want to see and, what you're willing but, to tolerate But the worst part about that is Though Triple H had to do something To get that hazing So it made sense These motherfuckers just exist And it's like Okay curtain call Bearcat It's like I said before With this company Stop touching shit Keith Lee was perfect At the end of his NXT run well, again, Leave without, like without having a, a view besides the curtain, all I'm saying, speculating again, kind of like we did with Nia being a bitch and The Rock knowing it, it could be a thing where he reacted negatively towards having to job out. And then they went, hmm. And then from that point, once they see you react to it, they're going to keep fucking with you. That's the reason why Don't Sell It works, even with management. Dewdrop herself said, Viper, as I know her, Piper Niven, as you know her in NXT, Dewdrop as you unfortunately know her now, didn't complain. She was like, I just go with anything. I I, I heard a shoot with her. Where she was like, I just go with anything. I don't give, I don't care. Like she said, I don't give a fuck, but she had that. I like, I don't really, I go whatever. They told me my name was Dewdrop and I was like, okay. She literally said that. She was like, oh, okay. All right. She just went with the punches and it's like, kind of like, that's what they look for. They want people who literally don't say shit. It's sad, but Dewdrop is the reason she's still here. The reason she got over and the reason even Marie didn't is because Dewdrop they said, hey, you're no longer Viper. You're no longer Piper. You're Drew Dewdrop. And what did she say? Dun, 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 They had her dance and jig. She did a little jig for them. That was it. God, no problem. I'm just blown away about this revolution that she got over. They got exactly what they wanted. They got children to go, who the fuck's Viper? Nobody. She's dead. Viper's dead. So, yeah. I, I see now what they were looking for is a bunch of yes men. Because somehow in their logic, a 340 pound man who can do a perfect fucking moonsault jobs. He could become part of, of uh, Shane Taylor's stable once they find a wrestling federation to go to. Oh my god, he fit in perfectly. He and Shane have history. so there yeah, you They go. were a tag team, that's why I said that. They were a tag team. <laughs> he actually tweeted out about that too. He tweeted something positive going in that direction. So Keith Lee, un- that's very unfortunate. This probably goes with their new uh, 
their new thing i don't know his age but he's definitely not in the younger side like they're looking for they want people who are who are not smart enough they want young impressionable people that they could treat like shit that don't know enough to stand up for themselves maybe so in other words they're game style <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can't even argue with that. I can't do it. I can't even argue with that. That's exactly that's a good metaphor. They're just like games. They want to find they want to find people that they could take advantage of and blame shit on even when it's not their fault. GameStop perfect. Oh, you didn't get enough pre orders, but that's not decided by anything with my performance. That's literally like a a thing that I can't that's control. There's not a fucking thing. My that store I is do. a FIFA and Call of Duty store. When fucking Tekken comes out, nobody gives a fuck. You're gonna you're gonna hire a fire me based on how many pre-orders I did. That's less fair than loot boxes. And there's loot boxes out there that have like a 0.21 chance of you getting the thing that you want. You have more of a fucking chance than being able to control who gets pre-orders, but it's your fault. WWE is the GameStop of the wrestling world. Maybe that's where my disdain comes from. I know this chick who's a, who's a GameStop bootlicker. 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 Don't worry, I won't name drop. I, I know everybody clenched I, there. I almost, I almost wish we had a third person on here just so we could extend the boo. But yeah, this guy got a really shit deal. I am sorry, Keith Lee, man. I am sorry they let you down. I'll look to see you down the line when you're limitless again. Talk about getting shitted on. They always say never meet your heroes because they'll break your heart. Imagine getting getting your dream job and it sucks. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm to the point where it's not like this isn't public information anymore. Why the fuck do people still want to come here? Like, holy shit. <laughs> I'd rather the, struggle on the indies with job security than be in this horseshit. The reason why it's a dream job, and this is just my opinion, but the reason why I think it's a dream job for a lot of people is the same reason why it's WWE is more successful than any other wrestling company. Because it's the one thing that's universally relatable that you can measure success through, through all ages and scales of life. And what I mean by this is that no matter whether you're into it or not, if you went to your mother or your father right now and you said, hey, I got chosen to play in the NBA, even if they don't watch basketball, they'd be like, oh, my boy is going to play in the NBA. You know, they tell they get on the phone with their other relatives. My boy is in the NBA now. You can see him on TV. That's the WWE clout. You know, it's almost like it's a point of validation for your career, not only just to you. But to those that don't know about wrestling, but at least know what the WWF slash WWE is, Keith Lee and Ember Moon and all these other people, they can go to their mothers or aunts or grandmothers, people who may not, may not know at all about wrestling, or maybe they were fans back in the day and they could go, I'm part of the WWE and people will go, wow. You know, like that's that's something it looks good on a resume as a personal thing, as an accomplishment. It is a milestone because it's a WWE. It's the same thing like if you're literally were able to say I got chosen in the first draft of the NBA. No one can ever take that away from you because it is a recognized symbol of sports entertainment to just steal something from WCW. Back when they used to say it or world class back when they used to say it or whoever it was might have been the AW, but one of the old companies used to open up with that. And that's essentially what it is. It's the symbolism of you being able to say that I am a former WWE superstar. And it's something that not many people, including people who don't know the business, will, will say, what's that? And most people go, oh, you know what I mean? It's a big deal. It's the difference between saying that I got to do the opening of Saturday Night Live to saying I got to do stand up at the local comedy club. Even if the local comedy club is awesome. 
if you tell people that you got to be the host of Saturday Night Live, you're a fucking made man. It doesn't matter who else was on the episode. It doesn't matter if the bits were good. It doesn't matter. You were, you hosted Saturday Night Live. You've made it. It is a rite of fucking passage. This is the reason why a lot of these wrestlers, it's their dream job. Because there have to be people in everyone's life who says, oh, you're not going to be able to do that. You know, like, you know, it's going to be tough. But it's kind of like you can 100% validate their argument if you say that you've become a WWE superstar. No disrespect to AEW, but if you say you become an AEW superstar, you then have to follow it up with an explanation. What's that? What's the company? <laughs> yeah, Where is it? It's on TNT. About. Tony Khan, who's that? Yeah, on TBS. TBS, yeah, that's the channel of the Turner. Yeah, where you used to have WCW. What's that? You see what I mean? Like, it's, it's not to the mainstream demographic it doesn't look as good and appearances are everything it doesn't look as good on a resume that being said that means that the problem here isn't what we're looking at but what we're not looking at the problem isn't that that's their dream job the problem is why that's their dream job it's the presentation and the perception in life i have learned that the way you present yourself and the way things are presented to you and the way people see you is the way things are If you go outside and you're a badass, then people are going to treat you like a badass. If you go outside and you're a punk ass, people are going to treat you like a punk. You go outside and you're a hot chick, unless you're butt ugly. Um, If you're a hot chick, then, you know, and you present yourself a certain way, guys are going to demand respect from you. This is in most cases, not in all, but in the various cases, it's going to go. Now, taking that over to WWE, the problem is that the perception, the public perception of them is still considered prestigious, regardless of what's happening internally. The only way to combat something like that is for somebody else to combat not their numbers, not their demographic, but their prestige is what you have to go after, Khan. How do you go after a company's prestige or their perception? That's not easy. The numbers are a small part of it. In the hood, we would call it making shit look official. You know what I'm saying? It's like at the end of the day, you need in a lot of ways to copy a lot of their shit. Just the stuff that makes people look at them like the NFL slash NBA slash MLB of wrestling. You don't want them to look at you like the fucking, uh, I don't even remember the name of it, the XFL. You don't want them to look at you like an XFL. <laughs> yeah. No disrespect to the XFL, but unfortunately, it's really hard. And the, and the thing that makes it the most challenging is in our society, in our culture, in American culture, I've never seen it done before. So now we're going into unproven territory here. Now this is the 10th Mortal Kombat tournament and Outworld has won the last nine. And we're just hoping that nobody gets fucking killed this time around. Because really... If you look at our culture, when's the last time that you could see something that used to be a big deal but isn't? It's always been the NBA where the big basketball players go. It's always been MLB. It's not like, well, when I was younger, it wasn't the MLB. It was some other shit, but now it's the MLB. If you go back far enough, yes, historically, there were things that existed before the major leagues and the major sports companies. But you have to go back so fucking far that it's almost not even worth going back at that point historically. You can't even fathom going back that far. So this isn't just about Tony Khan, whether or not he's good or how his booking is or all oh, these guys bump stupid or there's always this, this twinkle toes this, even with Cornette and all that shit. Like, I, I agree with certain things, but this is also this is measured by prestige. And sometimes prestige is immeasurable. It's sometimes there's an inattainable something that you need in order for people to see you the same way as something else. And that's hard. 
Nobody's ever done another NBA that people have taken as seriously as the other NBA or another MLB. It's just not in our nature, once something is established like that, to just go and adapt to some other shit. It just never has happened. If AEW becomes that, it'll be the first time. So I'm not even saying that what I'm proposing is possible. I'm saying that it's the only thing that'll make the wrestler's goal or endgame for the most part stop being that WWE badge. And that's if there was something else that when you attain to or aspire to it, that our our culture looks at it equivocal. Unfortunately, that's hard, even with the UFC. When people don't give a fuck when you main event Bellator, it doesn't mean anything. It's almost non-canon. I know it sucks because people who are hardcore MMA people say, oh, the best fights are happening there. You still have this or this person who, you know yeah, what I mean? But you're still seeing the ESPNs and the Foxes always talking about the UFC. When's the last time you heard people from Bellator get interviewed on ESPN and, stuff. Exactly. And that doesn't mean that there's not great fights on Bellator. I'm sure they are. But once you have that main company that's established, it's really hard to convince other people that anything else is a big deal. Back it's in the just, day, the only thing that was ever like that for USC was Pride. Yeah. And Pride disappeared in 2006. So it's been a while. So unfortunately, I think what it is for a lot of these wrestlers, not all, but a lot of them, is that that does give you a form of validation that you really can't get from anything else especially if all you grew up was watching it like at least we could say my generation who's a bit older than these guys can say no we always had options there were other wrestling companies i grew up in the ecw wcw wwf day just just removed from when you had the nwa world class and all the other federations and terms i'm just shy of that era if you look at keith lee and all the guys on this list these guys grew up in a world that was just wwe for a lot of them Maybe there was some insight on the indies, but not to the extent WWE was the was the goal, man. Even if at some point down the road it changes, it sucks that the goal wasn't the outcome. It's the same as if anyone else, their whole dream was to be in the NBA and now they're not going to make it for whatever reason or they have a bad leg or not going to be a coach. It's still cool, but fuck, you know what I mean? Being in the WWE used to mean something. And although it's lost its magic underneath to casual people, just like with the MMA and just like with everything else, they're not going to give a fuck who was in the NCAA. They're going to want to see those guys when they make it up to the NBA. They don't give a fuck who's in the college and NCAA. You know what I'm saying? So that's where these guys are, unfortunately. The only form of validation for a while is going to be if they do make it there. And AEW, I hate to say, and I don't want to segue too much, but they're not doing enough to try to even change that presentation. There needs to be, that company needs to stop acting like they're up and comers and start coming already. Like it just it doesn't present itself as much as it does. It also doesn't present itself as the company that you want to aspire to become. And I don't really have an exact formula of what you would need to make that happen. But uh, it's all about presentation. A lot of it is presentation. I personally, and I hate to get get cosmetic or aesthetic, but I would change the set. As good as AEW looks, it's almost too simplified for nowadays. I'm looking at the current WWE sets with their shiny marble floors and their LCD screens and their augmented reality, and it looks crazy, man. It's amazing. Whether you like it or not, it's fucking incredible that that shit is happening live with the way that everything looks around (laughs) them. It's like, what the hell? Like, how how do you guys? This is this is cool. You know, like I really can appreciate the production of WWE all the time. Their transition screens alone. Look like they cost more than some movies I've seen. Just this transition screen after somebody covers somebody and they will go back and run it again. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? What do you do? Who do you hire everybody for this? 
And I'm not saying you need to go to that extent, but I'm just saying when you look at AEW, it has a good old-fashioned look to it. It looks like WCW. It needs to look the way WCW would have looked if they won the war and not the way that they looked when they were fighting it. That's what I get. I feel like I'm watching Nitro back when they were in the Monday Night Wars. I've always wondered, what would it have looked like? What would the world have looked like if WCW won? Considering that it was crazy, they had the Nitro Girls, they had the Harley Davidsons and the Hells Angels coming out. We had all this crazy shit in Orlando and the spinning ring and the, the whole thing was a spectacle. What I if they won? No, but that was WWE who brought them in. And then after they fired that them, they, they just like WCW takes everything. Remember, they originally were with the oddities and then they turned heel on the oddities and then they got oh, released. Yeah, yeah. And then they they brought they thought they were real wrestlers after that. And WCW would take any sloppy second, so they <laughs> took them. You know, but when you look at all of those things, man, it's it, it's a crazy situation right now between these uh federations. And I always wondered what Nitro would look like in twenty twenty one or in twenty twenty, whatever year. I mean, I always wondered, man, they took the most of technology here with the augmented reality, with the LCD screens everywhere, with uh, you know all of these different things with the use of social media. What if we lived in a world where it would have been uh ted turner and eric bischoff it's not like eric bischoff was bad with technology or with promotion he's the one who brought over let's not forget and he's not giving enough credit for it he's the one who basically started bringing over from from the from ecw a lot of these guys um that were getting more recognition the lucha guys he's the one who made the cruiserweight scene the way that it was with Hoovy and all of the latin guys that was that was bischoff you know what I mean? People don't really give him enough credit for that. He's the one who saw that big stable, that 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 big stable angle happening in in all Japan, and uh, made that the NWO. What would have happened if they would have won? That's what I want to see from AEW. Not what a company used to look like that fought WWE, but what it would look like nowadays, presentation wise. There's a little bit too much of that shit in the past. Bruce it up a little. I'm not saying that's it. And again, I want to get back into the releases here. But this, uh, this is, again, goes into why these guys get so heartbroken. It's not just about the money. It's about that look. It's about that official WWE. It's about that jersey. You know what I mean? It's about that playoff, that, that, that fucking playoff ring. You know? Yeah. And then when you start seeing what's behind the curtain, it's like it's fucking depressing. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure that doesn't help them at all either. Anyway, moving Thank down you. this list. Because I feel like. No matter how much I consolidate this show, I work overtime because there's always people getting fired. Carrying Cross. There was immediate backstage rumors of him having heat. Don't know how true this is, but there's another guy where they're saying he had tweet. Heat, sorry. I was about to say he had tweet. But a fan tweeted out and said, wonder if Cross would give me the helmet. And he tweeted back, nobody wants that piece of shit, brother. Yo, I fucking lost it when I saw that. I was like, even he didn't like it. Here is another guy. I never saw what everyone else saw in him. But again, I I never saw Killer Cross in TNA. I was on a TNA diet during that. I know he was there with Scarlet, and I know Scarlet better than I know him. I never really watched too much Killer Cross. But when I saw him, he looks like a regular guy that sounds like a regular guy that has cool tattoos. She had more of a presence than him. But nonetheless, he was over and they did a good job with him and people gave enough of a fuck about him that they had something there. I don't even know what happened, to be honest with you. I wish I knew and I can't wait to hear how we went from that to, hey, put on this helmet. It's going to be a Festus story all over again. Where they just had a moment of clairvoyance or what they think is a moment of clairvoyance, but it's unfortunately not. It's a false alarm. And they went, hey, there it is. Go get that helmet over there. 
you know? <laughs> Just like they did with the Festus thing with poor freaking oh Gallows. It was like, hey, oh shit. Cool. They unfortunately WWE, the scary thing about them, and I don't know, this own not it's not like it's the only company that does it, but they seem to do it the most randomly, is they have moments of clairvoyance that are actually not that. You know? Oh my god, you've seen them all the time too, right? That are actually not that. And this was one of them where they went, hey, I know something's missing here. Aha! Gladiator <laughs> helmet. There. Perfect. Perfect. I knew it was now. And this is what happened. The fucking guy, what's he going to do? He can't say anything. Right. Now, as somebody who not only watched him in Impact, but also watched him in uh, the final season of Lucha Underground, Lucha Underground made him look like a badass. Impact made him look like a badass and a half. I don't know how WWE turned him into regular guy well lucha underground makes everybody look like a badass like look at that arrow star guy they had this guy arrow star that was apparently a badass in lucha underground he looked like he, he couldn't fucking wrestle for shit some in aw he he was fucking okay, terrible Aerostar was magic in lucha underground yeah but that's because they have editing this motherfucker was falling all over the place he, he fucked up samurai del sol's return match nearly dying the guy was uncoordinated and all fucked up you know the bad part is that that, that, that seems to almost be arrow stars thing now jump on something high and almost die he was mistiming spots he was a nightmare you could tell it's protect, yeah, protected yeah, his, by the, his, his days left him years ago. You could tell it's protected by the Lucha Underground bubble because when I saw this guy, I was like, "Who the fuck is this? This guy nearly—he nearly dies right away." <laughs> he was like, almost right away. It was like this guy landed like all fucked up right away. Like no, there wasn't even like a lead, and it was just kind of like he just died. You know what it is? It's funny when you say it now because I'm so used to it. I didn't notice it as much, and I thought about it. And I was like, "Wait a minute, he landed, bro." Several times, it was, yeah, like, a, it was like the bell went off, ding, 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 and it was just like, why did this guy throw his body at at everybody like that? Like <laughs> he just threw his whole fucking corpse across the ring, and he's still alive. See, what's so funny is when, whenever I look at Aerostar, I look at him the opposite. I look at him like a Phoenix or a Darby Allen, where they just know they're not gonna get hurt. I don't think Aerostar ever knows he's gonna die. He's not gonna get hurt. He's gonna die. Poor, you're gonna poor Tony Khan having fucking have a have a obituary for a motherfucker who <laughs> threw his, threw his corpse into the crowd. But anyway, <laughs> that's what made me realize that this Lucha Underground must have great editors because there's no way that somebody who just has no regard for their fucking existence is gonna not look crazy. And that guy was. Oh my God. I have to see if I have. I probably have the clip later. The fucking guy's crazy. But yeah, like with Impact, they made Killer Cross look great. Like I watched the whole Killer Cross run at Impact, so I don't know how WWE couldn't get it. But then again, they just like touching shit. Like why does this man have a gladiator helmet? Impact at no point was like, you know, what he needs helmet. And then they wanted to take Scarlett away and make her become a wrestler. Why? Right. What? The closest he ever was. To kill a cross was that first little bit we saw of him when he was in NXT. And then it was farther and farther away every second. Like when, when he first showed up in NXT, I used to accidentally call him Killer Cross all the time. By the time he was on Raw, I never got it wrong, not once. I knew this shit was doomed from the start. Yeah. One day a story's gonna come out where Miss Man was eavesdropping on Triple H's summit and overheard him say some shit. And the old man lost his marbles or some obscure shit and Vince took it to heart. I'm going to fuck your whole shit up. I'm kidding. Yeah, I saw somebody do a meme where it was fucking... We might even talk about it where it was Will Smith in the fucking house and a fresh pencil by layer, but it was Triple H's head cropped onto it. It was a different one. NXT on the wall. It was a different one that we talked about. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't that, though. But I did see the Triple H one this week. 
It's like, damn, that poor man. And he didn't look sad. He looked mad. Like, ah, oh, what's happening here? This is bullshit. Man. It's heartbreaking. Yo, somebody out there, I don't know who you are. Somebody out there needs needs to crop either the crying Michael Jordan or the crying Will Smith face on the Triple H. You could get pictures of Triple H crying. Oh, you could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course, the one. Love your pop. Yeah, the love your pop one. It's perfect. <laughs> I don't know how I forgot about that one. That shit will be like Jordan face. Have you ever seen a Michael Jordan face that goes around? <laughs> oh, my God. The Jordan. People still use that shit to this day. Yeah, when he cried at Kobe's funeral, I remember he was like, damn, y'all going to make another meme out of me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Yo, the internet is a horrible place, I swear to God. It really is. I feel the worst, even though the the, the girl doesn't uh, feel bad about it, like she's over it. I feel the worst for that girl who, who had that scene on reality TV where she's pointing at someone in a rage. Oh, and they, they do the fucking cat meme? And they make oh it with my a cat God, sitting at the cat. dinner table. Smudge. You, you, you know what? I found out that cat's name is Smudge. That is literally the most fucking... That, that's like right up there with Grumpy Cat. Yeah, Grumpy Cat passed. Yeah, oh, fucking Grumpy Cat. Oh, I forgot. God damn it. Yeah, I believe it was a girl, right? Yeah, yeah. Grumpy Cat was a female. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I know the one you're talking about. It's fucking awful. Yeah, yeah, it goes without saying that this means Scarlet is gone. You know, she's free to work in 30 days because she was under NXT contract. But so, I mean, you've probably already seen it took no time for shit to start popping off for her. Um, no, I actually haven't. I mean, I, I think I've seen them get like generic signings and shit, a few things and autograph plays. I haven't seen anybody get anything. Um, I heard, I saw her mention something on Twitter about something like magazine covers and stuff like that. She's, um, she's been asking on Twitter if she, uh, people think she's a star of OnlyFans. Like, I mean, I don't want to bury anybody here with this, but when I look through these stories, all of them, and this isn't every one of these I've covered, all of them put out some sort of a tweet where they're like, they're, they're making moves or they have magazine covers calling or they're doing photo shoots or whatever so yeah i saw her put something out and she asked should i do blink twice her exact tweet was blink twice if i <laughs> should do an only fans it was teasing but the point being i wait until i see something substantial yeah they all said that they got fired everybody said that shit going on to be honest naya was the only person someone who i would have expected the most ego from naya was the only person who reacted like she she suffered Everybody else has done what 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 a scarlet at all. Oh, blink twice for OnlyFans. I got photo shoots coming. Our magazines are calling me after everyone that's what you're gonna do. Nia's the only one who was like, This sucks, you know, I really like that job. Yeah. You know what I mean? To be honest with you, as much as people talk shit about, she's the only person who didn't go, who who knows where I'm going next or she blah was blah the blah. Most humble she everybody. just went, Fuck, you know, like I really like that job. I didn't expect to lose. I really have to think about what I'm gonna do next. You know? Everybody else is like, I had a game plan ready to go. Fuck this shit. So, yeah, I heard Scarlett. She has shit going on. Good for her. You know, when when she has it, I'll bring it up on screen. You know? But, uh, Eva Marie. trying to get us banned. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Eva Marie, um, yes. is another person who got launched away. Don't send her back. Please don't. Aw. Girl killed poor Piper Niven. <laughs> Piper was devastated. I didn't keep Piper's, uh, tweet. No, do drop with Devin there. Piper probably didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, no, but she was talking about how uh, how that was like, you know, how good she was and how cool she is and shit backstage and how, like, she really helped her and stuff. So uh, I've heard that about her a lot, you know. Her, she's really cool, so I'm not going to just continue to bury her because she obviously can't wrestle. She didn't even mean to. Uh, she wasn't even meant to wrestle, so why, am I, why do I give a fuck? You know, Bobby Heenan was a great manager. Paul Heyman's a great manager. I wouldn't be like, but he can't do a 450. You know, I, mean, I like Paul the, and 
Bobby <laughs> I liked Eva. She was like legit funny to me. You know, like she made me laugh. So, uh, and she's hot. You know, I'm not going to act like having hot women around isn't fantastic. If you've, if you've never been around hot women, you don't understand that just being around them is great. <laughs> it's it's like magical. It's like you're not going to turn around and tell me that when people buy a fish tank in their house, you go, well, what's the point of that shit? Oh, it's just like <laughs> people are just like, man, it's just nice. You know, sometimes I look up and I see the tank and there's all the fish, you know. Well, that's sort of what it is like being around hot women. It's just nice. Was it going to be something going to be like this sucks? So we have nice things. That's why. Because they wanted to have nice things on their wrestling show. And Eva Marie is a nice thing. Why bother to have good china when you could just eat off of paper plates? It's impractical when you think about it, right? Me, I'm a practical guy. So I don't have good china. I don't even like, I don't even keep most of my glass out. Half the time because I feel like it's a waste. The other half so that if I get mad at this fucking show and throw something, it's made out of paper. <laughs> it's pretty good. Go That's back. a shoot. If I took a picture right now, I'm drinking my soda out of a coffee cup. The generic kind that you would have coffee out of, I make sure to make things that so that it bounces instead of shatters. <laughs> but I digress. It's great to see the visual. You just launched a coffee cup across the room. It just poof. <laughs> but I digress. The, the point being that sometimes... Some people, not me, but I'm just saying, can understand a lot of like to just have nice things that are made out of fine china and glass and stuff just to be like, look at how cool this looks. You know, I, I'm going to have a really nice couch, but I'm going to keep the plastic on it so I can never enjoy how nice it is. But I always keep it fresh. This is the logic of our world. Having a hot girl in a storyline makes more sense than not having a hot girl in a storyline. Like I literally almost don't have as many arguments over not having her as I have for having her so long as she's not wrestling. So yeah, see, that's where it became a problem. Once she started wrestling, I was like, wait a minute, you know, she can't do this. But she Why really wasn't you wrestling. This? You know what I mean? She was just getting heat, you know, like she never really tried to have like a match match. Yeah, you're right. The only actual cup I use is the shaker for the G fuel. And even that's plastic. <laughs> Most I could do is crack. It'll sooner damage the wall. I'll break the TV, but my TV's to my right. So it's like, it's good that my TV's to my right because essentially, like the way it is in the the graphic is the way the TV is in relative to me. So you see how I'd have to like turn my right hand. Like, look at me with that. Literally, I never realized how accurate that is, but I I'm, I would be drinking with my <laughs> I would be drinking with my left hand, literally facing the screens just like that with the screen that Eva Marie is on to my right. In order for me to throw something at her face, I'd have to turn and then I'd be using my left hand, probably hitting the shit in front of me or I'd be using my right hand, but I wouldn't get the twist because I'm turned that way. You see what I mean? It's like there's no good way to break the screen with her face on. it. And the coffee cup is made out of fucking paper. So I'm just going to make a mess. Probably short out the screen first. It'd be so. It'd be such a process going through that shit. With my luck, with the way shit goes, when I'm pissed off, I'd miss the fucking TV entirely. I'd hit like above or below it somehow. I don't know how you pull it off, but I feel like you'd hit the picture behind you. I don't know what will have had to have happened. I feel like you'd have to be at like about to max out on like fucking far no, it'll, cry it'll be some shit physics thing save it'll be some shit physics thing it'll bounce off above the tv and then hit the lamping and then collide over by the thing behind me and then some of it'll the fucking soda would get me it'll be like some katamari damashi bullshit yeah anyway but yeah i don't mind having hot women like that around so i give me a pass I, I mean i give uh, eva a pass I was moving down the list, so I said Mia, because next up is Mia Yim. Now this one, I'm even more pissed about. Like, what? 
George is crazy. I would enjoy oh, seeing the liquid drip down her face. George, I'm going to need you to keep some of this shit to yourself, right? <laughs> like, damn, man. A family show at yeah. almost three in the morning. But yeah, a family don't be, show. yeah, don't be ridiculous, man. Like, for that, I would throw some calamine lotion at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Soda, this looks ridiculous. <laughs> that that looks like you got health issues. Let's be real. <laughs> you need to go to a doctor at that point. <laughs> but yeah, me and him. What the fuck? Mia Yim, Keith Lee's wife now, honey? Or, or they're uh, they're going to be married too. Okay, and that's another thing. They're, they're firing couples here. That's one thing. And even in regular businesses, most of the time, you never fire both a husband and a wife because of how that would affect their income. Like, that's just something to consider. It's an unspoken rule. This company just fires couples. They fire your kids if your kids work for you. Watch out, Dom. She got drafted really to good. SmackDown a year ago and drafted back to Raw this year and never used either time and then released. Like, this girl was fantastic in NXT. I'm still to this day surprised I never put the title on her. And then she comes up to SmackDown, doesn't do shit. Comes up to Raw, doesn't do shit. Then they release her. You had a girl who could have won any of those championships on multiple occasions. She could have been a top, she could have been one of the top girls. And you just, boof. What are they going to say? She had attitude problems too? Like, what? When I first really got to know Mia Yim, she was part of the Embassy, which uh, old ROH stable. It's an old ROH stable. The leader was Prince Nana. Um, he was the manager of the whole thing. One sec, sorry. Yeah, you got to know her long before I did. Yeah, so he was the manager of the whole thing. Um, members of the Embassy. When I watched was Donovan Dijak, or as you guys knew him, Donovan the Joke of Vic. We call him that motherfucker Dijak. Um, Alex Shelley was in the embassy at one point. Abyss was in the embassy. Um, who else? You know, I forgot Abyss was had a time in our league. Sean Davari was in it. Necro Butcher at one point. Rhino Rhino was in the embassy towards the very Wasn't end. Chomp of the in too? Uh, yes, Tommaso Chomp actually started Ring of Honor in the embassy. Claudio Castanoli was in it, aka Cesaro, Joey Ryan, Matt, uh, Matt Seidel, uh, R.D. Evans, and yes, Tommaso Ciampa was in it at the same time as Mia Yim. So uh, she was Princess Mia of the Embassy when I saw her. Yeah, and when I first saw her, uh, she was Jade of the Dollhouse, and then just became by herself when I'm going on to becoming a two-time knockout champion. She always wore um, club skirts slightly too short for her as princess mia and like with the top slightly too low for her it was just barely like she was completely sexed out sex object if you go back and watch rh just look up ring of honor princess mia and i'm sure photos will come up but yeah she was literally she was just like a eye candy at the time but yeah i remember her from back then during the uh during the embassy yeah, that girl was always fantastic. When when I first saw the dollhouse, she was the standout for me. Even though the whole group was started by Taryn Terrell, she was always the one that stuck out. So when I saw her break out on her own and get almost into success, it was awesome. And then when I saw her in the Minion Young Classic, I was like, oh shit, they got her too? <laughs> I never really thought the dollhouse was done that well. Um, it wasn't. That's why it didn't really last that long. They were able to get freaking what's her name's music, which is cool. Oh yeah, I can't. I keep forgetting the fucking girl's name. Oh, but yeah, they got her. They got her for um. They got her to do Dollhouse. 
Yeah. Well, that that song's always been there. They just used that song. They just got the rights to that song probably because of uh, Billy Gor- Corgan, you know. Um, But yeah, who else was in it? It was Marty Bell, who looks way yeah, better. It was when Marty she's Bell. She's, she's been better Aaron in everything. Carell, she's who been was the, there. the original leader. And then. EM, aka Jade. And then Awesome Kong took control of it and then it just disappeared. No, you're skipping apart because remember, they were feuding with Rebel. And Rebel oh, eventually, yeah. Rebel eventually winds up joining them too, and being part of the because she was originally part of the menagerie. It was her and and was it, it was Mike her, Knox? It was her, uh, Mike Knox, Crazy and Steve, them, and the freak who was Rob Terry. Right, and they were the circus act and stuff. That's what she started. Like she was trying to help Mike Knox get his whole circus shit back together or get the money together yeah. for the the thing. Like they were like a traveling act, and like they and from that she went to the dollhouse. Yeah, I forget because she she caught like the end iteration of the dollhouse. I almost forgot about her. And now she's Reba. <laughs> so Mia Yim is going with her husband. She put ninety days. Let's get to work. Booking inquiries. No interviews, please. And then she put out her email, which courage to you because you're gonna get a bunch of creepy guys that want to hug up in you like they did Becky Lynch during COVID. They probably get that now considering how much she does Twitch streaming and stuff. Yeah, that is true. All right. Damn, now that I think about it, of the whole best roommates ever group, Shayna's still the only one that's in WWE. Because both Jasmine Duke and Mia Yim are gone now. Mm-hmm. Shayna will be gone soon, too, which is a shame. She's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shayna's a badass and a half. She's fucking great. But, I mean, hey, that would be an upside, because at least when then she when she's back doing just YouTube and Twitch, you get to see funny Shayna. So, if you, for those who have never seen her do, like, comedy stuff and scare Dakota Kai, it's the funniest fucking thing. But yeah. And yeah, Chris, I'm just seeing your comment now. And yes, Naya was a plus size model, I believe. I believe that is accurate. I think she was, yeah. Next, we got B Fab, who just signed a new deal a week before getting released. We told you, Top Dollar. You jumped the gun too soon, Scooter. My wife has an interesting theory where they decided to upgrade BFAP from an NXT deal to a SmackDown deal just so that she would have a 90-day compete clause instead of the 30. Because they already had decided prior to that that they just wanted the three of them to be hit row, a trio that of guys. That wouldn't even be a shock. That, that, would they be, just that said, makes hey, perfect sense. We can make her lose some momentum. Let's just call them up as the four, and then maybe we can be like, oh, you know, we either thought about it and I decided, but since you have the new, new contract from a week ago, fuck, now it has to be 90 days instead of 60 so you can't get scooped up by AEW at the same time as a lot of this other talent, which might be doing a favor to AEW to make them space their shit out more. Good booking for them. WWE is better booking for AEW than they do for themselves. They're spacing out the talent for, for AEW to take. <laughs> Space out those debuts. Give the pop time to charge back up. Works out perfect. Keep going, guys. But we don't know the legalities of that. Would they have? Would they legit have this girl upgrade to a SmackDown contract to smokescreen her just so they could fuck her over that badly and be like, "Nah, ninety days." They you know probably. I, mean? I mean, they probably know that they could, which is probably why they did. Because let's be real, it's not like this company is not above doing petty dumb shit. Yeah, Stacey says also Keith Lee and Karrion Cross that maybe they called them up just so that they'd be able to release them and leave them hanging for ninety days instead of thirty. Hmm. They they they're they're petty enough to plan shit like that ahead of time. It is awfully suspicious how long they hung on to talent. And I've mentioned this on this show before, and no one really thought about it when I said it. But I told you guys that back in the day, Vince McMahon would pay people to not work. This is a fact. I've heard Cornette say it. He will pay you. And it's not something only Vince done. Other promoters will do it. They'll pay you to fucking stay home. 
because they don't want to use you, but they don't want your competition to have you. It's not unheard of back in the day for someone to get paid and be on a Vince McMahon payroll and their only job was to not be exposed. Is it so far to believe that we've come from that to, hey, let's just keep them in this little fucking, what is that, a garage or what, whatever the hell the thing is, the, the freaking uh, the center, whatever the fuck places that NXT that is, keep them in that little ring. And, and you know, we're, we're, we're getting them work, the we're, getting, we're getting some content out of them. And, uh, and we're keeping them to ourselves. Like, literally, if the mentality used to be, let's pay these motherfuckers so that they don't be here. Why would it be so hard to believe that the mentality could also be, let's just keep them in a mini fed so that we're using them. We're paying them. We're getting something out of it. And we're keeping them from the competition. The only hole in that plot is that you're giving them exposure. And then your NXT not becomes not only free developmental for you, it becomes free developmental for everyone. Because while you're running this developmental brand, people are scouting your talent. The problem is that a developmental brand is supposed to just be that. You can't have it both ways. OVW wasn't on national television. FCW wasn't on national television. Those are developmental brands. Therefore, you have a disadvantage when you put your developmental brand on television because everyone else from other companies can see and scout your talent. To be honest, I don't see how having NXT, whether it's good or bad, isn't a liability if you're WWE. You're letting everybody see your hand before the poker game. Like, if I was Tony Khan, I wouldn't even bother to make my own NXT. I would just sit and watch yours. You're going to have rotations every six fucking months and people who you don't want to keep, you're going to put them on 60 day contracts. I don't need to spend any money. I could just buy the fucking network. I'll buy Peacock. That'll be the money I invest as funny as it is. And I'll just watch your brand because it's not just your developmental brand. If everyone can see it, it's everyone's developmental brand. It's pickings for all of us. How is that ever going to work out for them? I think one day, honestly, they're going to realize this if they haven't already. And we're not just seeing the writing on the wall. They're going to kill the brand. I've never understood having a developmental brand that we can all see. Like, when's the last time you watched a UFC fight and you could go into, like, a 24-7 cam and watch one guy's entire training camp? All the techniques he's going to be using, all of the holes he's been practicing, all of the vulnerabilities and shit he's been working on, his training exercises. That's what they're giving you. If they have a fucking thing that you could see, anybody who's watching wrestling is just going to take from that brand. Isn't that what they did to Ring of Honor? Just watched some Ring of Honor and then took yeah, most of the guys and made NXT? So it's kind of weird to me. Because, yeah, I do believe that they would hire people to be part of this company just to hold on to them long enough to keep the competition down. And the, the fact that they have a, a, a network to do it and a ring to use is just an advantage, man. They've paid people to stay home. Way more obvious than this. During WrestleMania season, they buy out the other indie venues and keep them empty. Think about that. It used to be that during WrestleMania, people would always go to the local bingo halls and whatever local places there are nearby so that they're in the same town as Mania so people watch other shit. Now, WWE preemptively, they go into those places and they buy them all up to keep them empty. I've told you guys this before. They buy the places so that they have rights to them to just keep them fucking empty. Why is it so hard for people to believe that a company that would throw money at making people stay home and then buying venues that people can wrestle at while having people that they're paying to stay home and not using neither would do something like this. Is it that hard to believe? It's the easiest thing on the fucking planet to believe. Think about it. It's smart business, but really, at the end of the day, that shit is cold. You go to WrestleMania and you're having it in Miami, so you make sure that you buy every place in Miami where there could be wrestling and just hold those places down, and then you buy anyone who could be a wrestler and just hold them down. This is what they've been doing. The difference is they have a fucking... They have a, a tie-dye ring now. So what? 
and the first time I've seen this. It is possible that they color and shit. It is possible that they called her up just to dump her. It's highly likely, considering the stuff this company's done in the past. And yeah, you're right. Nia didn't take time off until that Charlotte thing happened. That Charlotte thing probably had something to do with it. Maybe Charlotte didn't want her there. That's just speculation. But yeah, BFAB, you know, I'm going to put it back on. I just have to say, I know we're running late, but that changes everything. I watched them on SmackDown and they even took her out of the vocal because it used to be her that goes hit row. Like it's just the guys now. Like she's completely gone from the vocals. of The, the whole vibe of it is it's like it's flat now. It doesn't work. It's dry. Yeah. See, so this is what I said before with Top Jolly. I was like, oh, everything's going to be cool. No, you clearly forget where the fuck you are. You're not bulletproof because your group's been on SmackDown less than a month and they've already taken all the spark from it. Yeah, and that's nothing got- against Top Dollar. That's nothing against Adonis. That's nothing against against um Swerve. But companies have very- had a presence in Hit Row. This company is a very weird culture. You got to be careful when you say stuff like, oh, they aren't going to change anything about us because then they might go, who's that again? Oh, yeah, we'll change something about you. Bye. Maybe we'll find out some stuff about her. Maybe we'll find out that it turns out that she had an attitude. <laughs> Everybody had an attitude. Writing it down. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go fuck it, right? Everybody had an attitude. Like it doesn't make sense. I'm looking to see if anything else uh, has come up. Oh, that that Jeet Rama guy reacted to his release, but I mean, I don't care. All right, I don't know who the fuck that guy is. He probably didn't make it out of the. He, he probably another one that didn't make it out of the performance center. Like, could you imagine if Dana White was just releasing people in the USC the way they fucking release people in WWE? Yeah, I believe Dana has, hasn't he? Dana's gone on fire sprees. I mean, but like, it's usually guys where they've either lost a lot of fights or they haven't fought in forever. Like, it's not like it's somebody like. Let me just like throw one out. Oh, he fought. He fought on um, this past weekend. Colby Covington, who fights at least a couple of times a year, and is like a top contender. It's always like somebody like we haven't seen this person fighting like three or four years. Like I'm pretty sure fucking Joanna is almost at that point with how inactive she's been. I watched that pay per view this week. By the way, good card for anybody you out there watching. Oh, really dude, great one. stuff. I was uh, watching some of. I was watching some of them actually when I was at work. But yeah, fantastic stuff. Congrats yeah. to fucking. Kamar Usman, who at this point I don't think anybody can beat the guy. The motherfucker said he was a problem from the get-go, and he has been a problem. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, Rose was fantastic. Apparently, I don't know if you heard, Rose wants to fight uh, that girl, Carla Esparza, the girl who beat her when they first created the flyweight division. She wants to fight her again. Well, I'm glad that that girl that Rose fought this time took it properly. She wasn't angry like last time when she got flash knocked out. Yeah. And then, of course, it was a split decision, too. So I guess she felt more of like she got to really finish what, but finish it. But yeah, fantastic stuff. And apparently she wants to fight Rose a third time. And I'm like, fuck it. They're one and one. Run it back. No, because <laughs> I looked at I, I went back and looked at it there. She didn't come close in score. So there's no point. Nah. But um, yeah, be fat, man. Damn. See, and she was, I think, besides Swerve, she was probably my favorite, too. Favorite yeah. of that whole group. And yeah, you're right. She George, had, she had not to change the subject again, but uh, but that first fight of the of the main card was completely nuts. They they oh nearly killed each other. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about some UFC cards. The fucking first fight of the main card could just be bananas. Yeah, no, they and went then you crazy. just and then you ride. And the best part about it is you ride the high for the whole pay per view. 
But yeah, hopefully oh. there's nothing else that they try to do with Hit Row here because this guy was so sure oh, they that it was going to be okay. You know, oh, they're not going to change anything about us. And hey, man, if you didn't know, now you know. Because oh, yeah, we it, knew. It's not over. Top Dollar is about to eat his wars again and again and again and again. I already know because I know how this company operates. Just remember, Keith Lee was limitless and then he was Bearcat. This is crazy how much shit we have on this program, man. I've never even... Anyway, Lindsay Dorado. It's a good thing we got that new format for the weeklies, right? <laughs> yeah, which is even shorter this week. Not that it'll matter because there's such a long format for the firings. Uh, Lindsay Dorado. And Grand Metal League. Might as well knock both of them out. You know what? Let's do Grand Metal League first, actually. Yeah, because, I mean, we Be- did talk, what, about a no, month because- or so ago, maybe, that he... um. No, because Lindsay Dorado, there's more, there's interesting shit with him. That's gonna take me okay. a little bit longer. But Grand Metallic tweeted, "Thank you, WWE Universe, for welcoming me with open arms during my stay in the company. Uh, thank you, Vince McMahon, for granting me my release. I will miss you, WWE Universe. Remember, the most important thing in life is to be happy. See you soon. The King of the Ropes, Mascara Dorada. And remember, he did request this release a few weeks ago. This is not a regular release. Yeah. This is him. He wanted to go. This one's more of like, okay, you want it, we'll give it to you. Yeah. We don't know about Lindsay. Maybe Lindsay wanted to go too. Maybe he's never officially said anything. Uh, but Lindsay did have this to say. Let me bring this up for you. Let me jump it ahead. Bye a little for bit. a little bit. I got a lot of things to do today. I love the hearts. Thank you very much, everybody. Y'all obviously see I'm in a good state of mind. I'm going to address some things real quick and then uh, bounce off because I got some things I got to do. You know, what's up? What's good? What's good? One love, everybody. One love. One love. Yes, sir. Let's go. Coming in. All right. So I'll just get it started real quick. I don't want to spend too much time. I want to spend time with the people that I need to be around. So first of all, y'all already know what's up. Your boy got released yesterday from WWE. It's all good. I I think if this would have happened a couple of years ago, I would have been destroyed. But honestly, I'm in a good state of mind. And for all my people who actually know me, they know how strong-minded I am. And I've seen this coming, not just recently, but a few years back. And all I can say is I did my best. I never mailed it in. I tried every day. I was there. I suggested things. I loved my job. I loved the people I worked with. I loved the crew who made me look like a superstar when I didn't feel like a superstar. Uh, never felt like a WWE superstar, but that's nobody's problem. That's nobody's fault. Um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I was given, that I made for myself. This was all a dream, guys. Like this isn't this isn't like a biggie recite song. I should never have been here, but I told myself the only person that matters, yo, this is where you belong. So in kindergarten or first grade, I told myself, I'm going to be in WWE. Mission accomplished. Was it what I wanted? It's not, it's not, not here or there. It don't matter anymore. It don't matter anymore. It's on to the next adventure. I will say, though, I, like I said, I try my very best to put out what I wanted to put out, given the circumstances that I was given. But at the end of the day... Like I said, mission accomplished. 
I do want to thank some people before I get off of here real quick. Some important people. <clears throat> also, too, I'll never knock on anything. Uh, people know I'm real. They know they know what's up. I got a lot of friends still in WWE that I know that's going to kill it. So keep watching. Okay, Keep watching all the products. You already know that I watch all wrestling anyway. I'm a master of the game, student, teacher of the game. Um, I just love it. I got a passion for it, and I will always have a passion for it. Anybody who knows me knows that if I'm passionate about something, I'm always going to pursue it till it's finished or until I'm dead because that's the only way I'm going to stop. So first of all, I want to thank all my boys, all my travel buddies, Reggie, Reginald. I want to thank my boys, uh, Ricochet, Cedric. I want to thank Shelton. Actually, I want to thank everybody, bro. I was cool with everybody. I loved everybody. Uh, everybody was mad cool. Usos, Roman, Biggie, All the New Day, Woods. Everybody was mad cool. Natty, TJ, uh, Nia, all the women. Got a chance to train with them, help train with them. Um, I had a good time. Never a bad time in WWE because, I, like I said, as soon as I made it, mission accomplished. I want to thank all of them. I want to thank um, my family for sure. I want to thank my girl, my wife. I want to thank my kids, Christian, Chase, Josephine, Aubrey, my wife, Joey. I want to thank my grandma. Lida Barbat, I want to thank my grandpa who passed. Without him, I wouldn't be here. Most importantly, I want to thank myself for believing in myself. The only motherfucker who believed in you. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at myself. And I'm telling myself, you fucking did it, dog. We did it, dog. Shit, we did it. I achieved my dream. I fucking did it. No one ever to take that away from me. Everybody else who got a dream, know that you could accomplish any fucking thing. Believe in yourself. That's the only person that's gonna help you get where you wanna go. So I wanna thank myself, the baddest motherfucker I know, the craziest motherfucker I know, willing to do everything and anything, jump off a cage, just to fucking make a name for himself. Put his family at first. I did. Ain't nobody can take that from me. I'm out. Hey, y'all see me soon though. That's wow, I didn't expect that to be as as powerful as it was, huh? Right. Well, damn it, good before. for you, sir. Yeah. He should have been a guy on the mic, not for nothing. Yeah, he talks so good. How come they didn't let this guy have the personality here? How cool would it have been to have a guy who wrestles as because good as Because they just did? wanted shiny luchadors to jump all over the place because that's all they want. But he could do all that. Plus, right. he could have that. You know what I mean? Like, how cool would that him be? And see, as, as well as he wrestles, plus the way he speaks, man. Damn. Him and Malik should have been tag team champions at least one time. At least once. Because as a trio, just that whole group was awesome. And they just, they turned them into just the point where it was like, oh, the Lucha House Party is here. Who's getting the pin? Like, what? The, it's just... Bat, it, it, I, you know, I almost I don't even want to say it baffles me anymore because at this point it doesn't. But it's just amazing to me, like how you can have people like that and just do nothing. George Ray's almost not considered a luchador in WWE. I mean, he's at a WWE point, legend. He's a main eventer in a lot of ways, even though he's not treated as it certainly now. But um, no, they just they, they just have that criteria. But 
that was cool, man. You could see how it's affecting these guys. Take note. I didn't watch. Lord knows I don't have the time. I didn't watch this before. But a lot of what he said is reflecting a lot of the things that I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Where you hear him from there, like the validation of the fact that he got to achieve his dream is almost verbatim what I was saying about the mentality of some of these guys. You know, and uh, you could just see that it, the, the effect that this has. And it's not yeah. good, you know. It generally because like they work so hard for this, and they put themselves like you said before, jumping off a cage literally just to make sure you can get yourself out there, and to have that just ripped away from you, yeah, that will do some serious damage. Yeah, like Eric Bishop but was quoted as saying, he was like, "Carrying cross, what the hell? To get that close and have the rug get pulled out from underneath you is emotionally really, really devastating because of the time and the commitment that goes into trying to make it to the big leagues." But again, going back to what I'm thinking when I saw. This is this is once they get out of the funk, the disappointment of being let go. It's just nothing but opportunity, man. Yeah, because say what you want about Karrion Cross, He was a guy. He worked his ass off for everything that they gave him. And they just. Whoop. I know George is actually the complete opposite. When Ray first came over, Vince wanted that mask back on. Yeah, because he did. The mask was off in WCW when he was in uh, the LWO, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a long period of time where Ray didn't have the mask. Anyway, yeah, Vince, uh, Vince wanted that back on. So, so the Lindsay Dorado one is kind of interesting because it sort of merges with another story that I've been ignoring because I didn't care. Um, so reports started coming out that Cody Silagi is his dad. Have you heard anything about this? Yeah, apparently, what has he been like bullying wrestlers or something? What's happening is he sabotaged MSK's face run. If you guys remember, there was a point where MSK uh, started booing them. Apparently, the reason why that happened is because Izzy's dad tends to control the crowd at NXT. And they kind of go with his influence. So if he doesn't like somebody and he tells them to boo they'll boo so he's been using that influence to get the crowd to have heat with people now this all spawns from a story that we covered a couple of years ago about four years ago where izzy had a match you guys may not even remember this. some of you may not even listen to the show but izzy had a match out of the minor and she took a choke slam and this was done safely, and it was like one of those fun things that was happening in indie wrestling at the time. But there were several people who spoke up that I read their tweets on here that were like, Izzy's too young to be bumping, and, you know, this shouldn't be done. MSK were some of those people. Aaron Solo was one of those people. And Lindsay Dorado was one of those people. So uh, we're hearing that this is literally why MSK's push fell flat was because this guy has been like in the ear of these people. And he, this is like a rumor that's been going on for a while that he's known to do this. For anyone that didn't see the match in question that I'm talking about, this was August 26th of 2018. I don't know if her bump spot is in here, but this is just a clip of the match Izzy was in. How old was she? Because he was like maybe 12. I don't even know how fucking old oh, she was. be something along, that, along those lines. Oh, 
When this happened, people were vocal. Lindsay tweeted, I will not support this at all, and I will leave it at that. As a parent and professional wrestler, I feel utterly embarrassed due to my quote-unquote peers' actions. Not okay. To all my friends who support the decision of a 12-year-old getting chokeslammed in a professional wrestling ring, that is your opinion. However, I do not agree and find that very disturbing. Ironically, and no one mentioned this, but when I went back and looked at this tweet myself, Underneath it was indie wrestler Adam Pierce putting a, a thing that was like, really? Like at Lindsay. <laughs> kind of like, lighten up. <sighs> so after the announcement happened of Lindsay getting uh, released, Izzy's dad tweeted in his comments, in Lindsay's t- comments, and he wished Lindsay well on his future endeavors. You know, basically like as a middle finger to him. So Lindsay tweets... And he says, don't worry, fam, I see you. And he says, and he says, soon, I'll be at Silver, Silver Spurs Arena today at four after my competition. Come down and talk. We going to talk or what? And then Chelsea Green tweets, no, he won't. He will bully you from afar like he has done for many years to many of us and taught his family to do. So then Lindsay tweets, he know where to find me. I bought a ticket for him and bought a parking pass. Fuel, and, and he says, fuel out of respect. My issue is the mail. No women or kids. So if you want to talk, I'll all see you at four. Ticket and parking pass paid for. That motherfucker bought you a parking pass. So here's the thing. Lindsay bought him a parking pass. And he said, let me look here at exactly what he said. To come to the Silver Spurs Arena for his competition. To clarify, the competition, I'm going to show you the competition that Lindsay was inviting him to. Yeah, I didn't even know Lindsay did this. So this is the competition. Let's bring this up full. That's Lindsay right there. Yeah, Lindsay does jujitsu. Lindsay apparently won this competition. That is correct. The whole fucking thing. It's pretty good. He, he was inviting Izzy's dad to this place. He paid his parking and everything because he was going to whip that ass. Yeah, motherfucker. He was going to whip that ass, my friend. He had had enough of his antics, and it was destination ass whipping for him. <laughs> Welcome, sir, to destination fuck. So it's great because I like the way Lindsay wasn't boastful. He just said, come to this location. I'm competing there. He didn't say, I'm doing jujitsu. He didn't say, I plan on winning this fucking thing before I go whip your ass. Because that's even scarier. Can you imagine that being your day? A list of things to do. Eggs, bread, milk, winning jujitsu competition. And then I'm whipping Izzy's dad's ass. It's not even the first ass I whipped. The first was for a trophy. This one's personal. On the same day. (laughs) First one for trophy. Second one for pleasure. Dude, I need Lindsay Dorado to be in something. Now. Like, not later. Now. How long is his compete clause? Because this is the Lindsay Dorado that I need. The one that did that promo about doing anything you want and achieving your dreams and, and fuck what anybody says. And the one that, that fucked this guy up in the competition and then bought a parking ticket to beat up some. So can fuck up some kids. Like, this is amazing. This is the fucking Lindsay that I need. I'm 100 percent. I'll buy the shirt. Like, like get this Lindsay going. The whoop ass. Get this going on pro wrestling. I need a Lindsay Dorado shirt because, yeah, man, I'm totally liking the vibe of this guy. He bought you a ticket to your funeral, essentially. Like, he wanted you to realize it, too. 
like he didn't want you to know he wanted you to realize like he wanted that was mind games right there like as you get there and you realize that you're now at a jujitsu place oh no if you would have come in you would have seen him whip ass he probably kicked that guy's ass extra just in case you were watching just in case you grew enough balls to show up here <laughs> so that when you realize what it is and you wouldn't even know it's Lindsay Dorado right away because you've never seen him without a mask that right, might that, that may or may not be the guy who wants to whip my ass you know, which one wants to kick my ass? It's the sc- <laughs> be the worst game of fuck. Oh, bitch. Ooh. This be is a real life. Ever seen that? Goose ever. Are you kidding me? Ever seen a horror movie? The thing. This is the real life one. It could be any yes. of you. It could be any of you. Which one's Lindsay? <laughs> but he, I love the fact that he, to me, that's, that's some serious shit right there. I bought him the ticket. He said, out of respect, no women or kids. See you at four. Ticket and parking pass paid for. That motherfucker said all you gotta do is get there. So then Lindsay tweets out later the video that I'm showing you, which I'm gonna bring that up one more time just because wow. Like look at this. Look at this guy. Joe Rogan would say it's some high level jujitsu right there. Look at this shit. That is exactly everything with him. <laughs> like look at that shit. Look at this shit. He threw him through the air. Yeah, I wanted to see. I really want to see Izzy's dad next. Like, I totally like it. I feel like we need to run another one, you know? Because you know what the bad part about it is? The guy he well, he beat was skilled. Imagine how much of an ass whooping it looks like when you know he don't know Jack Diddley and shit. Like, if I was a commentator or an analyst for this, I would be fired because I wouldn't be able to resist every time we talk about Lindsay's victories and who he's going up against next. I would be mentioning Izzy's dad. I'd be like, well, I'd like to see this person and that person. Izzy's dad could be interesting. Yeah. Yo, Mr. Izzy, where you at? Pimp? It'd be years from now. Still, still hoping we'll to see We'll give you a dad. bye to the finals. Get in here. So then he said, if you wanted to. So then with this video, Lindsay put, he said, I want to thank my family and fans for helping me push myself. I'd also love to thank me for always believing in myself. I had one goal today, and that was to win at all costs. Don't tap mentally. No, don't tap mentality. I didn't have to. Love, love myself and myself. Yeah, this guy is hardcore, man. He's not just talking shit. Like when he talks about, yeah, (laughs) he's hardcore. You know, like he's yeah. He didn't need to. The video mentions him. Like if you knew the story (laughs) before that and you watch what he posted, it's like, yep, he mentioned you. You, it's just not in the 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 actual words. You were mentioned all over the the video. So so getting back to the last thing he said, which he was like, you know, if you want to talk, see you at four. Izzy's dad then tweeted back, and uh. You know, that MMA shit didn't intimidate this guy at all because his response, the brave response that he gave was, Lindsay, no need to talk because I have truly already said too much. I am man enough to admit when I'm wrong. I sincerely apologize for my insensitive tweet on Thursday. Deleting the tweet is not enough. I owe you a direct apology. I also recognize and respect what you are dealing with professionally in this moment. I should have never made such a rude off the cuff remark again. I truly apologize for my actions. You are a talented wrestler. I know that you will continue to thrive in the pro wrestling business. I want you to know that with sincerity, I do wish you and your family all the best. Hashtag apology. And then the guy deleted his fucking account. <laughs> Lynn Winner. Lindsay. He's <laughs> fucking he didn't just delete the tweet. Yo, Bush, said, he deleted the account. Quest said the, the punk oozed out of him. Bro. <laughs> Sir, I see bitch in your eye. 
Yo, it sounded that fucking tweet sounded like when someone gets caught by the mob that they owe money to. Just the way he was like, look, man, I'm sorry. I apologize. I've been insensitive. This isn't even enough. I owe you more of an apology than this. I, I recognize you and I respect what you're dealing with, man. I've been rude and off the cuff. I'm really sorry. You're talented. I, mean, I need you to know that. I need you to know that you're going to continue to be the best, man. And I sincerely wish you the best. <laughs> he, that really? fucking guy. And then killed his account. <laughs> Yo, I've never seen somebody get dealt a blow like that. It's just great. That was one of the best fucking things ever. Because it's, it's so like, bad because I love Izzy. But man, yo, daddy to get it fate, together. Twitter account deleted fatality. <laughs> <laughs> yo, like, that's one of the best learning experiences ever because Lindsay didn't say anything. You're right about that tweet where he didn't mention him or not he would just thank his family and talk more about doing for himself it's kind of like he left enough breadcrumbs Behind to make you realize of him fucking some guy up yeah he left enough breadcrumbs for you to realize that if you follow his social media account you have proof that he's not a bullshitter like man this guy really does what he says he lives by a certain way and he did it like who the fuck would want to be in this guy's crosshairs because if he really is going to do all these other things what makes you think he's really not going to fucking kick your ass after this i believe him that other guy was trained that he beat and it was really fast. Dude, how long is this clip? This is a 14 fucking second clip and that other guy was trained. Can you imagine Izzy's dad? And the, and the worst part about it is, is you show up with your parking pass, he's going to take longer than 14 seconds on purpose. I've seen submission specialists drag ass whoopings out. Like <laughs> The only the only part of the story I question the validity of and I, and I think Lindsay might be exaggerating a little bit with is the fact that he paid for the ticket and the parking pass because I think that this place would have probably just offered it for him to give it to you because the people here yeah, all vip one so he yeah right because, up front though. because the people here all like lindsay clearly and they all like jujitsu which means that they can appreciate a good ass whipping you don't think that they come on they validate that parking for you because they know he's going to validate that ass whipping they were ready for that shit. they probably so kept this mad. place open i can't write that down <laughs> Maybe Fuck. you can validate that ass whipping right and validate maybe, that maybe ass whipping say, damn it yeah go with it validate that ass whipping we'll see if but, we can spend it we've done it before but yeah man i've it's so funny though that fucking tweet afterwards how nice he was i've seen hogan do that like when when it's somebody well he did that with steiner like when steiner was at the point where he was like now when i find him i'm gonna whip his ass then hogan was like look brother it was like everything fucking changed in that way like because he knows steiner would it was like oh my god there's, there's a thing called self-preservation, but I've never seen somebody delete their Twitter account altogether to do it. Yeah, he had, boy. That man said, I can apologize and delete my Twitter, or I can take this ass whooping. I think I'll sacrifice the Twitter. That would have been a great angle, man. Izzy wrestled at 14, and the only person who gets hurt is, as a result is her dad. <laughs> right. The bump probably hurt worse than that. Or the bump probably didn't hurt as bad. She was fine bump-wise. You, on the other hand, were <laughs> fucked over, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> like Lindsay kept that shit close to the chest. That was like his Batman Bruce Wayne shit. Nobody knew any of that. Everybody was all Lucha, Lucha. He'll fuck you up. And he knew it. He invited you to a tournament knowing he would win it, really. Because you're not gonna invite somebody to a tournament you're gonna lose. He would he's like, I need him to see me win this tournament. Because you when guys he sees he will know up. how badly he fucked up. You guys screwed up with Lindsay. I can't wait to see him go somewhere else and kill people. That's clearly what he does. And fucking Metal League's gonna be just fine because that guy, I mean, he got the nickname the King of the Road for a reason. 
Anywhere that Lindsay goes, if it's not someplace I already watched, they have my time. If he goes to Impact, I'll watch Impact because they get Lindsay. Right. You get Lindsay, you George, get me. You George, you better hope they get, they get Lindsay. I'm yeah, right there with her. I'll start watching Impact every week if they get fucking Lindsay Dorado. Because I, I want to see what Lindsay no does next. Name, I really want to see what Lindsay does next, man. Oh, my God. This list, man. WWE, you need to stop it, man. You really need to stop. Oh. Um, all right. Next person. See, they're trying to just make us outright just sacrifice the weeklies this week. That's what they're trying to do. Frankie Monet. How? Ty- Taya Valkyrie. How? How? Once again, another girl. Phenomenal when she was in Lucha Underground. One of their top girls. When she was in Impact, she was, at the time, longest reigning knockout champion. How? See George right there. She should be NXT Women's Champion right now. She's like 38, right? Somewhere in that range, yeah. Which, I mean, if they're going through that, if they're, if they're, going, if they're going to go with age, y'all need to tell Bill to fuck off. Because uh, that motherfucker's at least 800. But they're not talking about established stars. They're talking about building new talent. They want to build new talent younger than this established as a different story. You can stick around if you've made it. The problem so she's, is the tile was fucking established before she got here. So she's 38, I think. Which means around the time of a call-up, she'd be like going on 40, if not 40. But then we've seen people have them in NXT for two seconds and call them up. So they don't even have an excuse in that regard. Like the girl was fantastic right when she showed up. This is one of those ones where it's like, I feel like their own logic doesn't even hold weight with this one. Keep in mind, six out of 12 were anti-vaxxers. I don't know if she's one of them, but I'm just saying that we haven't been able to figure out six out of 12 of them at, at minimum. Yeah. And she's and she is 38 years old. She was born in 83, October of 83. George, at this point, her and fucking Johnny just need to go somewhere. I don't care where. <laughs> Playing devil's advocate, and I'm not saying I agree with the age factor, because I think that older women can still be beautiful and still doing amazing things in the ring. I think people like Serena Deeb are proof of that. But again, you have to be established. But to play devil's advocate, which is what we do here, right? Take the age 38 and find me something that will hire you, whether it be modeling, sports, anything. Find me a fucking campsite. Find me a porn site, like a mainstream porn site that would hire someone at 38. I mean, yeah, you'd have your your MILFs, I guess. But really, 38 years old, if you're aiming to do something, because most things in the business world will require you to be an intern first, right? Find me something that would take a 38-year-old intern. This is true. No, George, we covered earlier, at least six of these people were called anti-vaxxers that were public about it. We just don't know who. We don't know who. But if they're saying that they were vocal about it, that means that if we do our homework, we can take a look and determine based on tweets or I don't know how they're determining this. But the point being, and I'm not defending it, I'm just saying that in in our society, 38, for a female to have something that's based on performance or appearance, actor has to be established. Musician has to be established. They like musicians young. Model has to be established. It's one thing to be something already at that age and continue to be it. As you get older, it's much harder to start it, regardless of what the platform is. So I'm just saying that it's not a WWE thing. It's a societal thing. And if society suddenly said that 65-year-old women were in, and that's where all the money is, they'd hire all of the 65-year-old women. They'd reboot Golden Girls. they do all kinds of shit. Because they're just basically a reflection of our own pop culture. So in this particular case, I'm just saying 
if it's an age thing, all of the blame doesn't go on them for following the trend. Aside from the blame of them following the trend. 38 is over the hill nowadays. I don't agree with that. But again, I don't agree with a lot of shit that happens in society. Yeah, the people who make these one. decisions, like the people who make these decisions, if they were in the VIP room with someone like a Frankie Monet slash Tyre Valkyrie, they wouldn't know what the fuck to do with themselves. You know what I mean? None of it would be voluntary. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what the I mean. Motherfuckers would be backup pants and backup pants with the backup pants. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Here's reality that this girl was beyond established when she showed up. Everybody and their third cousin twice removed and the one across the pond nobody talks about who Taya Valkyrie was. How they just said, nah, it's... I don't even give them the credit of saying oh, they didn't think she was established or it was the age or anything like that because that's too smart for them. Like, if I have a girl like this on my roster, I'll let my kids go before I let her go. <laughs> like, Taya Valkyrie is a star to have and I love how when the news came out that she got released did you see what she put on her twitter i see that she put well that didn't go as planned first and foremost i would like to thank wwe for allowing me to live my dream even if it was cut short to say i'm disappointed would be an understatement i'm confused hurt sad and honestly mad i came there as one of the top luchadoras of our era and honestly leaving there a little bit broken I loved every day when I got to go to work, being around the greatest minds in the business, getting to train in the best pro wrestling training facility in the world and see my friends every day. I was completely enveloped in the industry. Thank you to Triple H, Shawn Michaels and the entire PC staff for welcoming me with open arms and allowing me to learn from you. I know who I am. I know what I've done and I know what I have more to give. This is just another swerve of my journey that I didn't expect. But to be honest, my life has always been filled with toast. I'm a fighter. I'm stubborn and I'm very, very good pro wrestler. Thank you to everyone that supported me through this chapter. And thank you to everyone that will continue to support me into the next one. Time to let La, La Huera Loca loose. Let's make magic. And then she followed up with a tweet that said, I'll say the hardest thing for me to process after being released is realizing the amount of people that lied to me. Some of y'all should be ashamed. Look at that. Viva La Huera Loca. Which for those who don't know is Spanish for crazy white chick. And again, um, she's someone who I think is fantastic. You know, but if they're looking to start a talent, having the talent at 40, 38, right around there is not common. We don't know if this is the reason. And and uh, we'll see, because stuff is going to start to come on, I suspect, sooner rather than later. I'm going to just need her to change that Instagram handle, please, because I'm tired of looking at Frankie Monet. I want to see the bad bitch Taya Valkyrie again. I think she already did what well, she did on Twitter, at least. Yeah, I don't know if she's gotten around to it on Instagram yet, but. Yeah, good Dino. luck to that girl, wherever she goes. Cause, I mean, yeah. that girl is going, not not even can be, that girl is going to be a star anywhere she goes. She could go back to Mexico and be a star tonight. Ring of Honor's Athena, a.k.a. Ember, Ember Moon. Who this one bothered me mainly because I follow her on social media. And, of course, we've talked about the thing with her weight in the past. That girl was getting back in shape and getting ready to come back. I feel like she's always getting ready to come back. Yeah, it's either injured or they're just not doing anything. Um, I, I feel like her whole career counting NXT, every time I have her in a story, it's either getting ready to come back <laughs> so or true. or now that she's back or getting ready to come back or now that she's back. It's never been stable for her. And I never thought she was going to work here. Like, 
I've always said that, that I've, I've never disliked her, but I've never been high on her. Even in, honestly, in Ring of Honor, I've just never, I've never been high on her. She's a, I like her better as a person than as a wrestler. She likes a lot of the same shit I do. Like, you know, she's a wonderful human being. I always see her playing a lot of cool games and having a lot of cool opinions on shit and being fun, but I don't think she fits the mold with the WWE stuff. And I kind of feel like they did. It's not like we could be like, how could they do this? They did try. Whether or not they yeah. agreed or we agree, I mean, they did everything they could. They put her in NXT. She had. Then they brought she got her back to be up. NXT champion. She got to have two bangers with Oscar. They brought her up to SmackDown. She did some things there. You know, and it was underwhelming. And then they brought her back down and let her have another gimmick and new music and tried her there, put her in a tag team. It's not like they weren't trying. I didn't really find any of it to work 100%. So, and that's just my opinion. Respectfully, I didn't find any of it to work. This doesn't surprise me. I feel this was long overdue. Maybe she can come back someday. But uh, it just wasn't working. So uh, she tweeted, Ember Moon, here we go. No matter what comes your way today, keep your chin up. I know I am. Jim Dunn, now back into Far Cry 6. Hell yeah, she plays Far Cry. And there is the tweet. Team Chorizo all day. No, and she knows to hashtag Far Cry. That's a good tweet. Well, she can buy a lot of... Uh, I'm not reading that. Now here's the real question. What Supreme Order does she use? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oni Larkin. Oni! Good old Oni, man. Damn, this is what he Rich Howard must be so happy. Today I have officially been released from my WWE contract. Uh, I had a great six years with WWE. I'm going to look back on that time very fondly. I met some great people. I had some great experiences. It was uh, definitely a cool chapter in life. Uh, going forward, though, I'm very excited for the future. I have a 90-day no-compete clause in my WWE contract, so that brings me to about the first week of February where I'll be able to work anywhere in the world. So uh, I'm very excited for the future. I just want to say thank you to all the WWE fans um, for sticking with me, and I hope going forward you'll continue to follow me and stick with me, and um, I'm very excited for the future. Biff rules. Biff rules. I love how he did that. So he's going back to Biff music? Yeah. Better than only Larkin. <laughs> so he's quoted as saying, I've been getting a lot of questions about why I have a 90-day no-compete clause rather than a 30-day no-compete. When I wrestled for 205 Live, the show used to travel around with SmackDown. So when I got called to 205 Live, I re-signed the contract to a main roster contract. So rather than have a 30-day no-compete clause that's in the NXT contract, my contract contained the 90-day no-compete clause. So I just wanted to clear that up for you. The only other part that I would like cleared up is, uh, did your 90-day non-complete clause come with a pay increase for being main roster, even though they were using you as an NXT talent, or was the only Probably new not. stipulation that you have the title? Yeah, I remember main he was on 205 Live, the show that has heavyweighted women on it now. Yeah. And remember, people used to not be in gold position. You're not going to pay when there's nobody in gold position. He was a good hand, man. He was a very good worker. Oh, that dude was great. But six years is too long to be in developmental. I mean, they kept fucking... Dawkins down there for seven. Well, Tyler was down there for like five. And and he's still not that good seven later. No disrespect to Dawkins, but he's not that good. Those seven years didn't do shit for him. Yeah, because they barely did much when him for seven years. And they brought him up for that little bit with the street pops, and then they were like, too small you go. So no more Oni Larkin. That's a shame, because that guy was... Some of my favorite 205 Live matches were with that guy. 
which that's an interesting phrase to have a favorite 205 live match, right? But nowadays it is. I, I forget that show exists. Oh, I forget that show exists now until I see YouTube clips and I'm like, why are there women's and Odyssey Jones here? Fucking, I, I guess Roderick Jones. Strong popped by there this past week. I was like, wait a minute. He's on the show. Oh, yeah, it's the Cruiserweight title. Yeah, I would never watch that. I give you credit for even tuning in. I would tune right back out. I, oh, I didn't tune in. I just happened to scroll past and my, my Facebook did that thing where it automatically plays the video. Next, we have Katrina Cortez. Who is this again? That is the girl with the mask, I believe. Oh, I see that, but yep, who is she? That's, she, I, I believe she competed in the last May Young Classic. And she's been on NXT a few times. Whatever they need to feed somebody to somebody. I think she was actually, I think she was Ty, um, Ty's first match in NXT. I barely remember her. Yeah, because she hardly ever shows up. She's the cannon fodder. Freaking like, she, she's, she's safer, sexy star. She's quoted as saying, at 18, I made the decision to travel to an unknown country without knowing English. I came here. Today, I receive an email telling me that my visa expires next month and I will have to sell everything that with much love and effort I have achieved. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, so this one sounds like it was more because of the visa, I guess. No, but then the, again, the visa happens. Visa no, no, no. It's the other way around. The visa happened because they released her. They oh, didn't release her because okay. of the visa. She's going through this because she's she's here on a work visa. If she got an email telling her that it expires next month, they basically deport her, essentially. So she was well, 18 years not- old when they recruited her. And she moved to the United States. I don't know how old she is now, but now she's being kicked back out of the country because of this. Maybe part of the reason they got rid of her is because the work visa must cost them something. I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on, man. Nobody does. Other people on this talking about wrestling. Yeah, other people on this list are Harry Smith, Davy Boy Junior. They brought him back. They brought him back. He did a backstage SmackDown promo about how good it felt to be back. That I didn't feel like running on here since he didn't have a match that night or was even on the main show. It was just on YouTube, and then they released him. Uh, Jesse Camilla. Who was that again? More Kane and Father. That's not the one that's uh. What's the name of the chick that's with uh Indy? That's not her, right? No, no, I'll tell you the truth. I don't even know what that girl's name is. Because I like them. They're awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're nice. Jeet Rama is gone. He was probably one of those guys where it was like, it's a Saudi show, we're signing them, and they released him. No, he had a match on this week's NXT. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Trey Baxter, who they released him and they kept his wife, right? Who was her, what was her name again? The one that he's making out with backstage that everybody's all giggly about? Oh shit! I forgot the bitch's name, but all I know is I heard somebody was like they recycled Liv Morgan's NXT gimmick and gave it to her. Yeah, whatever. And Zayda Ramirez, don't remember her. Yeah, that might be the girl either. who actually went over uh, Taya Valkyrie in a match once, right? Could be her. I don't know. No, actually, because that was Trey Baxter's girl. I don't know, man. And <laughs> NXT, there's so many people I don't even know there now. It's like. Ugh. Office employees Laura Petruselli, WWE's vice president of branding. They worked directly with their CBO. Uh, she had a she managed a 13 million an, annual budget for the last nine years. John Stamatis, who was the SVP of global marketing and sales strategy for the last four years. After that, before that, he was the, in the marketing departments for the NBA, Pepsi, and a bunch of other companies for the last 30 years. Got rid of him. Laura Todd, who was the vice president of partnership marketing since October of 2007. 
for the last 14 years. Before that, she was with Sports Illustrated. Got rid of her. Mike Giacco, who uh, I don't know what he did from a corporate thing, but they have him down here as winning the 24-7 championship in 2019 uh, before losing it to our truth. But I guess he was an office guy. There must have been a bit there where an office guy had that happen. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? You don't really give a fuck about the office people, right? <laughs> I was sitting there trying to remember, like, who is who. I was still more perplexed. I was like, wait a minute, our office guy won the 24-7 title, too? But then again, after tonight, I'm not even surprised. But it's like, uh, I... Now, what, now, what's interesting, and this part of the story came from me. There's a Twitter account that popped up out of nowhere. I found it interesting. I followed it as my account, at Rick Daraman. So if you guys want to look through my followers, feel free. Also, drop a follow while you're there. But that being said... This part of it is just from my own research. There was a Twitter account that emerged that I just came across randomly November 2nd. And that account, way ahead of the release launch, put out a tweet listing a lot of the people we just spoke about already saying that WWE was in discussion about releasing these guys, but that they weren't sure when and they weren't sure how, but that it was going to come in waves. And that to be clear, this isn't a prediction, but this is just talk that's been going on come to find a few days later that a lot of the names on the list were accurate i mentioned this in the beginning of the story but a lot of the names that they were talking about that haven't been cut or at least we could say haven't been cut yet were once again drake maverick dana brooke jackson Riker, drew gulak tegan knox shane thorne timothy thatcher danny birch caden carter may yang boa guru raj and Sarav. So that's still possible that that can happen. Keep in mind that this account also had Taya Valkyrie on the list. And now everybody was trolling the account saying, oh, they're not going to release Taya. It had quite a few names on there that we've now gone over since. And you can look at the date and you can see that it was well ahead of time. So the list we're looking at could be the next wave. They said that virtually all of the veterans that aren't being used on WWE and NXT were all discussed about being cut. So anyone who's a veteran who has not been on TV recently that has also not been listed by me also might be on the chopping block. This is not limited to what we have on the list. And this is not over yet. So that is some information for you right there. And like I said before, that's what takes me so long with these damn shows. The information gets larger and larger. Um, Adam Cole found out he had this to say. What would be a message you would give to that Ring of Honor roster? What message would you give to those, you know, current releases in the WWE if given the chance? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, first of all, it always breaks my heart uh, to hear stuff, whether it be like, again, a, a company like, like Ring of Honor, which I love dearly. Um, going on hiatus for a little while. I hope they come back strong. I hope they have the chance to. And then, like you said, with the uh, with the releases, but pretty much to everybody who is in that boat right now where they're not too sure what they're going to do going forward, I'm sure there's a lot of stress uh, going through their mind. But I want to remind everybody that there's a reason that they got to where they did. Um, Ring of Honor is an incredible company. Uh, and, and the people who were in WWE who got who got let go. Um, again, your talent, it spoke for itself. Uh, there's a reason you were able to advance so far within the industry and get so far because a lot of people saw a lot of talent in you. 
And, and a lot of people still do see a lot of talent in you. So no matter how long it takes, uh, again, if, if these people continue to have patience right, and continue to show the world how good they are, uh, trust me when I tell you it's going to work out. It, I, I know it can be a really scary time and a really scary feeling when stuff like that happens, uh, and I'm sure it is, so I'm not trying to discredit or, or say at all that it's not something that they would be stressed about because, of course, they would. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't, I don't want them to ever forget how freaking good they are because they are. Each and every one of them are, are insanely talented. So I, I wish them nothing but the best, and I have full confidence that no matter where it is, um, they're going to make an impact in, in pro wrestling for years to come if they choose to. Well said, baby. Hey. Hey. Dax Harwood tweeted, and he said, I wish WCW would have won independent contractors. What a thing. (laughs) Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, Bray Wyatt tweeted out, and he said, what do we do now? We wait for the right place. We wait for the right time. Then we turn Rome to ashes, groveling in the muck of avarice. I believe in you too. Mick Foley tweeted, and he said, baffling. It's never pleasant to hear that people have been released from their contracts in WWE. But some of yesterday's releases are downright baffling. I believe there's a silver lining in that there has never been a better time to be a wrestler. With so many different opportunities out there. In the case of Karrion Cross, it does not take a genius to see that he will be reunited with Scarlett and instantly become one of the hottest duels in the business. Ultimately, WWE is supposed to make the people they hire more interesting, not less. But does anyone think Keith Bearcat Lee was more interesting than Keith Lee we saw in NXT or on the independent scene for that matter? I thought Mia Yim was a better developed and more effective character as Jade in TNA than she was in NXT or WWE. Who exactly looked at Ty Valkyrie and thought she needed a name change or a dramatic shift in character either? Anyways, I'm really wishing the very best for everyone who suddenly, and in many cases surprisingly, found themselves out of work yesterday. Some things just don't make sense. I love how Mick Foley just openly just buries their dumb shit now. And that is from hardcore legend Mick Foley. They can't like that comes out of somebody's like that fucking mouth, man. I don't, uh, I wish I could understand how this is happening because it's so crazy. You know what I mean? Like the fact that Mick Foley had to say that shit. I never thought in my life I'd live to see the day that this is where we are. You know what I mean? Like, this is the most crazy. It's sad, but this is the most fascinating time I've ever seen in wrestling in my life where I really can't get a read on what the fuck's going on. Like, there's something weird going on here. But, man, this is like people even in the business don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, it's never been this way before. I can't wait. People in the business have never been subjected to this level of dumb shit. Yeah, I can't wait to find out what the truth is here. Because I know for a fact... Especially because I'm able to see through a lot of bullshit. I'm going to be the first one to start seeing the pieces of this puzzle. Like, we're going to all get the pieces at the same time. But I just think I'm going to start to see what the image is while there's still holes in it. Because there's something here. Tony Khan, he spoke to PW Torch. And he said, every time they cut 20 people, let's just say it's terrible. Because every time someone loses a job. It's affecting them and the people around them. Some of these people might have wanted to leave, but in general, most probably did not. It's terrible when anyone loses their work, and I feel for them. Each and every one counts. I'm going to take a ballpark number, and I'm not trying to make light of everything, but everyone counts, and this is probably not the exact number, but every time they let, let's say, in the ballpark of 20 people go, I think that there have been in general one, two, or three people in there that I'm interested in and snatch up. They keep doing these mass layoffs, and each time I find a few people, and the company gets a little stronger and stronger. 
I do see a few in this wave. I don't want to say who or when I would be interested in them, but there are a few interesting people they let go. And same goes with the last wave and the wave before that and before that. Each wave, there are a few interesting ones, and this was no exception. So, uh, Tony Khan has his eyes open. He's using that free developmental. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is, he's the only one that's mentioned. He's got his eyes open. There's a lot of other places, too, that can see those same releases and think, hmm. That one looks fun. That one could be nice. I could do a lot with that one. We're going to see some interesting shit going forward. Like now. I'm going to see some fun shit. Now we're in an unknown timeline, you could say. <laughs> you know, like now, now it's going to get crazy. Oh, I can't wait. I have a surprise for you, though. There. Get this adjusted. You can hear them already, right? Oh, my God. We're going to end this segment on somebody who you probably don't normally like to hear from, but I think it's a voice that's very necessary. Now, I highly recommend you listen to the whole thing, but as always, we don't have that kind of time here. So I'm going to click around. I'm going to listen to little snippets here. of Just certain things I want you guys to hear from Vince Russo talking about the current WWE. Yo, that is a name. In my head, I was like, okay, that must have been Cornette, and I just thought it was Russo. And I know a lot of you guys don't like listening to Russo. Please don't whine in the chat. This is hard for all of us. Right. Okay. You forget, we don't play all the dumb shit he usually says. So. But listen to this, and then we can talk about this. You are independent contractors, and at any day they can release you. So while you're there and you're on TV, Karrion Cross has to say, Lord Humongous sucks. Yes. Keith Lee has to say what you're you, what these this sucks. You, yeah. They have to say it, bro. They have to say it because eventually what's going to happen anyway, Chris? Exactly what happened today. Right. Whether it's six months down the road, a year down the road, because everybody's so afraid of being fired. Bro, yeah. there is no fired. Right. You're independent. Contract. There's no fired. Yeah. That's but true. Chris, here's the second thing now from the WWE side in a business perspective, bro, how much time and money and resources were wasted on the Keith Lees and the Carrion Cross? How much time and money? Like, you mean to tell me it took you, I, Nia Jax has been there, however, it took you that long? To figure out, like, all the money for Cross to go through NXT and Keith Lee and Amber Moon and all these people, all that money, it took you that long to realize this person's not going to draw money for us? Wow, bro, if you yeah. really sat down and figured out the cost of, of, of what they spend trying to turn these individuals into WWE, the, the, the amount would be astronomical. And there's more. We're going to jump a little bit ahead because he makes a few more. This is exactly what you're saying. And you are dead on. Here's a mentality. 90, 90% of that roster and maybe more. They're independent contractors, but yet they're putting their futures and their livelihood in the hands of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. No, bro, that future and livelihood should be in your hand. Correct. You're an independent contractor. Correct. It should be in your hand. You're putting everything in their basket and in him. Here's the promo. You're saying exactly this. No, it's, it's, 
I, I know I can't curse, but it's ASS backwards. Yeah. You got to put that in your own hand. Yes. Like, look at you, Chris. You you right now could be working at the WWE, and they could be screaming in your headset. You can, we hear Mike, Michael Cole talks about it to this day. Yeah, yeah. But what are you doing? You're here doing your own thing. You're yeah. your own boy. I want to do this with Sports Keto. I want to do this over here. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. You're in control. Bro, if you work for that company and you, you're you not in control, you are screwed. Yes. So he makes a lot of points, you know? Look at you, Vince. Over there making sense of shit. I see you. He's I see right, you. man. He's totally right. Well, everything he said about the way this company does things. You're an independent contractor. There's no stability here. Make your mark. I don't necessarily agree with the part about speaking up because a lot of these stories we've gone through, we're hearing that the people were vocal and they were pissed. I heard that Bray Wyatt, he didn't want to be the burnt fiend because the suit was too heavy. Yeah, you don't want all that weighing you down because you, you get tired easier. Matches are hard to deal with. Like It's just it's a, a perfectly logical reason to not want to do it. But the fact that he said something that you immediately like, no, I had two problems. Me. Yeah, well... It's just unfortunate that this is the way that this is being handled. And yeah, I'm glad that Tony Khan's willing to grab talent because he just may need to, man. You know, he may. I, I'm just worried about where all this talent is going to go. You know, like it's all flocking to one area that's going to become oversaturated. I feel really bad for the people that I didn't give a fuck about originally, like the Marco stunts and the Sunny kisses out there that are never going to get pushed now. You got the whole wrestling universe here. You're not going to have Sunny fucking kiss on Dynamite. <laughs> they would have to have a stable with like 12 people and for you to be the 13th. I feel bad saying it, but that's the truth, man. That's just, it's not even against Sonny Kiss. It's just that there's so much talent now. Just to use that person as an example. Yeah, even the way like they do sometimes rotate people out, even then, it'd be a while before we see a Sonny Kiss again at this point. Yeah, so that is it, folks. That is the discussion on the releases here. That is uh, the big issue that has happened this, um, this, this week, which we will keep you updated on and any more releases that do come. Now, uh, the next thing, which is a bit more of a serious situation, um, it was reported over the past week that John Moxley entered an inpatient alcohol rehab program. And Tony Khan, I actually saw this on my spare time just scrolling my phone. Tony Khan released a tweet where he said, John Moxley has allowed me to share with you that he is entering an inpatient alcohol treatment program. John is a beloved member of the AEW family. We all stand with him and Renee and all of his family and friends as he shifts his focus to recovery. John is making a very brave choice to get help, and we're embracing his choice and supporting him however we can. I'm proud to call John a friend, and like many of you, I'm also a fan of Mox and look forward to a time in the future when he is eventually ready to return to the ring. Until then, thank you for supporting John and respecting his privacy at this time. If you or a loved one need help, please reach out to Sam Samus Samsha's National Helpline, 1-800-662-HELP-4357. Uh, Tony Khan was on Wrestling Observer, where he spoke a little bit about that. He mentioned it briefly. Let me just uh, cue that up here and get it to the spot for you guys so Very you happy can hear it. Uh, good circumstances. Uh, really, it's a good thing that John is doing, and it's a brave thing, and we're all here to support him. Now, when did he approach you with all of this, and was it was it yesterday, shortly before everybody else heard about it? It was just in the past couple of days, yeah, from talking to him and Renee. Uh, you know, Renee's been talking to him, and, and Renee uh, spoke to us and 
said that, you know, they, they both thought this was the best way to go. And, uh, from talking to both of them, we completely agree. And I just think, uh, you know, it's, it's some things are more important than wrestling. And in this case, as a wrestling company, the most important thing we can do is support John and his recovery. So that's Tony Khan's take on it. Um, Renee, his wife, tweeted out, thanks for this outpouring of support. John is every bit of the badass we all know him to be. I couldn't be more proud of him for getting the proper help he needs and being given the space to put his health first. Couldn't possibly love this man more. Miro's taking Moxley's place in the tournament. This changed, obviously, booking plans, storyline plans, and different things that were going to happen. Also, Renee is leaving Las Vegas because she also tweeted. Let me bring this up here on our image screen where do we got it here there we go okay so she tweeted this out or instagrammed it out and said uh we're leaving las vegas uh goodbye sweet sin city you've been great to me and my family for the past six years we got married here had our baby here got our fur babies here made lifelong friends had feasts wrote books hosted parties scorched in the heat but it's time for us to pack up and move into the next chapter ohio here we come and special shout out to my dad for being an absolute warrior and helping me and baby nora and the big dumb dog get out the door see you soon buckeye state does this mean it's okay for me to jump on the bengal's bandwagon whatever the hell that means it must be an ohio joke i don't know because i live in civilization it's uh their football team i believe yeah i'm kidding by the way i don't want to get ohio heat you know, I don't want all don't six do of you to come after me. I mean, you know Moxie will be number seven, so. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's a problem a little It'll be bit. be great to his ass come around but that damn, corner. damn, he's going back. Damn, it'll be rough to leave. Like, huh? Well, bye, Vegas. Probably be quieter. I've always heard that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, which I always assumed would also include me. <laughs> I went, if I went out there. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> you know? People are like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So I can imagine. I don't see myself coming back. I get lost in a sea of everything. I'd get lost in a sea of sin. Well, George, I know why they want to live in Vegas. I don't know about Vargas, but I know they'd want to live in Vegas. But I'm guessing that if he, I don't know if it's related or if it's a correlation, but if he's been into an inpatient for alcohol, then it's a possibility that maybe Vegas is not the place to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you want to get clean, then stay clean. Getting out of Vegas is a good first step. But I wonder, when you go into inpatient, does this mean officially you are now an alcoholic? Or is it just that you need time off from drinking? Are there cases where people just need a time off from drinking because they were drinking too much and they'll go in inpatient, come out, and then they can go back to being a casual drinker? Or is it you were drinking, you're an alcoholic, now there's no, there's no line, there's no moderation, you're just like, you know what I mean? I'm that's wondering the question. I'm wondering in this case and also in most cases, because that's the thing. I've never really heard of situations where someone's gotten to the point where they're drinking and now they're an inpatient. And uh, when they come out, they could still have a couple because in a sense, being in an inpatient, the caveat says once an addict, always an addict. Because in a sense, being in an inpatient thing, you're sort of admitting that you have a problem. But do, are you admitting that you have an addiction? Having an addiction, having a problem are two different things. So I guess the question we should be asking is, do people go into inpatient programs for having problems, not just addictions? Because you can have a drinking, I'm wondering, I'm not saying because I don't know. Can you have a drinking problem, but not be an alcoholic? That's a good question. 
Oh, I don't. I didn't see him on the Cody Rhodes show when he looked drunk and hung over. But I remember years ago here when we did a Hall of Fame special and he was on the red carpet. We talked about how how drunk he seemed there. But that doesn't mean getting wasted doesn't necessarily mean. I guess again, I'm not stating. I am asking if there are cases where someone can go away to an inpatient because they have a drinking problem, not fully a drinking addiction, and they're trying to just balance themselves out. They're not going to quit drinking forever. Or is this a case? where it's always that you drink, quit drinking forever. And in Mox's case, if the two choices exist, which is he? Is he an alcoholic um, or is he someone who needs help? It depends on who you ask. I guess that's the best answer I could hope for. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because there are people who are probably stern one way or stern the other. The other thing about it, nah, bro, people weren't just labeling him as a drinker. You don't just he, get labeled as He that. was drinking. I could see that he was drinking. Oh, I see what you're saying, that because he drank, but he did drink a lot, I'm not going to lie. But Renee, too, to my knowledge, whenever I've seen Renee, isn't one of her podcasts named after drinking? It's something with drinks. Oh, shit. I know there's oral sessions, but I can't remember if there was another one. Oh, no, oral sessions was one. I forget what the one would. Maybe I'm thinking of some of but I feel like I've gotten impressions from her. Not that she's a drunk or anything, but just that she likes wine or that drinking is a casual part of their world. Which is nothing wrong. And then she likes to party. Right, which is nothing wrong with. Again, this is me judging. But what I'm saying is, what I'm getting at is, if he is somebody who now has a drinking problem, Moxley, yeah, she drinks wine, he drinks whiskey. If she, he is someone who has an actual drinking problem where he's an alcoholic, it's going to sort of have an effect on them. You know what I mean? As a couple, didn't mean to yeah. make that that Actually, bad. It could have a drastic effect. Because you're living with someone with an addiction, I guess if they're not drinking, you're not drinking. It goes back to Pulp Fiction when, uh, when uh, Samuel L. Jackson's in the room with the guy with the big kahuna burger and he says, you know, I never get to have a burger because my girlfriend is a vegetarian. Which pretty much makes me a vegetarian. This you know? is a tasty burger. <laughs> it's one of those scenes, you know what I mean? Where it's kind of like you got to say, is, and it's, and again, I'm tr- looking at it from an outside perspective and I'm being careful and trying to be respectful. I'm just saying it has to suck if you're with someone. And like, let's just say, because we don't know a situation that he's a, uh, he can't drink anymore because he's an alcoholic and that's it. It must be hard because you probably can't keep the shit in the house. Again, only speculating if it is that extreme. You have to change your lifestyle in order to support the person who you're with that has this addiction. Which it's it's a it's hard. Uh, let me see what George is saying. I don't think that he has a problem. I think it's for media or he wants time away for a bit to be a dad because Renee said so. He needs to be a dad. He needs to spend time. And I don't think there anymore. I don't think I don't I don't work there anymore. And you work at AW better leave for a little bit. Um, he it, took time to be a dad. All right, nobody's making that shit up just to go away. It's funny that you mentioned that because um, I saw a thing when I was just scrolling through news stories. Um, Ethan Page actually mentioned a thing where after uh, the coffin match with Darby Allen, he I guess he felt kind of uncomfortable about it. And Tony just said, take a week off, spend time with your family, enjoy yourself. If he wanted to go away to be a dad, yeah, he could he just tell Tony, it. hey. I want to go be with my kid for a little while. Yeah, they they That's they, they did what Adam Page left. That's exactly why Adam Page left. And again, Cabigan saying the problem is not one drink. The problem is not being able to stop. But that's the point. That is the alcohol problem. Is he an alcoholic or just someone who was drinking too much from the stress? He's a new dad. Him and Renee just have a kid. You know, this whole transition from WWE to sort of head. You know, like like being one of the lead pioneers of AEW. A lot of shits changed in his life in a short amount of time. Is it just that this guy needs to stop? Because as much as you want to make sure alcoholics get help, you also don't want to mislabel someone an alcoholic that isn't one. Which I'm not sure if there's actually a medical test or some way that we would know if he actually is. Which is like a medical condition. It's, a, it's an addiction. But I'm wondering if he's someone who 
has otherwise if, if you could come back from that and and also because i don't know anyone who ever has who's come back from drinking and it's like okay now i could drink moderately and i'm wondering if that's because it doesn't exist or just because i haven't encountered it and george says he thinks that renee wanted to live in vegas and john wanted to stay in ohio where he's from oh my god his theories this is the foil shit is going to begin i think it was renee's idea to move to vegas in the first place Oh God! Ten more tin foil theories. Do we have any? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't even know if I call it tin foil. It's so weird and off the walls and shit. I mean, it's okay because by next week there's going to be a, no, a whole storyline of of John Moxley. This is just the way the internet works nowadays. It's like the internet is the reason why this show, no matter how much we consolidate the news, it seems to expand faster than we can consolidate it and compress it down. Imagine if we just kept it the way it used to be. And we were talking about pop culture and The Walking Dead and comics. Like, it's impossible. I, I, I would, I would never work morning shift at work. You know, just be on here all day. Let's like think about it. I've come up with the neatest, tightest program ever, and it's still long just because there's they, they still they fire people now faster than I can type. We went through it earlier, guys. We've gone through nine since 2019. We've gone through nine programs I've had to do listing people they fired nine times since uh, since covid nine times since fucking december of 2019 i've been on here nine times there's no programs of releases before that maybe people got released and they did the annual little april shit but it was a few this is crazy this is our ninth time are we gonna make it through the rest of the year without having a 10 fucking program of people being released nope we it's november we have thanksgiving in a couple of weeks we got christmas coming up are we gonna fucking survive you know what i'm calling it now Next week, more firing. <sighs> well, look, with John Moxley, I really hope that uh, that works out. He was always, to me, the standout guy in The Shield. And uh, he did great in WWE, and I definitely would like to see more. Oh, yeah. Definitely get well very soon. Yeah, and also, because we're staying somewhat with the story. Yeah, we, we knew all of that. We, we played the Tony Khan stuff already. This also was in correlation with Moxley's book coming out. His book is called Mox, where he talks about his experience working for Vince McMahon, amongst other things in his career. You can get it at Amazon. They have the Kindle version. I believe it's like $14. And they have the physical version. That's like 18 bucks. I usually, when I have more time, used to read wrestling books and come on here and review them. I read JT, JTG's book and came on here and gave you guys a review years ago which was a great book, by the way. Um, any book that gives insight on the business is always good to read. I might pick that one up. Add to my collection. Yeah, so this is Mox's book. The sheets have been nice enough to have some excerpts from it, so I was going to just read a little bit of different things that you could expect from this book so you have an idea what you're going into. Uh, this was him talking about getting heat after getting a concussion. Seth had learned that I had major heat. How the fuck is that? For what? Oh, right. Now I get it. I had been on a loop the previous week, and on the first night, I got stiffed really bad, not completely fucking stupid, and barely finished the match in a total punch-drunk haze. I have no memory of what happened next because I was concussed. When we got back, allegedly... I, a nobody from FCW, proceeded to motherfuck my opponent about it in front of the locker room full of WWE stars. You can imagine how this may have been received by some. I didn't even know I had been concussed until the next morning when I realized I'd been totally out of it all night and couldn't remember any of the match. No big deal. Shit happens. We had a great match, and the next night I didn't think anything of it, but gossip happens. Third and fourth hand stories get blown out of proportion, and before you know it, your reputation precedes you. So that's one story from Mox's book. Um... 
this next one is uh him talking about Vince McMahon and he says he even went so far as to script my matches they all sucked he had begun to in- infiltrate the house shows now too sending detailed formats to the to the stressed out producers 30 minutes before bell time and demanding I cut cheesy heel promos to the audience as I walked to the ring and this is a uh, more in regards to Vince the response from the crowd to all of it felt great I had been hitting on all cylinders that evening the note I got from Vince tone it down the next night I went out and had basically the same match in Richmond except this time I felt strangely self-conscious it was not as good I didn't really do anything different but I felt like I was wrestling in fucking bowling shoes with tone it down ever present in my mind in the early days of the shield as soon as we started wrestling matches that's all i heard all the time tone it down strangely this would always come right after some awesome shit happened or we tore the house down uh this is him discussing wrestlemania i'll probably never perform at wrestlemania itself again if i did you would know i got paid an an absolutely astronomical amount of money and been granted unprecedented creative control there's really no need to so those are some excerpts from his book oh yeah i'm gonna have to grab that one yeah i mean it's john moxley you remember how good his his uh <laughs> the fucking jericho interview i listened to that maybe a week or two ago like oh hell yeah i there's a page here i have to i have to see if i could get this whole story because there's a story that's told that he told in this book it's the last one that i want to read if i could find the entire thing it's killing me that i could only find the part of the page because it's not good without the whole thing just bear with me a second guys gonna see oh if he's looking this hard this must be good it is it it really is. it's just the way it's the way the book starts (laughs) oh god i heard this read before and it's just the way that the book starts i think i found i was waiting for it to load up here okay fair enough i'm just gonna have to go with this part of the page so uh this story, I'm going to have to go back to the early part of it by memory. This story, essentially what happens is if you recall when Moxley won the WWE championship, he grabbed it on camera and he said, give me my fucking belt. And the camera catches his mouth. If you go back, I don't know if they scrubbed it. If you go back. Wait, the, was it the WWE title or the United States title? Uh, because I feel like I've heard him tell that story, but with the United States title. It was a title. I don't remember, but I know he took it and said, give me my fucking belt. And the camera caught him on television, basically saying that, uh, you know, give me my fucking belt. I didn't catch the audio, but it caught his mouth movement. And apparently Kevin Dunn gave him shit about it. And he was like, oh, yep, sorry. It was the U.S. title. I remember the story. OK, I think he, he told this. I forget. It might have been on the podcast when he first got released that he told the story originally. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I think it was, yeah, it was the Jericho podcast. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, sorry about that. You know, and then like. He said that everything was cool, but then later on, um, Kevin Dunn came to him and he made him go to the production truck and p- apologize to everybody there because he felt that the p- apology wasn't <laughs> yes. wasn't good enough. So this part of the book, I'm going to read this to you just from that part of the story. If I had gone in there and been an asshole, why didn't he just say, fuck you, then you're being an asshole? No, he let me go through the whole song and dance while being completely phony, pretending to accept my apology pretending it was all good and we were friends then five minutes later this little cunt rat goes to goes right to the rest of the office and says i didn't give a sufficient apology and whatever other bullshit he probably said about me behind my back no less the dickless motherfucker and it was 48 hours later why didn't you just call me on the phone right when it happened and say fuck you we're we're all mad at you and if you do it again you're fired 
that would have been easy to understand. Instead, I got summoned to the secret castle to meet the magical king wizard who lives in the truck and controls the universe to beg for forgiveness. What are all these stupid little games? The reality in a place like WWE is that one comment, one little seed planted by a guy in Kevin Dunn's position can be extremely detrimental to someone's future there. There's a lot of power, and that power breeds ego. Connecticut Old Rich Boys Club ego. I've heard all kinds of stories about that guy messing with people's career, but this isn't that kind of book. Suffice to say, that dude is a fuckbag. Maybe this is that kind of book. No, no. But for real, don't even get me started on, no, this is not that kind of book. Fuck Kevin Dunn. (laughs) I love how, like, you're in his mind. It doesn't even sound like somebody wrote it. It's it's like those things you see in a courtroom where somebody's (laughs) talking and saying the stuff you're saying. Wait, read that in for again. That was awesome. That was the best part of the whole thing, right? <laughs> After he said, let me go back to a... Oh my God, that was the payoff. He says, Connecticut, old rich boys club, ego. I've heard all kinds of stories about that guy messing with people's careers, but this isn't that kind of book. Suffice to say, that dude is a fuckback. Maybe this is that kind of book. No, no, but for real, don't even get me started on, no, this is not that kind of book. <laughs> Fuck Kevin Dunn. Came out at the end of the list. <laughs> this is gonna be a great read, man. Moxley oh, is man. awesome. The name of the story it is the book on the screen. Mox available at Amazon, which I just Ooh. gave you guys the link to. That is so good, man. So Mox, I wish him well in his recovery and oh, yeah. uh, and his inpatient rehab, whatever the problem is, whether it be alcoholism or that he just needs a break. You know, he's, to me, one of the greatest, so, of course, and his personality and everything about him. So that's going to be really cool. As long as he's feeling better when he comes out, that's all that matters. Yeah, and I'm really excited about that book, man. I know I'm not going to be able to put it down. Oh, dude. I don't know if I have to. I probably have to get the Kindle one just because I want to have it on me. But, yeah, man, incredible (laughs) stuff. That's fantastic. Good Lord. Anyway, I don't know how much... Because we still have one more big news story. I don't know how much freaking weeklies we can get with uh, the final news story here. Truth be told, considering we have a poll. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we don't have much with, of the with weeklies. Thanks. Yeah, with, 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 with this new format, we could do what we've done before and kick off. Well, yeah, because we have a poll. That's the problem. We can't not do yeah. it with the poll. We need we need to have the the poll here. I know you guys will be pissed in the chat if we leave early without the damn poll. Does Kindle read the story to you out loud? I certainly fucking hope not. Oh my god! I don't, I don't need some monotone bitch reading my stories. There are uh, there are books like that. Like there are books that you can get them in that version on Amazon. I don't know if Moxley's is one, and you can get apps that will read to you. But at that point, ah, uh, nah, man, I couldn't do it. If Moxley was reading his own book, that's something I would pay. Right? For. You give me that, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I've tried the, the the books that you hear and it doesn't it doesn't work for me. It's not for everyone. I don't mind books on my phone. Like I'll probably read it on my phone. Like I'll probably buy it on Amazon and read it on the phone. But uh, yeah, I can't do the thing where it reads to me. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me. So I'm looking at looking at a little bit of a uh, dynamite now. I'd say yeah, we can probably knock out just dynamite since we have the poll because everything else was kind of yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'll scroll through quick time. because yeah, I'll scroll through quick because again, I don't have a program per se for weekly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like same I, thing, same format, but just dynamically. Yeah. Because we gotta talk about Aerostar. But again, my 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 weeklies are not consolidated to what one show used to be on the old weekly. So it's, it's going to be quick either way if we decide to do it. But the last story, most important story before we decide what the hell is going to happen next. Not even the most important. I'm kidding. We did all the important ones. But this story is also interesting. This is about Kalisto. You heard about this? The tweet and everything? Oh, yeah. So he used to be Kalisto, formerly Sam Ray Del Sol. Now, once again, Sam Ray Del Sol. You guys have heard me since 2014 talk about how much I love this guy when he was Sam Ray Del Sol. WWE took him like they do everybody else. They made him into Kalisto and they nerfed him like they did to everybody else. And uh, I've always said, if you guys saw him in the Indies and if you saw him in all the other places he was, he was great and he's incredible and the things that he did. Um, just a really, really good talent. He was so talented. And again, I've mentioned this on here before that during Evolve's early years, the main event of Evolve was him versus El Generico, now Sami Zayn. Um, and back then, they would name the Evolve, kind of like the way UFC names the pay-per-view, so it would be shit like Evolve 49, Generico versus Del Sol. You know what I mean? Like, they would they were the the name of the pay-per-view because they kind of did it like, like the MMA match cards would go. That's how big of a deal it was, that you were selling the fucking pay-per-view on the names of Kalisto and that Samurai Del Sol and Sami Zayn, Generico. Think about that. I have the pay-per-view still. Them on the front of it. They, by their format used to be just like that. So now this guy is back to Samurai because he's an AEW where you can use your real name and real gimmick. Uh, problem is, when he went to AEW, he tweeted out, prayed and talked to John, and in parentheses, Brody Lee, before my match. Thank you for showing me your home, AEW, and giving me the strength and energy I need today. Forever you're in my heart, Hermano. So... After this happened, Jericho tweeted and said, you spelled his name wrong. Now, how he spelled the name was he spelled John J-O-H-N. When John is spelled J-O-N, he's like John Moxley, J-O-N. Brody Lee was John. So Jericho said, you spelled his name wrong. And then a random fan tweeted, I think because English isn't his first language, so probably just didn't realize. And then Amanda Huber the late Brody Lee's wife, the widow, she said, yeah, not an excuse to spell someone's name wrong if your name dropping. And then another random fan said, Amanda, this is really odd, respectfully. And then she responded, why is that? I feel like it's reasonable to accept a level of respect of spelling someone's name right if you want to name drop them. And then Sam Ray tweeted, my emotions got the best of me. Ganal. Okay, so he apologizes essentially. Um... They're saying that Jericho had something to say about Sam Ray Del Sol's tweet because he was not Brody Lee's friend back in the day and that the only reason he name dropped him was to get clout in AEW. And then there were rumors going around that there were other people backstage in AEW that got bothered by him tweeting that, not just the ones that publicly made it noticed. What then wound up happening was a bunch of fans took a screenshot of Miro tweeting about Brody Lee side by side with Kalisto and they pointed out that in every tweet Miro spelled Brody with a Y when Brody's with an IE and then they cited racism that the Spanish guy wasn't allowed to tweet 
but the Bulgarian guy was kind of come on, Marx. Your ra- your racism argument so, fell apart at the end of the sentence. Now you're not even that doesn't even make any sense. But but here's the deal. Okay, not only is that stupid, and I'm not in no means taking the side that you think I'm taking here. But the real problem, and with you, you're not reading between the lines here. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but what I got the impression was that when he said prayed and talked to John, thank you for showing me your your home hermano forever in my heart. And Jericho said, you spelled my name wrong. The implication is you don't know him that well. You spelled his name wrong, dude. You know what I mean? Because you don't know him. Yeah. It's kind of like, if you, it's kind of like, it's, a, it's like, imagine if you, if you were getting, it, it, imagine like if your husband or wife is getting dressed and as they're getting dressed, they're telling you that they, that they have their thoughts together and that they're really organized today. And then at the end of it, you kind of go, yeah, you got your shirt on backwards. And they do. In a sense, without saying it, just when you said at the time everything, you're letting them know, I disagree with you having your shit together. In an offbeat sort of way. That might not be the best metaphor. The point being, when he says pray and talk to John, he's basically saying you didn't know him. You know, you spelled his name wrong. You didn't even know him. You know, and then that fan says English wasn't his first language. Amanda Huber then says, if you're going to name drop, spell somebody's name. Um, this woman seemed to know her and Brody Lee were high school sweethearts. She seems to know all his friends. His friend seems to be directly in contact with her. Miro did spell Brody with a Y, but it was reported that Miro was in constant contact with Amanda Huber and he even cried with her. Like it was a real friendship. You know what I mean? So, if anyone would know who really knows Brody Lee, it would be Amanda Huber, the widow. So you got to ask yourself, as close as she is with wrestlers and in the wrestling business and with as many people, it's not the grammar police. That's what I'm saying. And with as many people as uh, she seems to be close with, wouldn't she know if Samurai Del Sol was close with Miro? I mean, I'm sorry, with, uh, with Brody Lee? Yeah. And just a. To- pick a minor thing to kind of pick apart as well they specifically pick out miro well it's one thing to misspell the gimmick name it's a whole different thing to spell the person's actual name wrong i agree like this is once again mark's picking out dumb shit like it's one thing if me and rick are talking back and forth on social media and rick spells somehow spells soul glow wrong it's another thing if as many times as he's seen my name, he spells that wrong. And George, it's not about knowing it's not about not being around him. It's the fact that like as close as look at as close as friends as somebody was a Miro and Jericho was, clearly I should say that Kalisto was not that close of a friend with him. Not everybody that worked in the same company together that was on the same brand is automatically close. So your question is, you're telling me that Kalisto, who was never around Brody Lee when they were on main event together and they were traveling together when they were on main event shows together, dark matches? Yeah, they could have. That doesn't you mean they were associates that aren't friends. Wait, by the way, Kalisto with a K, not C. And it's his Oh, good one. <laughs> like, if you're going to do a tribute to somebody, spell it right. That's common sense. Like, who cares? Well, people who actually fucking knew the guy. Because, yeah, if you if you pay tribute to somebody... And you spell their name wrong, not the best look in the world. Because nobody else who has ever talked about John Hubert has spelled John J O H N. 
I need to find my tweet. Oh, you do it. I tweeted at Jericho and Amanda Huber. Hopefully they didn't misinterpret and I didn't get blocked by Jericho. I know he tends to do that. Oh, God. No, I can still see their tweets, so no. Now, I don't know the information to this, and people from this community are free to go research this yourself. But this is how I'm going to settle this. I'm going to assume that if Del Sol was close to Brody Lee, that the evidence will be a first tribute tweet during the time of Brody's passing, before he joined AEW. Because lots of people that are still in WWE were sending tributes during the time of the tragedy when it mattered the most, regardless of if it was to the competition. So I haven't looked, but I'm just saying that in order for us to determine whether or not um, this is happening and whether or not he actually is sincere about his relationship with this guy, did he tweet like Miro and many other people did? Like Big E and the rest of New Day were tweeting about Brody Lee. Did he wear a Brody Lee armband to the ring during the time that this was happening? Is there any previous representation of Brody Lee? I think that that's a good way to prove or disprove it, at least in my opinion, right? George's logic amazes me. Bro, I spell my name wrong if I had too many puffs or I drink. Who's puffing and drinking? I need like one of those memes where it has George and I put you and then I have the point and it's like it's a plane flying <laughs> over him. Again, it's not about spelling. It's not about spelling. It's not about shouting. It's just like it just seems awfully convenient. And at the end of the day, if his like you're basically telling the man's the man's widow he can't be pissed. She can't be pissed off. In layman's terms, I'm saying this: <laughs> if he was sincerely close to Brody Lee, I think his wife would have known. And the fact that he's not sincerely close is the reason that her and Jericho reacted that way. There's more information that, than what we know. That's the most it can't important be anything thing. about him being under contract with WWE because the New Day have made numerous tributes. And, this and is I the think first that if I've seen him mention anything about Brody. No, I think he might have done it for the clout. And again, if, there's, oh, yeah. if, if, if you want to make a compelling argument to the fact that he tweeted for the clout, then find me when he tweeted before he was in AEW. Find me one tweet. And again, I haven't looked. I don't have the time. Go through his shit and find me one tweet. Before this, where he was like, rest in peace, my good friend Brody, just find me one. Because if it's a sincere thing, then that's not going to affect him now that he's there. It would have at some point, there'd be something. An Instagram. Was he on Instagram? Did he have a fucking Brody Lee band? Anyone. I'm asking the whole world. Somebody find me a fucking piece of evidence that Sam Ray Delso, a.k.a. Kalisto, at some point had a relationship. You're here's, here's one back at you, George. You're saying, you mean to tell me that this guy who was in main event all this time with this other guy and traveled down the road didn't have a relationship? Well, you mean to tell me that you motherfuckers can't find me an Instagram photo, nothing, a tweet between them, one time that one liked the other guy's tweet, anything? Do we have any fucking proof? Because if they had this much of a relationship because they were going up and down the road together, surely some of you, someone in the world who's saying this can just give me a picture of the two of them together. At some point when he was mourning, when he was sad about Brody Lee's death, this should not be hard to find. Jeff Jarrett was crying like a fucking baby when Owen died. He cries to this day. Benoit clearly was mourning Eddie. Find me a fucking thing. Anything. Anything, just a picture of these guys that shows me something that I could go, well, here is proof that before he got here, that they were chilling. And, and George, if that's the case, then, if they, they were doing all this backstage stuff, wrestling each other, why do you spell his name wrong? Because I'm pretty sure I could work with somebody one time or a dozen times. I know how to spell his name right. 
especially when it's only three fucking letters. And again, I'm not I'm not taking one argument or the other. I didn't look. But it's just but what I'm saying is that, that if you want proof one way or the yeah. other, if you look and it turns out Sam Ray Del Sol has been a big supporter of Brody Lee, then yes. If he's never tweeted before this and the first time was upon entering AEW, then I'm going to agree with you, but he's a clout chaser. You know how many people, George, wrestle each other and they're not like close friends? They just happen to be colleagues. No, he's right. Everybody who wrestles each other with close friends. I mean, look, take, for example, best friends. Um, what do they call themselves? Brett and Sean. Remember how close those best friends were? Right. Let's do a great together. It was fucking crazy. Fucking, you know, Brett's kids Rock used to call best friends back in the Brett's day. Brett's kids used to call him Uncle Sean. Hiking and all that shit. You heard Brett's kids used to call him Uncle Sean. He's just a sexy unk. Sexy unk. Like, you come know, on. It's about family days. in Olive Garden. And <laughs> You remember, you, you come on, man. You, you, we, all, we all know the whole story of Nick and Uncle Sheik. We know. So there's a possibility that that's what happened. I think we'll find out more about it, though. But yeah, I suggest to anyone who's really curious, because I don't have the time, scroll through Sam Redoso's Twitter, all of his social media, and find a time before now that he paid tribute to his good friend Brody. And then send it to me. Send it to my Twitter. I put that tweet up there so that you guys could reply to it. Reply to it right in that tweet where I put out about the proof. Give me proof of him and his pal Brody. The fourth Lucha. If you can't find nothing, don't say shit. (laughs) But yeah, that's about it as far as that goes. All right. Fuck me. Can we get out of here in like 15 or so minutes? Because I want to. I'm trying to make this at least devastatingly long. I'm almost kind of thinking. And I don't know how you, I don't know how you're gonna feel about this idea. What about we do uh, the AEW stuff for the post show for full gear, kind of like we do with takeovers? Well, we can't because of the fact that we have to do the poll leading into full gear. God damn it! No, let me see. let me take a minute here and look and see what needs to be consolidated down here. We gotta talk to Aerostar stuff because that was fucking Jesus. I don't think it'll be that long when I'm looking at what I have because I'm not going over everything. We're just going to do a brief overview of the week. Remind me to come back to Dynamite because I'll forget as funny as that might be. <laughs> just do the poll, George says. Um, On the tweet. So just a couple quick reviews about NXT. Zoe Stark gets taken out backstage by Toxic Attraction. They attack her knee. The reason for this is because... Uh, she was injured in the women's tag title ladder match that happened October 26, and she's going to need knee surgery for the injury from that match. So they yeah, decided to have shoot time. Yeah, so she had they had Gigi Dolan and JC Jane fight her as a way to give her time off to have the surgery. Um, Dakota Kai has a very disappointing segment where she beats up Cora Jade. But then she like awkwardly places the table slanted on top of her and the skateboard next to her body and just leaves it there. She doesn't like hit them with anything. There's no bump spot or anything. I don't know what was going on. Um, it looked like some kind of like a conflicting type shit storyline. I don't know what they were doing. Tian Shah. <sighs> My God. Remember when we were excited put, about this group? I'm still am. Just because it's just as fucking weird. I'm going to have to put this eh, shit on not. the screen. Let me see if I could get this it up. It died here. with the dragon for me. No, I'm still I'm still on board. Give me a minute. I was to on board until fucking Mei Ying lost her second match. Yeah, remember, she's somebody who we're hearing is on the chopping block, right? Right. See, they're about to kill that whole thing. So here's I'll what I saw. And this sounds to me like a possibility that it might be the chopping block. And you guys aren't going to like this. Hold on. Let me bring this up with the perfect timing. 
Okay. So we have Boa who shows up here, right? And look what happens. This is after, because remember, he went out to have his match. He wins his match. He comes back to the chair where he last left Tian Sha sitting. Tian Sha's gone. And he kneels in front of the chair. And then when he turns on, he has the Tian Sha makeup and he blows the smoke in the camera and then it ends. So is he Tian Sha now? Who knows? <laughs> Who fucking knows? That made no sense. Or, I mean, Tian Sha's the name of the group, so is he the new Mei Ying? And she's disappeared? Fucking, you about to grow hair and shit? They got rid of her already. Next week we're going to come on here and hear that they fucking released her, aren't we? And that's why, yeah. that's why there's nobody in the throne. Next week we're going to be like, yo, remember last week we talked about how she disappeared from the throne? Well, she disappeared from the company. I'm going to use that line. Champa makes an example of Trick, which I really enjoyed. This was great. We the main event tonight. The world is here to see Trick and Melo. You want to get the... Oh! <laughs> Sit the fuck down. <laughs> Sit your punk ass down. I'm <laughs> They learn not to fuck with Champa in this company. Welcome to NXT, boys. At least we have a little shade of the good NXT still here. I did like the Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Champa tease we got at the top of the ramp as he passed him for his match against, uh, it was the way, essentially, him and uh, Dexter Loomis against uh, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes with I Trick like cheating. That. He clubs Loomis on the outside with a shoe, breaking Loomis's hold on Carmelo, who then goes over with the leg drop. It was good. You're right, George. I did like it. Uh... NXT 2.0 did 631,000 viewers with a point fifteen in the coveted 18 to 49 demographic, which is a drop from last week's Halloween Havoc special, which did an overnight viewership of 746,000 viewers with a point eighteen in the 18 to 49 demographic. So, uh, yeah, rip NXT's ratings. They're not doing that great. Uh, there's just Dynamite and Rampage, right? Yeah, basically. Well, yeah, there's Raw and SmackDown, but that, like I said, those are, those are going to be fly-by-nights as it is, the, the Dynamite. Yeah, damn it, I need the Star, right? Yeah, we got it. If, if we didn't get anything else, we got to get the fucking Aerostar. All right, all right, all right. Let me, I've got Ram, I got Dynamite on screen. Anyway, Jurassic Express um winds up taking out Adam Cole. What the hell was that about, right? Sick of that lead shit. Which, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense considering one of the matches we got for full gear now. Like they give him the one the one person concerto. Yeah. Oh no, Christian Cage. Mm, buddy. Might get some security out here. Be thinking about it. This is not gonna end well. Whole new twist to full gear now. Oh, oh we gotta wonder who's gonna be able to make it to full gear. So yeah, Christian takes out Adam Cole, baby. Wait, old school on that. Aerostar, we gotta go to the death of Aerostar, right? <laughs> Which, ironically, quote-unquote, John Hubert's best friend was in this match, too. Brian Danielson at full gear in the finals. What a twisting splash that time. Look at this teamwork. Samurai Del Sol, the dropkick, takes down FTR. Look out. You're not out of harm's way, fellas. Samurai. Samurai Del Sol, that's great. Like we expect. Now, here comes this arrow guy. An arrow stop. Because it's... <laughs> At that 
moment, he knew he fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no, no! Look at this, bro. What? But he, 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 for as much as we always say how off the walls Darby's dives are, how fucking Phoenix's shit are, at least they aim. It seems like Aerostar just goes just to clear the ropes. <laughs> George, as long as George, he clears the ropes, success. George made this segment for me with the "Who is that?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> George made this segment for me. That was my reaction as he flew through. He's Aerostar. He was in Lucha Underground, where uh, where they edit yeah, that shit one, like he's, a, one, um, he's one of the big names from AAA and good like his. To, to put in his directive, his one of his big things in AAA is they pick the highest point in the building they can get him to, and he jumps. Thank Christ, everybody catches him. Yeah, you see here, people don't. Yeah, he he. I don't uh, know how you don't that goes him. to show. And, and as you guys know, what was the name of that channel Lucha Underground was on again? Um, El Rey. El Rey. They fucking used to edit that Lucha Underground like the novellas. Like it used to be. That's why Aerostar wasn't falling on his ass all over the place like here. Because in real time, that motherfucker trip. The first thing I see him do, and he's almost dead. I am not impressed, Aerostar. You messing up my Samurai Del Sol experience. And that's another thing, Khan. Why did you let Samurai Del Sol debut with this dude? Just because he's another Lucha? Don't make the same mistakes as WWE. We don't need another Lucha house party. Let Samurai Dosso be gone and be there by him. Please stop putting. How come that guy keeps getting tagged with people? He's a singles guy. We don't. I guess because they wanted. You know what it is? He needed a tag team partner for FTR because they wanted to put him against FTR because they're the AAA yeah. champions and they wanted to keep it lucha. But this guy's not very lucha. He has no, the suicida part down, not the tope. I'm about to say, yeah, he, 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 he's the suicida part of the lucha. And George, I don't know how you don't remember Aerostar. He was there the entire time. There's more shit he does wrong, but I don't even have the time, man. There's just more shit that he does wrong. Just trust me. Go and find it yourself. Play Where's Waldo with that dude. There's a lot of shit he does wrong. It's not like a couple of things. I'm bringing this up because Jericho looks really good. Take a look at Jericho. From finding out who the inner circle will face on Saturday, November 13th in the Minneapolis He's in good shape, man. Yeah, got in better shape. So congratulations to him there. Uh, what else of relevance? Anything of relevance in Dynamite happened? Last week we didn't get to talk about it, but Adam Page manages to get a hold of freaking uh, Matt Jackson by becoming the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh, no, no, we talked about that. Oh, did we? Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. We even played like the... Like the uh, one thing we talked about from... We, did, we even played the thing. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Because that was good. Um, what else? Anything relevant that you that you, you recall in Dynamite? I'm gonna actually the other thing that came out of that was um we got the other half of the finals for uh the world title eliminator tournament because we had Orange Cassidy versus Miro who was replacing John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Kenny Omega fought Allen Angels, which was decent. Obviously Kenny Omega went over there. Um we talked about that shitty Arrow Star match. Uh Jamie Hayter fought against freaking uh Anna Jay, which we don't need to talk about. Jamie Hayter goes over. Cody Rhodes faces Andrade El Idolo. That was a really good match. That was Very great. Solid. And Andrade went over. Andrade and goes over. DT for the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we have? Orange Cassidy against Miro. Orange Cassidy taps out. This was supposed to be Moxley versus Orange Cassidy. And Moxley was supposed to win, but because of yeah. what happened, uh, it becomes Miro. And those are the main results. Yeah, that was basically everything of relevance that happened. 
Yeah. CM Punk did a promo. In that promo, the most important thing that he did was he told he spoke a bit about uh what was happening with uh John Moxley. They gave him some time to break kayfabe and do a little bit of that, which uh yeah, I thought that was really cool. Maybe there's a little bit of it here. There's two people who aren't here today, and one has a very legitimate reason as to not be here, and that's the name I want to hear chanted. His name is John Moxley. I'll spend all my time out here listening to you guys chant for him right now because it's important. It's important to me. Yeah, so that's just the gist of it. That's the clip that they released. Yeah, those two go back quite a while, so nice that he took time to kind of show love to Moxley. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much it as far as that goes. Dynamite brought in 878,000 viewers. They did a point thirty-two in the 18 to 49 demographic which is about 424,000 viewers according to the sheets, which this is down from last week's 910,000 viewers at the point 40 in the 18 to 49 demographic. And unfortunately, they haven't broken through that 1 million since they've come back to their home of TNT or TBS, rather, whichever the fuck they're yeah, on Yeah, yeah. They're trying to, still trying to climb back up there. Mm-hmm. Well, George, that's nice, but we're going to listen to CM Punk anyway. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh... What else? What else? What else? I'm looking here to see. We might just have to do Rampage and, and say no to Raw and Smack. I'm going to see how the Rampage goes. Uh, but that's the way that it's looking. Rampage. Yes, we have to bring that up on the Tron because the Acclaim raps. <laughs> the fucking Acclaim. You know, when the Acclaim raps, I have to bring it up on here. That's just the way that it goes. That's, it's tradition. Where do they rap at? They rap about two minutes in. The acclaim. We only do numbers, but this guy's too busy growing cucumbers. Don't be mad at me, bro, because you only known for your wife's reality show. And you should eat some eggs. Look at Bowen's arms; they're bigger than your legs. I'ma put you in the poverty dog, because I end careers quicker than your father-in-law. Crazy. <laughs> Called out WWE oh. in that one. <laughs> that guy is great. Oh my god, he came so such a far away from being one of Lashley's sisters. We did NXT already, didn't we? No, he, um, Caviar, yeah, Caviar mentioned, and I guess yeah, we are, yeah, we are, we already did NXT. Yeah, we we just did NXT. Like, where are y'all at? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, we just talked about Bowen the mask and shit. Yeah. With the throne, with Mae Young. We didn't talk about everything in NXT. We talked about the things that basically changed. Otherwise, we'll be here for six hours. Oh, God, no. I got scared from him. I was like, no fucking way we didn't talk about NXT. Well, yeah, he did. This guy loved the way he said that, that I in careers like your like, like your freaking uh, father-in-law. Because, yeah, Brian Dennis' father-in-law is John Laurinaitis, who releases people oh. in WWE. <laughs> that guy is fucking fantastic. What else in Rampage? What else was relevant in Rampage? Um, that promo between Moxley and I mean, damn it, um, Kingston and Punk. I really like that man. Let that was intense. Holy shit! This is why I love promos with Eddie Kingston involved. This was this was some powerful shit. I don't even know where to begin with it. Oh my god, it's like half the fucking show. 
that's the fourth park. And I'm like, oh, we could just look at all of it. No, no, we can't. We'll don't be here. Don't care about that, man. Look at the eyes, Taz. The I know, you're right. He's, he's an ass kicker, man. That's what he is. Eddie Kingston last Friday night on Rampage suffered that heartbreaking loss to the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and crossed paths with CM Punk backstage. Punk was expressing. You want an apology? That's what you wanted. That's what you said Wednesday, right? Answer me when I'm talking to you. We don't like that. I love it. Look, I understand it sounds a little bit condescending when somebody asks another man for an apology, but you interrupted me, man. Don't paint me into a corner like I'm the bad guy here. You interrupted me. Yes, I interrupted the great CM Punk. Oh, no. I'm, oh, God. I will apologize. You know what, man? You're right. You're right. I want to apologize that I was at home sick, thinking I had COVID, had to get tested twice, so I wouldn't come here, get, God forbid, get my friend Monkey sick, and then he gets his kid sick. But you know what? That doesn't matter, because I need to apologize, because you know what, guys? You didn't get the great CM Punk for its Orange Cassidy. I'm sorry. And for you, this is the world's smallest violin. And it's playing for your little ass. <laughs> so, I apologize to you guys. Who are you? Who are you? Huh? Who are you? And give me a second. Give me a second. Who are you? It doesn't sound like much of an apology. You know damn well who I am. I do. I do. I'm telling you, let him go, Eddie. Let him go. You know who I am, and St. Louis knows who I am. I don't give a crap. So watch yourself. I don't care. I'm going to tell everyone the truth who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, give me a second. This man was once a hero of mine. Guys like him, Samoa Joe, Homicide, The Amazing Red, guys like that on the independence when I first broke in, inspired me with my heroes. But you, you lowlife, Kingston from good old Queens, New York. Narcissistic bitch. You, you, give me a second. You judged me. I came to that locker room to get free, free from my mental crap, free from the streets. I came to that locker room for brotherhood, and all you did was judge me. Because why I was fat? Why? Because I like to eat a little bit? Why? Because uh, I didn't play everyone's game? I didn't kiss ass? I didn't become friends with the booker? I didn't bury other people to get my own stuff in? So I was wrong? No, you were wrong. You were wrong. That's what I know. That's the punk I know. You want to know what? I- you know what's crazy? Like Kingston's promo is strong enough that it uh it essentially turned half the crowd. You notice that? Yeah. It's what I've always said, and it's why I will boldly say there is not a soul in this business that can touch that man on the mic. He throws himself directly into his promos. Like, you sense real rage and fury. It was like I said, when he feuded with Moxley, he genuinely sounded like an upset friend who was left behind. 
yeah. because he puts himself in that role. He sounds like somebody who's seen one of his heroes after all these years and is angry because of how he was treated. Yeah. Which is really cool. And there is real history there. These guys go back to the Indies and back to Ring of Honor, you know? They yeah. Go- so, like, there's a level of realism to it where he, you could easily believe that he's not upset about it whatsoever, but he can put himself in that mindset because they really did go back to that time. Yeah. Very like Eddie Kingston is the definition guys. of blurring the line in this business. And honestly, that's what's been missing from AEW. Like, they got the star power now, but it's like, now it's time to write some angles. I don't want to just see CM Punk every single week, and that's what I complained about last week. I don't want to see CM Punk every single week just in a random match with a random person that he's trying to elevate. I want a storyline. I want to see CM Punk in a storyline that has different moving parts and swerves and things you don't expect. That's what wrestling's supposed to be. Like, now that we got all of the players here, I don't want him to have any more matches of the week. You know what I mean? I need him to start being in these angles together. You know? Anyway, go a little bit further. What I hear right now, I hear you lumping a lot of baggage on me, but you you named a couple other people in there. And if you want to know the truth, the truth is, it wasn't just me that judged you. It was me. It was Homicide. It was Joe. It was Danielson. And listen, it's a hard pill to swallow, but we judged you and we held you to a standard of the potential that we saw in you. You're the one who fell short of that mark. You can blame me and you can lose in the middle of the ring to a guy like Brian Danielson and then you can walk in the back and you can try to blame me, but it's not my fault. I am not wrong for seeing greatness in you 15 years ago, but I damn sure am a fool for trying to hold you to that standard and expect greatness because you're a bum. He hit him with the Mickey insult. You're a bum rock. My opinion, anyway. Eddie Kingston is not one. CM Punk still fire on the mic, man, but I like that Eddie Kingston can hold his own on the mic with him, you know? Oh, yeah. This was a perfect combination. I think Kingston did make it personal too, though. He did. I'm a bum. He made a valid point. My man, when a bum made a vet full gear, when a bum almost have to sell his house because of the pandemic, but keep fighting through to make it to the, hey, this is a shot, the only professional wrestling company in the world today. It's not a bum. It's not a bum. I need you guys to understand this and hear this. And I need you to open up your ears and hear this. Nobody wants you here. They never wanted you here. That whole locker room's afraid to say it. Not me. So get out. And stop smirking at me like you did the other day. Or I'll smack you right off your face. This is 15 years of animosity, 15 years of tension. You know what? I see you're getting a little mad. Why don't you fight me on the 13th? Why don't you fight me at full gear? Pretty simple. Fight Eddie Kingston at full gear. (laughs) 
I'll be honest with you, St. Louis, I didn't intend to leave without fighting Eddie Kingston, but Eddie, again, full gear, a little bit high bar for you. I was thinking something like elevation or dark. Damn, he wants speed. to YouTube you. Damn, let's cut his Oh, no. Naro shows a berry, too. Fight me! Fight me! Fight me! Fight me! Fight me! Don't fight me! Fight me at full gear! Fight me! These guys are gonna go right now. Forget it. They're gonna go. I'm telling you, they're gonna go. I hope he slaps them right in his face. They're gonna go. I'm gonna ask my friends in St. Louis. You want to see CM Punk fight Eddie Kingston at full gear? I love the way they have the crowd eating out of their hand. Wait, 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 wait. Before you leave, I don't care about winning and losing at full gear. All I'm going to do is beat you up. And after I'm done beating you up, do me a favor. Quit again and leave for seven years and don't come. Oh, whoa. See, I'm punk. That was it. George, you were pointing to the crowd. Punk had heard enough, and I think Kingston wanted this to happen. That's it. Here comes the pull apart. Here comes the pull apart segment, folks. <laughs> this thing just got hot real fast. Let him go. Let him go. Get him, Eddie. The what? referee court trying to pull these two men. As I call it, the all the king's horses and all the king's men. Oh, look, Kingston tried to drop. Like you said, Excalibur is 15 years in the making. Kingston now just a, the locker room is emptying Eddie Kingston and CM You gotta Punk. stop these got guys. Coach, looks like coach is out here and security. Right now, Here's my favorite part, Punk, the infamous crowd dive part. At full gear. Here we go. Oh, 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 oh. Jump that out. It will be CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. Kingston's trying to bite that <laughs> head off. <laughs> you know, make little comments that like that to awesome. Eddie Kingston and expect to walk away from it. I'll tell you that. There is so heat. many people trying to come out and keep that is how you do heat. You know what Punk I love about that? Away, asked us Kingston. That but was like what two months worth of and they did it in one we segment. We have to try to restore order. We're gonna throw it back to Tony Giovanni standing by with Christian Cage, Jungle Boy. You see that's that shit right there. The way that they did that, and oh, we're gonna try to get some order here. Excalibur is perfect for that. Like just the whole way this shit came together, you know. And like, you know what? They didn't need months of planning. They did that in technically, if you count the, the the first encounter, two segments. Yeah, but you see what I mean? Like that's how you that's how you do heat. And now that's ready for the pay-per-view. That is pay-per-view ready. You could take that out of the oven now. You know? Take that out of the oven and let it cool off. It's ready for the pay-per-view. You see, a lesson can be learned here. After hours of talking about shit that sucks look at this this is how you put together a segment it started in one place and it ended in another we were invested the whole time and now i want to know what the hell's going to happen at the pay-per-view and nobody had to get fired hot damn and no one had to get fired. we didn't have to change the whole structure of the fucking company it's like this is what i like about AEW. that was done very well you know what i mean it's like and you know I- what was so good about it no script they gave him a start they gave him a finish and said, just fucking get there. And they let him go because it's two guys who are picture perfect at throwing their emotions right into their promos. I have older relatives that that criticize wrestling for being scripted, but get but get shoot worked by the Jerry Springer show. 
George is getting old. There's a Who there's a there's a cares? reason there's a reason for that. There's a reason why I have relatives that can get a shoot work watching Jerry Springer, but they go wrestling scripted. They they're able to, and that's because not because Jerry Springer show is good. It's awful, but because that's how bad the booking and wrestling's gotten. That segments like that don't look real anymore, and that one did. That's how it's. That's how it should be booked. Someone shouldn't be able to watch the Jerry Springer show, get worked by it, and then be like, "Oh, you watch this fake shit." But they be, while believing the Jerry Springer show was a shoot. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> that's because of how bad the wrestling got. That, they, that, that even people who get worked by Springer were like, "Oh, this is fake." If it looked like this, and if it worked like this all the time, it will work. Period. Like that was incredible. Well, George, mm. you go have that match. We'll have Punk versus Kingston. I really like the Punk versus Kingston. I think because of the two of them and the microphone in the background and everything. Yeah. Eddie versus Kenny. There's no history history. there. What the hell does Kenny have to do with Eddie? Right. We're not watching a match we know Kenny Omega's winning. That puts them back to my original problem with them of just putting matches that look good on pen and paper and just being like, oh, my God. Yeah, this isn't this isn't like play. This isn't like sometimes you guys treat this shit like it's like when you like, pass like, the controller he, he, around when like, you're playing Street Fighter. Like, oh, you know, just pass off. Pick who you are. I'm gonna I'm gonna use a different character. Today. Hold like, on, hold on, hold This on. is booking. George, what build up? Yeah, so I'm gonna take Kenny Omega and Eddie Kingston, who have never wrestled in the same company, over CM Punk and fucking Eddie Kingston, who wrestled in the same company. It's too far removed. It's too far removed. Here's a fucking go. When this history here for about two fucking seconds to use logic. All right, when there's history here, it's too far removed. It's too easy to book something that already has established history that's, ca- that's not even itself. kayfabe. Yeah, I wouldn't say it books itself, but I'm saying th- this uh, This has history. And when you're trying to do some hotshot booking, which is what this is, last minute because Moxley's in rehab, if you can put something together with guys that have a past in another company, it's perfect. So I think this was smart. And it worked great. The, the proof is how this is my favorite segment of what happened. And it's the match I'm most invested in. Like they told so much. They told a story that some companies tell in like weeks on end. They told it in a few minutes and built it up to pay per view level all in that same shot. Taz, this is Taz. Just because I love Taz is on. Do I have the button? Let me see. Oh, he, I think you have the button. I think he earned the button for this one. <laughs> yeah, I love how he has to earn the button. John Silver's not well liked, you know that. No, he's like hated. His homies aren't even out here. No, they hate him. Dark Order went to the back. I'll tell you some real quick information. The past two weeks, this is a shoot. Yeah. I'm sitting on a plane, and who gets on a plane and sits right next to me back to back weeks? John Silver. Yeah, you ride first class. How is that possible? Snap suplex. Adam Cole floats over. Shoot. No. I think Cole Cabana gave an upgrade. Or Excalibur. One of them. One of them. Yeah. Now here comes this. Listen how they know so this. This is one of the most awkward silences of a. Because keep in mind, this is commercial break. We're watching the Fight TV feed, so we're not in picture in picture. But listen to this shit, and they know sell it to to the end. Regional upgrade. Certificate Jones over here. Shots to the middle section. John Silver. Those shots to the ribs of Adam Cole. Cole drops the elbow across the back of Silver's head. We got to give it to Adam Cole. He's staying on Silver as much as he can. Yeah, and he's struggling. That he, he is struggling because of whatever you know that concerto. So, but he absolutely, did, you're right though. He's definitely keeping a, keeping that offense going. But I mean, for as goofy as John Silver can be 
We've seen time and time again. He is a very formidable competitor. Absolutely. Here. Now listen, listen. Listen right here. I agree. Cool. Tell you something real quick if I can say about those flights I've been on with him when he joins me. The body odor on that guy. Between us three, I'm just letting you know, the guy smells like a cow, like a rancid, like a cow that's about to go out the pasture. Like an old, beat-up cow. Smells like rawhide, bro. We're back live here with our main event, John. Yo, I love I gotta go back to that pause. Nobody do what you say. Listen to how fucking long this thing's going. The guy smells like a cow, like a rancid, like a cow that's about to go out the pasture. Like an old, beat up cow. Listen to how long this is. It's still going. Still going. Still going. Still going. We're back live here with our main event, John Silver, Adam Cole. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> they just left that shit. It was the most awkward stuff. Taz no, kills we're me, just man. Gonna move on. Oh God, Taz. They straight up said, like, now nah, we're gonna move on. Ain't nobody hear shit. Ain't nobody see shit. That's great. Oh, that is too good. When you don't have an escape route, you just move on. Yeah. Incredible. Um, yeah, I guess we're gonna we're just gonna leave the SmackDown stuff for next week. It's not like there's much of a SmackDown and Raw can be can be doubled up. What do you guys think? That's a good idea. Sound complaining to me? Yeah, we'll just double up the SmackDown and Raw for next week because I think next week leads into the Survivor Series, Paul. Right? Yeah, next week is Survivor Series. So I'll tell you what, all next week we'll, we'll we'll God, that's crazy. But yeah, next week we'll have another fucking Paul. That'll be all focused on WWE so that this week we can just put our focus on AEW because it's really busy right now with the, with all the new shit happening. So here is the poll right here. And since thank it's Survivor Series, you know what that means. Yeah, and Cabby Gun, thank you for the assistance with this thing. Yes, thank you, sir. Because, uh, yeah, this was not easy. A lot of the photos and stuff and just getting the graphics together was a little bit rough. Just bear with me, folks. Giving everybody, including myself, a minute to get that poll into the uh, to the chat, get it onto social media. Still a very big fan of their full gear graphics. Back there's like the gear on one side of the person's face. Did I get it up? Question: You never hope you ever have to ask. No. Yeah, right. Those those are the bad ones. All right, here we go. AW full gear. Hope you're all attentive. Gonna run this down as fast as possible. We're gonna start off with the AW World Title Eliminator Tournament Final Match. This is Brian Danielson going up against Miro. Kind of having a little bit of a hard time with this one. But because we have gotten the old, I guess, more violent, physical Brian Danielson back, I think I'm going to go Danielson on this one. Yeah, this is a no-brainer for me. Miro's going to be questioning his God again. (laughs) He's going to change religions. (laughs) All right, next... We have the tag team, 10-man tag team street fight. This is the Inner Circles, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Ortiz, Santana, and Sammy Guevara against America Top Team, American Top Teams, Andre Arlovsky, Ethan Page, Junior Dos Santos, Scorpio Sky, and, predictably enough, Dan Lambert. Oh, damn. There's a Dan getting the ring this time. It's going to be different. Um, Yeah, I'm going to Inner Circle. You don't think that there's... there's UFC guys are going to cheat. Paige Van Zandt's going to somehow factor into this some or oh, something. Oh, shit. 
I almost forgot. God damn it. Now, wouldn't that be some shit? What about Ooh. Lana? Oh, that's right. Lana's non-compete clause comes. Do you think Lana would cost, cost Brian Danielson the match? That would be quite the way to bring her in. George has an interesting prediction there. And, you know, I mean, it would it would make sense, like, if that's how Miro pulls off the win. Because he's not beating him outright. And he's mentioned her on TV multiple times. Maybe you, his God have, sends him his hot wife. Would you have Brian Danielson suffer his first loss because fucking... Bree's not going to show up there. Her family. Oh, my God. Jesus it, um, Christ. I'm going. I'm scrolling away from this match. Yeah. <laughs> God, I might just had to ruin it, didn't you? <laughs> Jesus. Can you I don't really want her botchy ass in this. <laughs> no. No one heard you go. No one heard going to be like fucking when when uh, Papa Shango was supposed to make it to the ring and he was late. Not even Nikki Bree. Can you imagine? Oh, right. my God. You didn't pick a good one. That's the only one that would make sense. Fuck if it's his wife. Like, all right. Well, for this, I'm going to take uh, George's prediction to consideration because her 90-day non-compete closes up. She can show up. But I'm still going to go with Brian Danielson, even if. Now, as far as the inner circle one goes, this is another one where it's kind of like if they're going to be cheating involved. These guys can cheat. I think if Paige gets involved, I could see top team winning it. Especially, you know what? Honestly, this is, this is my thought process. I'm going to go American top team. Just because I want to hear Dan Lambert talk shit afterwards. I want to go America Top Team because I feel like the feud isn't going to end at full gear. Would it? Yeah. The feud end at full gear? Wait, one more now? Do feuds really ever end at full gear? I've not known one to ever end at full gear. Well, I think Moxley and Kingston did, but that's probably like the one case of a feud ending at full gear. It's not... There's With, with AEW, I've noticed that there's really... Either their four pay-per-view, there's really not one that's built necessarily to end feuds. You know what? It'll be really hard to cheat, though, man. Like, I don't yeah, know. Right. It, it's a mini street fight, so. I don't know if they could book something consistent enough that'll convince me that that team can beat the inner circle. Like, who's going to be got, the guys they, that's going to really... up on them more than once. Who's going to be the guys that are really the, the ring generals over on that other team? Scorpio? Ethan yeah, it would guy? have to be Sky. It would have to be Sky and Paige because they're, they're the two experienced. Oh yeah, wrestlers. never mind. I'm just going fucking. In this. I mean, I'm looking at the team. I'm sorry, but it's like that's there's no fucking way. They'd have to literally just run them over with a car like Rikishi did to Stone Cold. I mean, it's a mini street fight in Sammy Guevara's here. We've seen shit happen. It'll be really difficult to put these rookies over. It doesn't matter that they're UFC guys, man. They're, they're rookies here against Jericho in the inner circle. They'd have to convince yeah. the shit out of me. You have a team of, of five experienced guys versus a team of two experienced guys, two fighters, and then the head of America top team. And then a rookie. And, the, and then Lambert, a man who's not going to be able to fight in that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sticking in a circle this one. My suspension yeah. of disbelief doesn't go that far. CM Punk versus they, Eddie they Kingston. They can keep it going past that even if they lose. So. Yeah. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. I'm going to go CM Punk here, I think. Yeah. The promos have been fantastic, and this match is going to be fun. So, But let's not fool ourselves here. I think that's a short conversation unless anybody else objects. Speak now or forever hold your peace. So in other words, hold your peace. Moving on. <laughs> Six-man tag team, false count anywhere match. The super click, Adam Cole, baby, Matt and Nick Jackson against the Jurassic Express's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus B and Christian Cage, the honorary member. I feel like Superclick's taking this one just because it's their first pay-per-view together in forever. So I feel like I'm not having Adam Cole lose his first pay-per-view match. 
Yeah, I don't think that the fucking the Jurassic freaking mix over there should get this shit. Like, yeah, give it to the Super Click. I'm just, that team just feels too throwaway for me. Singles match: Darby Allen against MJF. Mm. <laughs> this one's tough because it's two of. If we had to think of like some of the pillars of AEW, it's two of them right here. I feel like this one could almost go either way. I feel like in most cases it could go either way, but just given the storyline, I'd have to go Darby in this one. This is one of those storylines where it's kind of like, how far are we going to go? Like, you shitted on him. You brought up his kayfabe dead uncle that died in a car accident. You, That's you, true. Or like, he's been viciously going after him to a yeah, point yeah, where it's yeah. like... Darby's bad enough when he's not pissed off, so yeah. I would sooner sense. expect Wardlow or someone to turn before I would expect Darby to lose. This, I think this is where... where Darby needs to get his heat back. All right. Anyway, AEW World Tag Team Title Match: The Lucha Bros, Penta, El Cero Miedo, and Ray Phoenix defending the championship against FTR's Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. Do I even need to say who I'm going for? Going for Cero Miedo. Cero Miedo. This is gonna be batshit crazy, but yeah, I don't see FTR taking both tag titles from them. Does FTR have FTR ever been the AEW Tag Champions? They have once before. Yeah, I'm going Lucha Bros here too. Yes, yeah, the last that time, time where they, they did a storyline where they were where, fighting the Super Frogs and shit. Yeah. Remember that time they did a story where Lucha Bros got taken away by Ice? Forgot about that. Was that that was in Lucha Underground, right? No, that wasn't in Lucha Underground because they didn't actually ever acknowledge that they were brothers there. It was somewhere. Where the fuck? I think that was it? Impact. There was some company where the storyline was that the Lucha Bros got taken away by ICE and fans on Twitter got triggered. That sounds like Impact. I'm sure if you Google it. it was because they were feuding with Sammy Callahan's group. They were feuding with OVE. Yeah, and they got taken away by ICE. I remember that shit. Because I remember thinking the Lucha Underground guys, I was like, wow, what a weird angle. <laughs> oh man, but that's for that's for another day. But yeah, I'm going Lucha Bros here too. AEW Women's World Title Match: Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, defending her championship against Tay Conti. Oh my God, my heart says Tay because that girl has worked her ass off. But I'm pretty sure Britt's taking it. There's no way. But I'm Tay going would to take it. I'm, there's no fucking this Britt. I I'd be shocked. If they give it to her, like Taya Conti is equally as beautiful as she is a black hole of charisma because she doesn't say anything or really do anything interesting. The kid she carries has more charisma than her negative one or whatever. Like she's just I don't know compared to Brit. Like, what would you do with her? She's champion. She's never really had a good promo. That's the part I'm not sure about, but I'm not, see, that's, that's, why I have, that's why I have a hard time with this one, because it's like, I want to see, I would like to see it. Why? But at the same time, because I've been a fan of that girl for so fucking long. Me too, but she hasn't shown any personality. That, that's what, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. Like, it's hard for me because I've been a fan of her for so long, but I know it's probably not going to happen. People forget, and I've always said this before, that being the champion, having the title, not everyone can do that shit. It's not just in the in the storyline, and it's the representation of the company, the, the clout you need. You have to carry that shit around and be somebody. Ty Conti, as much as I like her, she doesn't have the presence of a champion almost in any capacity. Just looking at her in this fucking graphic looks ridiculous to me. 
Like, are you kidding me? This looks like one of those matches that if this was MMA, you'd be like, yep. Like, there's just no fucking way. Like, compared to somebody like, like, Britt literally is the full package when it comes to a champion. She has, like, an aura about her. Almost like a Charlotte would or someone who carries themselves like a champion. Ty Conti looks like someone, like what Charlotte mentions. It looks happy to have the opportunity. You know, no offense to her, man, but it's just Britt I mean, is just all too I'm old. Byron Saxon got to be a champion tonight. I can believe, okay? But no. Oh, God, no. But yeah, of course, of course Britt's taking it. This is one of those about... things where it's like the fan of me is like, but it would be great, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. And this, one would, and this one where the fan of me is like, it wouldn't even be great. She would just come out with her music. She'd be shaking her ass. No, she'd just be shaking her ass with the belt. It'd be the same thing except she'd have the belt with her. I gotta tolerate Zelina and her shitty queen accent. I could tolerate Tay, okay, David? You let me believe. No, I'm good with Zelina. That's amazing, Red's cousin. She's royalty. She's real yeah, royalty. Who could who could who could who couldn't yeah. get the fucking accent right that the first day? The yeah, queen I, thing, ain't, I ain't letting her forget. The queen thing is a shoot. She shouldn't have to get a fucking accent. She should have a Spanish accent. She's a Spanish queen. Somebody in there was like, You need an accent. Yeah, that's their fault, not hers. AEW World Title match. Kenny Omega defending against Hangman Adam Page. For the love of God, pull the trigger. The pop he would get if he buckshots him and wins that damn title. I think this is it, man. This has to be it or it's not going to happen. This is like yeah, the Nakamura it, this thing. Is, this is going to determine either he's winning it or he's just not winning it. I mean, it would be really cool if he won. And not only will we have a great story about a cowboy doing cowboy shit and then he rides off into the sunset with the title and it's dramatic, which is everything that this company needs. But on top of that, he'll be putting the rest of us out of our fucking misery because Kenny Omega's run needs to end. It has gone on too long and it has been underwhelming for a really long time. Sometimes I forget he has the fucking title. And it's not that it wasn't good in the beginning, but somewhere recently just got stale. It and it just stopped being about the it, title. It, 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 it hit a point and then stopped. It just stopped being about the title. Like they don't act like this is about the title anymore. So let's just take the title out of the picture. If it's about them having weird mustaches and being goofy, then go get all the mustaches you want. But can we do some title storylines here? I think Hangman would make a good candidate for someone who could have some good main event storylines as a champion and cowboy. I'd like to see a champion cowboy who kicks ass. Okay. And on top I've of had, that completely removing the whole omega factor it wouldn't matter who who he was he was he was facing adam page has been chasing that world title since day one i love the elite and everything but at the end of the day this company needs to look a little bit more official and i feel like when you tune into a fresh company and the champion comes out and his music sounds like that with the horse shit with the and he comes out and like you hear the like you know and like everyone pops and he's he's like walking to the ring where it's tied and he has like a cool backstory to the whole thing. It's totally fucking convincing. It writes itself. You don't need somebody to tell you, oh, this guy is this, he's this, and he likes that. It's like it's such a fucking good story that the only way to make it work is to finish it. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it needs to be done. Kenny Omega doesn't need the damn title anymore. He got to have all the titles and do real crazy stuff. Congratulations. It was it was be careful what you wish for territory at this point. I remember people really wanted Kenny Omega to go back to Bullet Club Kenny Omega. Well, there you have it. That's how it would be. Now, can we please move on from that and give it to this guy who uh, I thought was going to be the first champion in the first place? Yeah, he's been chasing that title since the beginning. 
when it was against Chris Jericho, would, I thought, oh, cool, they're going to have Jericho put over like a younger perfect. guy as the first champion. But no, it wasn't. It's time. It, like, it really would, time. It would be picture perfect. for him. It would be the perfect storybook ending for Adam Page to get that championship. Now, this upcoming Saturday, I want that Cowboy Ship promo in a nice, neat little video package leading into that match. You know, just put the little bow on top of it and let's send let's all go home happy, as they say in the business. That being said, let's do some cowboy shit. Page. Let's do some cowboy shit. I'm ready. Hit that finish button, guys. Hit that finish button. All right, folks. That was crazy. Anyway, don't forget. This upcoming Saturday, we will be here for an AEW Full Gear 2021 post-show following the event. We'll go over the results and we'll uh, talk about what happened, see how right we were, see if we do have a new champion. How exciting is that? The next time we hear from us, that question is going to be answered. And it's a question I've been most curious about, honestly. So the first time going to a paper, really exciting and not knowing what's going to happen. I have to watch this one live. So I'll be there for that. Also, uh, Later on in this week, we'll be streaming other various stuff. Like I said before, join us for Forza Horizon 5. It's public. You can search us on uh, Twitter for information on how you can join. Thank you to all of our people in our live chat room, including those that spoke in the chat or interactive. I said it's Quest Thompson and George and Cavigan, Stasis, Bloodluster, as well as, of course, everyone who's listening across all of the popular on-demand podcast apps like the Spotify, Radio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. Tune in. Well, the video feeds on Facebook and Twitch. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 490, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dyer, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin, Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. Later, people. Go here. Shut it down.